Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 56, the finale of season one of Screen Champs. I'm your host, Dubs, here with my co-host, the Madman Moan. What's going on, brother? What's happening, man? All right. In today's episode, we're going to have an interview with our buddy Jeff, who actually gave us the intro and outro music for the podcast. I was going to talk to him, pick his brain a little bit. Uh, we have a segment with our good friend Dougie talking about the new Lakers show coming out on HBO Max. Uh, the Madman and I do a score change segment where we reflect on the things that happened this year and maybe change a couple scores around where we were uh, lost in the sauce, as you may say. We actually have a law segment. We have a lawyer come on, uh, make sure we're you know not breaking any laws out here. And uh, we have a Spider-Man review uh, with our good friend Sharon. We No way home. We, we went through the whole thing. Uh, great review, in-depth review. And lastly, there's an interview with my good buddy T.C. DeWitt, uh, filmmaker, you know, writer, director, creator, actor, and he has a new feature out on Amazon Prime called A Christmas Sunset. Absolutely awesome interview. Make sure you stay and listen to it. Uh, this, this, is, uh, this is an exciting episode we're putting out right here. It's exciting for us. Uh, we decided to kind of go a different way with it. So we are going to talk about some new stuff. We're going to talk about some things that dropped, but we have a lot of guest segments on here. Uh, we got a lot of people uh, coming on. We've never had a guest on the show, so we figured instead of having one guest, let's have like 30 guests on our first oh, yeah. episode. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, how are you feeling about this one, man, man? Uh, great. A little, little Spider-Verse situation going on where we just bring in a bunch of people <laughs> in from different times. <laughs> oh, like yeah. It. Uh, yeah, we got a lawyer on. I'm uh, excited for you guys to hear that. Yeah. Uh, super intense. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, 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 uh, it's awesome to get through, uh, this season and, uh, just to do 56 of these. I mean, it's always a trip, like when we keep adding the numbers up. Yeah. Um, but, um, but, you know, we want to make sure we end off the year with a bang and it's a big one and probably like the longest, uh, episode we've ever had. There's a lot of content here for sure. Uh, oh, kind yeah. of part of the uh, thought process was like, all right. We're going to take a couple weeks off. Let's give you something to get you through the holidays. So, you know, you, just because it's the holidays doesn't mean people don't still work. People got stuff to do. People are driving around. A lot of podcasts just take this time off. They don't give you anything. We're trying to give you something to get you through the holidays until the next pod. So we haven't done the final edit on this, so I don't know how long it's going to be. But there, it 100% should be our longest episode by far. It's, uh, it's a big one. It is a big one. <laughs> and uh and and it's dope and it's gonna open up uh you know opportunities i'm sure down the line where if we have you know a a um a believer on something someone that's an expert you know i'm sure we'll have more guest uh spots uh down the line so if you missed out don't feel like uh we're not gonna yeah throw you back on um it's just uh it's uh it's it, it's a little nutty getting all this in order too uh I feel yeah like, it's a lot uh, feel like uh, i really had to build an agenda you know like a calendar of like meetings and stuff like adults do um yeah but uh but still in doing so i'm not even great at it because we were supposed to record like way earlier today and i just was not awake uh yeah. so uh dubs <laughs> you know my uh manager was like dress up we got an interview at 12 like, oh, today yeah yeah, I was like, God damn, okay. And, <laughs> and now we're here. <laughs> yeah, so there was, you know, these, this, uh, I kind of feel like sometimes the way that we put our episode together, it reminds me of how like South Park does theirs, where it's like right at the, right at the last minute, they're like submitting it, uh, to, 
to Comedy Central. You know, I feel like you know, a lot of times we've recorded these on Sunday night and try and put them out Monday and things like that, or they get put out real late Monday. So we're always recording late, and I'm kind of used to that schedule of just like, hey, all right, it's a late recording, and we're going to go in. I had no idea. I mean, it's hard enough for us to navigate our schedules, and our work schedules are almost always conflicting. Uh, Madman generally works late. I almost always work early. And so us trying to find time, it usually ends, it's either going to be a day that you know one of us has off or it's at 3 o'clock in the morning. Those seem to be the only two options. <laughs> so navigating that with other people and involving other people in our chaotic process was much more difficult than I could have ever imagined. And, uh, man, man, I know there were some people you spoke to. There's some people I spoke to about potentially being on this episode. There was just no way we could fit anything else on here, at least just with our schedules and fitting everything in. Anyone that got reached out to, yeah, like the man man said, we want you to hop on at some point. So there's going to be options here. And if there's any, any listeners that are out there, if there's some passion that you're passionate about, some trailer that just came out, something you know about that you want to talk about and you know, you're one of our OGs and you've been engaging with us, you know, we'd love to have you on. So just reach out and, uh, yeah, it, it was a ton of fun having guests on here for sure, but it is hard to navigate everyone's schedule. Well, without any further ado, let's start you guys off with a little bit of dubs and the madman. As we always do, we're going to go into our score change segment here where we talk about some scores from the past year that we just had to change. Some things just weren't right. Some things weren't sitting well in our heart. And this is what we got for you. All right, one of the things that this podcast has stood on, um, the foundation of this, is that we're allowed to change our minds. That's something we talked about in the first episode. It's part of the building block. It's the constitution of Screen Champs is that we're able to change our minds. Yes. Now, up to this point, we have not done so, to the best of my knowledge. I don't think we have ever really changed a score uh, that we have set in stone. Is, is that correct? We haven't changed anything? I've, I've said it like in passing, like just like under my breath. Um, oh yeah, but we we never made it official. Yeah, never officially recorded. So to today's today year end podcast, we're gonna look back fifty three episodes and see if there's anything we need to change. I know there's a couple that sit heavy on our hearts. Um, there's some that we bring up all the time. I know, Mad Man, you always talk to me about uh, Mank and like ah, and like sometimes I talk about Mank. Like I, I should have buried that movie. Fifty was too nice. <laughs> um, yeah. I know specifically, I think, was it the Midnight, uh, the what's it called? The Midnight Sun or the Midnight Sky? Oh, Midnight George Sky. That's a, that's a review that people in my life are going to ask me, like, hey, why did uh, Man Man rate it that way? Like, I just, yeah. you know, I was hoping you could illuminate it. And I kind of asked you about it. And it was like, this is kind of dark, you know, like, let my scores <laughs> be my scores. Um, do you want to defend your scores at all at this time before we get into this? Or do you feel like nothing needs to be said? There's there's a few scores that I'm not correcting, and we could get to it uh, maybe after. But um, I have a reason behind it that you probably don't like. I I, I think you already don't like it. I think mm. you've already said it. I Who think me? I've already said it. Yeah. Okay. Wait. Which one of the scores you're gonna do? No, this is, I'm just not correcting it. Like, I'm just oh. I'm letting it be. Oh, you talking about the Midnight Sky? No, no, no. That one's being corrected. But there's uh, Tom and Jerry and Space Jam. Those are not being corrected. Hey, man, that's that's your prerogative, brother. Look, if you like those movies, I'm happy. But that's for you. because, see, my answer is because I'm looking at it through a different lens. Yeah, there you go. The so child like lens. The, the child lens, and so that's why they're bundled up together, and 
it's one of those things where it's like, hey, I'm looking at it as if I was a child. And you're like, but man, man, you're 30. Um, yeah. You are not a child. We can look back at all this stuff, right? And we could say like, oh, <laughs> but what if I was seven? And I, I just, for whatever reason, can't access that. Now, I can, yeah. I can give it that benefit of the doubt, which is why I just always like to say with the kid reviews, like, hey, as you know, I'm not a kid. So it makes sense that I hate this. Um, but any children listening, you're probably going to love it, right? Yeah. Uh, it's but, like a seven-year-old. Yeah. So One of the fans from uh, that one place where we got like 17 from. One of those random countries. Uh, I guess, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, Tom and Jerry was one of my low scores of so like 12. I think you were in the 70s. My lowest score is Cry Macho at 10. And I'm happy about that. Yeah, that makes sense. Movie's stupid as hell. So I gave it like a 45. Surprisingly, I'm yeah. like, like hearing some of these scores that we're gonna revisit. I was like, damn, I grew up. <laughs> There's a point where things started changing. Yeah, now we gotta address some of them. Yeah, it Sorry. happens, and then we're and we're gonna talk about it. And that's why we're here. You know, this is yeah. this is the foundation. We haven't addressed this foundation yet, but every once in a while, you know, there's an earthquake, and you're like, hey, thank God we have that strong foundation. We're gonna shake it up a little bit. I'm not sure if that metaphor ran or played correctly, but whatever. Man, man, hit us with your first score change. We decided on five. We're saying no more than five. So you could do less than five. If you're just like, look, I only want to change four. That's cool, but we can't do more than five. I, I put them in no order. But I think the one that I'll adjust right now, because we've already talked about it a little bit, is uh, the Midnight Sky. Okay. So that one, I gave it a 67. Mm-hmm. Based off of Tennessee Whiskey, Chris Stapleton, which is... Uh, I'm, it's a good song. It's a great yes. song. Yes. Awesome song. Uh, I was hooked. Uh, but then, like, I think even in the review, I was talking about, like, uh, when they were singing, like, Sweet Caroline. And then yeah. I was like, oh, that was a cool moment. Like, when I watched it, though, I was like, man, I hate this song. I was like, you know, there's those bar <laughs> songs, like those karaoke bar songs where everyone, like, sings. Everyone's like, we are the chant. You know, everyone's all, yeah. like, done with it. Like, there's a playlist that you can find. It's like songs dumb people will all sing to and it's like journey and shit and like random like 80s bops that people just like let their freak flag fly and sing to and I mean, yeah those are definitely the white people bangers playlist so uh, i i didn't see calling you dumb did. you know what i'm saying i didn't just, see it. you did just saying i mean yeah well that's hey. i i know my culture brother we <laughs> People love Sweet Caroline. I'm not. I'm not gonna. You know. I'm not gonna feel bad about it. I liked it in the movie, right? Mm. Like the moment. Like I liked the experience for man. Damien Bashir's over here singing in like Thrall in Space. But I was like, I, I kind of hate that song. I hate that people do that. Um and uh, <laughs> and so I was a little. I was a little dishonest, like in my review. Yeah. Interesting. Um. Yeah, and I I, I remembered it. And uh, so I'm, I'm bringing it down. It, it was 67. Now it's going to be a 53. Mm, okay. 67 to a 53. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, I, I think, you know, you, there's no there, there's no score you can drop it to that's not, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, it's It was a pretty bad movie overall. Well, my first score that I want to talk about changing here is actually a score I'm moving up. Uh, it's a movie that we watched. And I even though throughout the movie I was like, bro, this is weird. And then by the end, I was like, all right, this is pretty sweet. The more I sat with it, even after the review, I uh, ended up watching it again. I just like it more. Uh-huh. Um, so the movie that I'm moving up uh, is Malignant. And I have it. I, I scored it at a 71. I'm moving it up to an 82. Uh, I, I like the movie a lot. I think it's really cool. 
knowing how it's going to end, starting it over, not hating the process, I just liked it a whole lot more. So, um, Malignant 82, I, I'm happy with it. I'm happy to bring it up. Why, why, uh, why, why move it up? Like, what did you watch it again recently, or did you, uh, did you just look back and you were like, you know what? I actually like this. Well, I didn't watch it recently, but I did watch it again uh, after while it was mm-hmm. still on HBO Max. And I was, I think it is back again now, but before it was off because, you know, everything's on there for that initial month. Mm-hmm. So I watched it again in that month and I was like, you know what? Like, this, this is actually pretty solid. Like, I started liking the soundtrack that I like everything that I thought was dumb. I just started enjoying more. Uh, I, I just kind of bought in for whatever reason. Didn't like it at first. I bought in, uh, started enjoying it, and I liked it the first time. Like the first time, but it was a roller coaster. It started out like I hate this, I hate this, I hate this. I was yeah, like, oh no, I wait, this is pretty same, cool. Though. Yeah, and, and that was mm-hmm. kind of for both of us. I like, hey, you know, don't <laughs> don't give up on this movie. Like, yeah. watch to the end. Like, it's yeah, better yeah. than you think it is. Yeah, all that stuff was still true. I think just going in the next time, I already had that mindset of like, hey, this is a pretty sweet movie. I liked it a whole lot more. So, so that's why. That's that's awesome. I, I'm so happy you said that as your explanation because um, if I would have known that movie was going to be like that, I would have loved it. You know, like pro- I, I I probably would have been more engaged um, from the beginning. You know, but I, I really had no idea what this movie was going to be like, and it just looked like a cheap, like weird movie. Yeah. Twist. Yeah, <laughs> we saw what happened. Um, but uh, when I tell people, when I recommended that movie to other people. Is that I would tell them that, and I'm like, look, I, I know you're gonna think it's this type of movie. It's not. It's like this type of movie, and I feel yeah. like I um, swayed the you know maybe some some thoughts that they had that weren't very good thoughts coming into a movie. They're probably like, you know what, I, I hear bad stuff, da da da, yada yada. But then from a true movie fan, you know, I feel like people understood a little bit more. And then on the way out, they're like, you know what? That was great. You were completely right. Yeah. I was like, damn right. I was <laughs> I'm the madman. man. You know? <laughs> um, but, uh, but that's dope that I, and, and plot twists. I'm basing a lot. Like, like there's two movies that I'm basing my scores on based on the score I gave for that movie. Interesting. Yeah. And cause I was like, I really enjoyed that movie. Do I like these movies more than that? And if so, why? And I couldn't find out why, <laughs> other than just being biased. Yeah. You know? Okay. And as movie reviewers, we gotta be honest with ourselves. Can't too. be biased. We can't just glorify movies because we like a certain actor. You know, like uh, that. Yeah. That stuff is true. All right, hit us with your fourth or your next. Your next one. To lean in, I'll give you the next two. It's Hitman's Bodyguards. Wife. Ooh, okay. And Fast and the Furious was a nine. Oh, okay. Okay. I, I, and the reason why I paired those both up is because I gave them both the same score, 85, 85. And there were, wow. um, like, like after one week, it was the other and it was the same score. And I think mm. I was like, yeah, you know, just like the other one, I'll give it yeah. 85, like as a basic type score, but it's not a basic type score. It's, no, it's, it's high less score. than that. Hell yeah. 85. Yeah. For both those movies, very high score. I brought them down to seventy both each. Ooh, okay, that's um, that's big. This is big. That's big. Kind of categorize them in a certain tier. Mm. Those scores, they're less than malignant. I like malignant more than it. And from a like a filmmaking standpoint, malignant is just a better made movie than them. And I know, like when you're looking at it, you're like, it doesn't look that great. Look at how much money they put into Fast, you know. 
him and his yeah. wife's bodyguard. It's it's more than just money you're putting in, which we saw with Red Notice. You could put a ton of movie and it could still, like a ton of money into a movie and it could still be bad. It could be terrible. So uh, yeah, I'm bringing those both down to seventy. And like by his scores, him and his wife's bodyguard. I love Ryan Reynolds. He's my guy. Mm. Is he 85 in this movie? No. Yeah. And then Fast. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Paul Walker. I love the whole, you know, franchise. Was the last Fast a freaking 85? Like, no. Is it better than the other ones? Yeah. Like, I, I would say the last Fast is a little bit better. Uh, there's because there's some that are truly bad, but. Um, mm. But uh, but is it eighty five? Like now, I'm saying it's one of the best. Dude, did you think Fast was one of the best? No, I'm pretty sure I gave it a twenty, and I think uh, it's, I'm happy yeah. with where that is. And so, and so, I didn't base them on your scores. <laughs> I based them on what we did. Not at all. A seventy to twenty is a big jump. It's a yeah. big difference. Oh yeah. Um, I I, I just wanted my peace be heard. Awesome. No, hey, hey, your peace is heard. Peace be with you as well. Uh, I, I guess I'll hop in. So I actually have kind of a twofer, really a threefer, but I, I'm going to drop these two, and the third one's a big drop, so I'll leave okay. that for by itself. It's going to be Hitman's Wise Bodyguard and Free Guy. Damn. Um, these yeah, are, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. what's up? What's up? No, just go on. I'm sorry. I, I'm just like, I hit, like it, yeah, you're good. Free <laughs> Guy, I gave it an 80, and I was like, do I need to change this? And I was like child's lens you know like video game stuff i was like you know what it's like space jam i think when i did the review so mm. i was like let me just shut up you know and, and free guy does have an appeal for me and i'm changing these scores and free guy is still going to be higher than the other one but okay I, I do like there's something about video games like or being in a video game and like I, I bought an oculus vr that i think is really cool like i do enjoy that like vr world like mm-hmm. me and uh What's the, the Facebook guy? Zuckerberg, we're going to, you know, I'm, I'm ready for all those those VR meetings. I'm ready for all of it. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm here for the metaverse. Like, sign me up. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I think it's cool. So, I, and even my three-word review was like, you know, like, next steps to VR, something to that effect. Like, this is just kind of, it's like inching closer to that reality where, like, we're playing games. So, I get excited about the real world situations that, uh-huh. I mean, the movie's not going to make that possible, but just that technology to where... You just put a headset on and it's like Ready Player One type stuff. Yeah, I get excited about that. The movie though was shit, and Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard also really bad. Um, so Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, I'm bringing down from a 51 to a 40. Okay. And Free Guy, I'm bringing down from a 63 to a 50. Okay. Um, even the scores, you know, like a 51, a 63, like I feel like there's more nuance in those scores than even the movie had. So uh-huh. dropping, bringing these down, it's just like a 40. It's a 50. These are just like. Just straight like dagger scores, you know. I'm not yeah. not apologizing for it. Now, Free Guy still has the highest score. Uh, those Hitman's Wise Bodyguards got a 40. There are some things that worked, but they're just not great. And I'm not sure what I was drinking when I gave Free Guy a 63, but that's not where my heart is. So, Hitman's Wise Bodyguard 40, Free Guy 50. Damn. And just Ryan Reynolds. I don't know if there's a prejudice there, or it just might be a. Um realization that just because <laughs> i like deadpool you know like just because we like someone like this person in a different movie doesn't mean we have to give the other movies that are bad a higher score yeah not like at all. It, it 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 doesn't and then um just because i hate someone doesn't mean i have to give the movie a bad score no nope. so i'm leaning into uh john david washington Ooh. and uh, malcolm and marie okay you know, 
I gave it a 50. Yikes. What do you think I'm going to give it now? Um, how come in Marie? I gave it a 50. Yeah, you gave it a 50. That's really low. So I'm feeling like 70s is the only thing that makes sense. I don't think you're going to go in the 80s because mm-hmm. you're holding that to a different level, especially after dropping down Fast and the Furious. So I feel like it is going in the 70s somewhere for you. I, I There's a lot of things here that I think normally you'd like, and I'm not sure why they didn't resonate with you. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm pretty sure you like Steven Levinson um, as a creator. Uh, like Zendaya, I, I think they got that uh, euphoria effect going on where it should play. There was weird stuff with the mac and cheese. You're holding <laughs> against John David Washington for not being Denzel. <laughs> I, I'm saying you're going to throw a 72 at this. That, that's yeah. my guess. But you, where are you at? Yeah, it's 73. You're, you're, you <laughs> there you go. know me so well. You know me so well. That's exactly what it was. And then when we did the nice. review, I think I, I said some of those things too. You know, like yeah. – um, there's times where we, we rag on a movie and we still give it a high score. I, like when we, we were talking about King Richard, we were like kind of ragging on it, like yeah. certain things here Almost and there. Almost felt bad, yeah. But we were like, this is a great, it's a fabulous movie. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, don't, do not think this movie is bad. You know, like it is not. You know, these are just some things that we had issues with. Yeah. And sometimes that's all it is. But for whatever reason, I, I, I just came at it with like, just bad energy you know mm. like and from a filmmaking standpoint i loved it like i was it yeah. was you were about the la good. architecture too i remember you like the song choices mm-hmm. the music you you were a big fan of a lot of things they did i like looked up where that place was filmed at like yeah. whatever that location is and apparently artists go there and they just take like artist vacations with there for like three days just to reflect on their artistry and i was like this is beautiful <laughs> i love this i want to do that i was like we have to do that we got they get a sponsor trip to do that, yeah. Um, and uh, but no, so yeah, I, I changed it from a fifty to seventy three. I can't believe I gave it a fifty. And mm. when I gave it the fifty, I was like, you know, it's just right in the middle. You know, either you like it or you don't. That makes no sense. You know, like that's a, that doesn't mean it's a fifty. Yeah. You know? um, it could be higher than that. You know, it could yeah. be like a like a C. Yeah, you know? like I don't know why I gave it such a low score. Mm. And. Um, and so I that that it haunts me because of like I said from a filmmaking standpoint I liked it cinematography and just the director and everything pretty much about it you know I I for whatever reason I was just like your dad's Denzel you would never be him that's not fair yeah you know? we we just can't you know expect the sons to be as good as the dads yeah um, specifically just talking about Denzel <laughs> no yeah it's, it's hard it's hard to be, it's hard to beat that what a shadow yeah. what a shadow to come up in. Even though yeah. he's been in Nolan movies and he's doing his thing. Uh, he's handling it. Yeah, he's not like Michael Jordan's kids. Where they're like, you know what? Thank you, brother. Yeah. <laughs> like, screw my dad. There's no way I could be like him. I don't even yeah. play basketball. Yeah, I'm a bank teller. The hell you want me to do? <laughs> just sign up people yeah, to banks? Just yeah. Just put, Get yeah. the most signed ups? The most, I can't yeah. do that. You can't be the best bank teller of all time. How uh, many championships you got? Like, oh, I'm just a bank teller. Like, you either got them or you don't. You're a loser, bro. You're a loser. And that's it. And Mike, because Michael would have had the championships. He would have been like, what's the Bank Teller Championship? We got like a, is there a conference we go to? Like, I know. He would have taken care of that, whatever. It would have been Jordan's Bank, Chase slash Jordan Bank. It would be something like that. He would have been an investor. Oh, 100%. 100%. Take a part of the bank. Yeah. (laughs) Like, your money's my money now. What's up? Welcome. I know. Yeah, be different. All right. Well, there was a transition, and then it happened like 30 seconds ago, but I'm going to call back to it. You said the score haunts you. Speaking of haunting, 
I would like to change my score for The Conjuring. The devil made me do it. Oh, now, no way. This is a score. This isn't a big change. This isn't a big change. Okay. But this is where I got to be a little honest. Um, I pride myself in, you know, dancing to my own tune. You know what I mean? I, I don't I don't get swayed easily by others. I, I, I like how I feel. I know how I feel. And, and I stick to it. Uh-huh. This is a review. And I remember it happening. Or I got caught up in some of your hatred for it. Now, I still don't think it's a great movie. It's definitely the worst Conjuring movie. But it's better than a 41. So this is a small course correction to a still bad movie. I'm giving The Conjuring 3. I'm moving it from a 41 to a 51. That's all. Okay. Nothing crazy. Nothing crazy. But I I was looking at it and I was like, that's not right. That's just not right. It needs to be a little bit higher. And that's so my heart's at a 51. Still not a great movie. But I just you know want to throw that out there. That's, that's better than what I thought. I thought you were going to be like, you know what? So I gave it a 41. It, it's a 44 now. It's a 44. And <laughs> the reason so why it's like <laughs> I did some calculations. This shit yeah. a 44. I didn't, you know, I did the math wrong that yeah, day. Yeah. I didn't show my work. <laughs> and you're like, it haunts me. And I'll chuckle. You'll be like, oh, this, that's funny to you? <laughs> like, I'm like, joke? oh, I just thought you were going to go up town like I did. <laughs> or go down. <laughs> uh, but no, but, but that's good because at, at the end of the day, you know, we... We believe what we believe. We like what we like, and 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 all we're doing is telling people, you know, why we do, and that's it. You either agree to it mm-hmm. or you don't. And if you don't, please tell me about it. You yeah. know, like I don't mm-hmm. want to be stubborn. I want to talk about movies. You know, <laughs> so um, oh, yeah. that's good. Um, I'm I'm happy you you did that. I only have one movie that I that I increase, so I'm 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 happy that you just did right by your reviews. Yeah. And gave it the love they needed to. Oh, yeah. yeah all about integrity over here on Screen Champs. <laughs> no, and then so this is what like, I've said through, like, passing, like, a lot or under my breath. Um, my biggest one is just Sound of Metal. I'm, I'm changing it from a 95 to a 99. I Ooh. absolutely love this movie. Nice. I absolutely love nice. it. I'm officially putting it up to my tier of, like, my favorite movies. And they're my favorite movies. They're my top fives. Mm. And, um, you know, if you want to know what the Mad Man's top fives are, let's talk about it. You know, hit me up. I'll talk to you mm-hmm. about it. Okay. We have different tastes. Okay. But we have to show love to the movies that we love. And, and, and it's okay to be like, hey, this is a 99 for me. It might not be for you, but I'm, I'm ready to talk about it. Yeah. I'm ready to go through it. I've, I've talked about, about that movie so much. But um, when I'm comparing these other movies to like 95s, 94s, 93s, and then Sound of Metal is still 95, it just doesn't sit well with me. And I'm like, let's let's bring it up a little bit. This is on a different tier, and um, and it's 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 gonna make things easier for me when I try to explain why a movie is the same as Sound of Metal. It's not, yeah, and uh, and and that's okay. I heard that. No, I love that Sound of Metal. Literally just uh, watched it tonight. Awesome movie. Riz yeah. Ahmed is so good. I, I it's just I'm always over there practicing sign language with him and stuff. I was doing the whole thing. It, it, it's it's just an awesome experience. And he yeah yeah, yeah and he went into it like he did all that you know he he, he did consumed the, yeah. himself you know to be like method actor ish yeah. And then um, if I could just gush about it a little bit you know we talking about like best supporting actor Paul Racy right. 
and uh, unfortunately, you know, he just gets buried in in all these nominations because he didn't win. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, well, that's because two people from Juice and the Black Messiah were also <laughs> nominated yeah. for Best Supporting Actor. It's like it sucks. <laughs> yeah, there's no way. There's no way he was gonna win. But show, show love, and th- that movie did a good job. Especially, especially if you haven't seen the movie, just watch it and let's talk about it because there's a freaking scene that just it hits you, it hits you, and it's it's uh-huh. so good. It's quite a few, and it's uh, it was number one for both of us in 2020, uh, top mm-hmm. of our top ten list. Just just a great great movie. All right, well I like that there was some love there. I like that you were bringing the love because. I'm going to bring some negativity, which I also like to do. You know, when it's Damn. deserved. I got to talk about Red Notice. And this was really, you know, it was like Red Notice, Hitman's Wives, Free Guys, all kind of a three. But Red Notice is a special kind of just like middle finger to the face. Uh, I think that I, I don't know. I knew when I was watching it, I, I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. I hated it. And mm-hmm. I, try, I was trying to find <laughs> some good. And... You know, and I tried to. I didn't want to be like, because I feel you feel like the Grinch. Like I, my review for this is like I feel attacked. Like I, I, I feel like like it's my fault that I don't like this, and there's something yeah. wrong with me. But there's not. There's not. It's not. I've yeah. done the introspection. I've done the work. It's not me. Yeah. It's not me. It's this fucking movie, man. It's this movie. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so 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 bad. And it may be harmless. Uh-huh. In the way that a commercial is harmless, but it's just gross, and it could be better, and it should be better. So I gave it a fifty-six for God knows why, and I'm dropping it to a twenty, and that's what I gave Fast Nine. Um, twenty now, why not? Why not a ten? Because uh, n- nothing's as bad as Cry Macho, Jeez Louise. But <laughs> it's it's a twenty. I mean, it's right there. There's nothing in this that elevates it above what Fast Nine is. It's just mm-hmm. it's just BS, and I hate it so much. So, hip, uh, no, so Red Notice going from a fifty six to a twenty, and that's uh, that's my last score change. I cannot believe I gave it a fifty six. I was just like, where did where did Dubs go? Like that's not a fifty six. That's that's nothing. And so twenty it is. That's pretty big, pretty significant. And just looking at our, you know, as as what I did too, I'm sure you did the same. Just looking back at your past scores and yeah. reflecting and looking at the average of different movies, and you're like, wait, 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 what? Like even mm, that yeah. high of a score? Like why? What? Why did I? Did I just feel bad? No, brother. Feel feel what you want to feel. Yeah. There's 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 no there's no badness to it. Yeah. You just gotta yeah feel however you feel. You gotta own it. That's that's all we're here to do. All right, so that hey, that's our score change segment. Uh, you know what? I'll say this: when I was looking through, there was a couple that I felt strong, like immediately malignant, and I was like, "That's got to go higher." Red yeah. Notice, I was like, "We got to rip the bottom out of this bitch. It's got to drop." But a lot of the other scores, I didn't feel like too strongly about. I thought there was more that I would want to change. Uh, there actually wasn't too much. So I, you know, when we go through this process uh, next year, which I'm assuming we will. I'm curious to see how it'll go, like how another year through will uh, affect everything. Yeah, I might even change a score for a score. I just changed. There you go. Inception, man. A score and a score. (laughs) I look back at the scores I revisited, and I have to revise them again. I was like, I I do not think... Tom and Jerry is being looked through a child's lens. (laughs) Let's look through the grown man lens. Let's get rid of shit. (laughs) 
No, dude. No, I mean, I think that's good. I think uh, the worst thing you want to be is just a stubborn movie fan. And, yeah. And, and, you know, it's. I think it's good to reflect back and kind of look back and be like, you know what? Bad take. I'll own up to it. Yeah. Here's my score yeah. now. Yeah. And uh, and I think that's good. No one told me anything about these scores except for, like, Midnight Sky. That's, like, the only <laughs> one. And I was like, damn, I do glorify good music and movies a lot. Yeah. 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 It happens. It happens. But it's all right. You know, and that was that was an early on episode. That was, like, probably the sixth review we'd done. Yeah, but then I looked at the other reviews, and I was like, you know what? Never, I kind of, I'm okay with these. Yeah. Like, yeah. These are- <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was just one of those, it was, like, one of those where I just remember having a conversation with someone like, so how does uh, Madman like, uh, like how does he do his scores? Because they don't maybe really I thought seem yeah. to like make sense. I'm also like, but it was just stupid. it was just a nice guy. Nah, <laughs> it was like dumb. I thought it was like an Oscar bait type movie, and I was like, oh, look at George Clooney. He directed it. He's old. You know, like come on, like let's let's give him some love. Let's hey. give him this this sixty seven. <laughs> there you go. And I I didn't yeah. touch Mank. I didn't touch Mank. Left it at fifty. So that's good. I'm happy you did. I'm like happy you did because yeah. uh, you were ta- you were saying like fifty to like twelve or something. Yeah, I talk about it make a lot. I still hate it, but it's I'm I'm, I'm happy with where it is right now. But the authentic period instruments. Yeah, I mean it's conceptually okay cool. Like it's cool to hear that that happened. I did not enjoy listening to them though. But from a filmmaking standpoint, yeah, no, it's it's like very exciting, there, right? Very that's exciting. What I'm saying. Like that's some, so we're like Malcolm memory from a filmmaking standpoint. I loved it. Mm. I mean, I like the movie too. You know, it get a little it got a little dark. It's just the mac and cheese was weird. That's it. Just the mac and cheese <laughs> aggressively and the out of breath moments. Like, come on, John. <laughs> come on, John. You gotta breathe, brother. You gotta You're breathe. Not as fast as me, dude. All right. So those are our official score changes for season one. Of screen champs. Damn, season one, baby. Let's go. Let's Even go. though like we did like a year and like a few no, a year and a little bit. You're in a little <laughs> Just a little like you know what? Yeah. You're gonna buy a draft beer, they top it off a little bit. Mm. Are you complaining about that? Not at all. You know, you ask for a, a double shot, ends up being a triple or quadruple. Are you concerned? Oh, it's a little bit. Yeah, that's their job, not mine. Uh, yeah. Uh, hey, you you might get fired. I'm gonna get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and the next thing we have here is an interview with our buddy Jeff, who has helped us make the music, makes the little transitions that you're hearing in between the segments and me talking or the madman talking. So Jeff's responsible for all that. Longtime listener. Happy to have him on the show. Uh, enjoy the interview with Jeff. All right, so we have our first guest with us here, Jeff. How's it going? Thank you for joining us on the show. How you doing? Thanks for having me. Oh, doing great. Doing terrific. So, uh, the reason Jeff is the first guest on our show is because, I mean, everyone that listens, we love you, like sincerely. Like you, you know, the Madman and I talk about it all the time. It brings much us so love. much joy. Oh yeah. To just you know, anytime someone reaches out, sends an email, shoots us a text message, even disagrees with us, it's like hell yeah, like, let's go. You know, let's have yeah. fun. So um, but Jeff is one of the few people that's contributed to the show uh, because he gave us our intro and outro music and uh, spoilers. We, we got some new intro and outro music coming for next season that's pretty... I, when I heard the outro, too, I, I haven't heard the new intro, but when I heard the outro, I was like, bro, this is this is the sickest thing I've ever heard. I was super into it. So, 
Uh, I, I guess, Jeff, let's start there. Where, how'd you come up with the intro music? Because when Madman first talked to me about it, I know you reached out to him. You're like, bro, let me make you some music. And he was mm-hmm. like, Madman was like, all right, I want it to sound like this song and this song. He started sending me some crazy shit. And I was like, whoa, yeah. whoa. Like, I, I got a little scared. I got scared. And then yeah. when we got the first, I don't know, the first thing you sent, I was like, bro, this is the sickest thing I've ever heard. So how did that happen? Well, pretty much just from the name, you know, when, when I found out about the name and that, you know, I was like, damn, champs, it has to sound okay. triumphant and like, Ooh. it has to sound like, like that. something at the end of a movie or like, you know, victory, winning. And, uh, and honestly, all the suggestions that gave me, even though they're like, I want something, he's giving me crazy <laughs> suggestions, like for this new yeah. one, he's like, I want like. You know, like a freaking like hardcore dude, like, but also with like something like that sounds like Jurassic Park, but also like, you know, all all those things. Like, it really did guide me into that, into that, uh, into that, the music that I made. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, how how long ago did I make that 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 song? It's been over a year now. Yeah, Um, about. But, dude. Listening to it over and over, I forget that I made it. And like it feels like it's belongs to like it's yours, you know. Like oh, that's 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 insane. That's, it, oh, thank you. It's a screen yeah. champ. It's, it's, it's something I forget. It's so like, kind of you. So it just bl- you. and it blends in so it is, well. It is know? mine. It is mine. By the way, it is. I know you you can it. have it. Well, now I'm I'm glad then that we're having you on to uh, remind you ourselves and all the listeners that we did not make it because I mean you know thank you so much. I mean I. I was sitting there, you know, because you want music on the pod, but we were just starting out, and it's like, you know, what do you do? And, you know, everything costs money, and, you know, thank you for, you know, if anyone else is listening, it's not free, you know, but maybe we got a little hookup, and uh, it was just, I mean, it was just so cool, man. And the other thing, too, is the the first time you had the sound, I loved it, and I'm, like, addicted to, like, the film reel sound, and I was like, can we get mm-hmm. some film reel in there? And you were like, yeah, done, I, I, and yeah. I just, oh, man, I love the way the film reel goes in. I'm just, I'm all about it. And then the outro, I was like, I feel like it needs a little extra something, you know? And then that's when me and Dubs were trying to figure out, like, what to say. <laughs> and then Dub, I was like, maybe, like, on set, like, we're, like you know, like, oh, like, take two type stuff. And then that's when uh, Dubs came up with that iconic line. And uh, every time it hits, it's like, it's like when your dog hears, like, the tamale lady or something, starts walling <laughs> out. Like, I just start, like, oof, like, oh, God, I get so excited when it when it's ending. It's ending. I'm getting so excited when I hear that. Uh, and then same thing in the beginning. I just get so excited when I uh, when I hear it come in, and it, that was my dream. My dream was like I love listening mm-hmm. to a podcast where the beginning is the same thing. Like every episode, you can start it off in the first like ten seconds. It's the exact same way that like the way it gets introduced, and um, and I, I, I fought. Yeah, for I that. love your. Yeah. Uh- like how you doing, brother? Like, like the, what's <laughs> going on, brother? Yeah, the last episode was a little nutty. I, I like yeah. prolonged it. Uh, yeah. Like I prolonged it a little bit, and uh, <laughs> Dub just kept it in. I'm happy he did. Uh, but you know, it gets a little, you know, it gets a little wild every now and then uh, in the in the recording uh, session. Um, but uh, thanks for saying that, uh, Jeff. I, I I really appreciate. And whenever uh, someone tells me, I think Dub told me once that like. He was at with his family, and then they like listened to it, and then they all like mm-hmm. sang it in unison. Like I was like, dude, yeah, inspired. I was like, everyone just like doing it at the same time. That's so dope, dude. I love it so much. Also, I, I want to say thanks because I did hit up first. I like absolutely inserted myself <laughs> into <laughs> like, bro, you gotta let me be a part of this, dude. I gotta make your music. Oh, but bro, thanks for yeah. being cool and like, yeah, you know. Um, 
But dude, the, from the first episode, I was like honestly hooked. I was like, dude, this sounds legit. It sounds good. Um, You're your like takes proud, are like proud dad. I, I love the dynamic between the two of you. I love what you guys are doing. Like, and also like uh, I listen to a lot of like uh, pro Marvel stuff. Okay. And I've noticed that, so I love it when Doves likes to go <laughs> not in on on Marvel stuff, but just like not like. You don't easily get a rise from it, which is great, and I love that. Oh yeah, definitely you know, not. Definitely I, not. I, I love when you guys are like also just like, like uh, I don't know. You guys don't suck up to things, you know. Like you don't. Nah, you're that, like really honest about your take. Your take. That you know? uh, West Side Story uh, and, movie reviews. Uh, <laughs> so like as honest as you can get, and uh, I already got like I like put it on Twitter. I was like. I did not love it, and I put a, like a I like a GIF of me like running away because uh, <laughs> because I know it's a hot take, and immediately <laughs> someone was like, "Like it's fair" or something like that, or like it's great, mm. <laughs> and then they deleted that response. <laughs> they were just so disgusted with me that they felt like they needed to respond that it was they went okay back and went, oh. and then just deleted it because they're like, yeah. "Why am I even entertaining this idiot?" You know? Yeah, <laughs> and I was uh, very proud of that moment. Like I was like, "Dude, I'm gonna frame this reply." That says delete it right underneath. I think this is a huge accomplishment for Screen Champs. Yeah, we went in on West Side Story for sure. That's uh, I, I just keep listening to other podcasts and other takes about how much they love the movie, <laughs> how great it is. Yeah, I heard one review on it, and they like they liked it. And I was like, eh, okay. Yeah. But I, I, I got to listen to your episode, though. <laughs> it's, sure. uh, we're pretty against. <laughs> um. With uh, with just music in in general, because I know you uh, you compose a lot of music. Uh, I, I think as long as I've known you, you've just been making music. And uh, from your own musical taste, like what like what do you like? That like is there anything that because like you grew up a rocker, it influenced like your freaking uh, your you know when you create uh, uh, music or or would you say you're very like like just was... experimental? You'll just get into anything. I think I, I mostly like things that are really rhythmic. Because uh, growing mm-hmm. up, I listened to a lot of Latino music, like cumbias, merengues, and all that stuff. Okay. okay. So, the I, just things that are very rhythmic, especially like mute, uh, you know, movie scores that are rhythmic. Like I'll throw those things in my, in my, in my playlist. Like a lot of Ludwig, uh, uh, what's his name, the dude who scored um, Black Panther and oh, uh, yeah. The Mandalorian. He has a lot of like percussive and like rhythmic stuff, like. Yeah, anything that's rhythmic, I gravitate to. Like, I listen to a lot of rock, you know. I listen to hip-hop, EDM, all that stuff. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I mean, anything. And then the way I, I approach music to make it is anything that's inspiring me at the time. So, that's probably why, like, in, in your music, you guys hear a lot of horns. And I kept yeah. horns on the new yeah. one because, you know... Screen champs, you know, you guys are fucking. It pops. It's like, fuck, it's like, yeah, holy, you guys are winners. You guys like, are. It's like, <laughs> it's like holy for sure. Like when I drive around and the intro starts, I feel like a king. I beat up 2009 <laughs> Toyota Yaris. <laughs> it's missing like a headlight. I'm like, y'all hear this? <laughs> screen champs, y'all. What's happening? You, you hear them horns? My homie made it. Uh, no, it sounds really, really, really clean. But I was curious because I was like, "Damn, like, this guy hit the mark. He, he did everything I wanted him to do." And then, uh, and then, but the what, what I meant about like Jurassic Park is just that feel, like that iconic, like and it kind of consumes you, it overcomes you when you hear <laughs> that, Jura- that Jurassic yeah, Park. That, theme that, park you know what? That like, the, that's the that's my goal in the end. I want your music uh-huh. to sound big. I just, you know, just 
I like I like that. You know, it's like, can you make it sound like one of the most prolific songs of all time in a movie? Can you just put something together like that? Can you make it <laughs> feel like you're seeing a dinosaur for it's the few time, first time? Yeah. yeah. It's like, come it's, on. You know what? Hey, but he did it. Hey, he, hey, you know what? Hey, yeah. Yeah. To, to get greenness, you got to, you know, expect it. And uh, guess what? He handled it. No, I mean, when we first got the music <laughs> for the pod, I was I was back home visiting for the holidays. And there was, you know, we had like the little Google Drive set up. And I was like, I like went downstairs. I was like, my whole family was there. I was like, wait, I got to listen to this. Like, check this out. And they were all like, dang. Like, it was so sick. So, uh, yeah, nice. those moments, man. Jeff, I wish I had a video of it to show you. Like, it's, it was <laughs> beloved. Um, well, so do you make any music for yourself? Or, like, uh, you know, how do you, how do, you do that? Because you're clearly Most, very talented. Mostly, but I don't, I haven't really had the chance to actually put stuff out. But, yeah, I mostly just make music for myself, you know, like. If I'm not listening to something, if I'm not listening to like a podcast at work or something, I'm listening to my music. Oh, okay. Um, what a uh, flex. Yeah. Uh, those TikToks <laughs> where like, people are like, what are you listening to? It's like, oh, it's just a song I made this morning. Like, it's like, like, <laughs> I know. I just made it during my break. <laughs> yeah. What's uh, up? That's pretty cool. It's, it sounds cool, but usually I'm upset. I'm like fixated and obsessing over like <laughs> some like 30 second thing <laughs> like all day. <laughs> that's why it's good, man. That's why it's good. <laughs> Hey, you just never know, dude. Someone comes across that on SoundCloud and just like wants to give you a million dollars, then boom, you made it. That that's what I'm waiting for on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, someone's gonna listen to this. They're like, yeah, we're gonna give you like a million dollars just to keep doing what you're doing, and then maybe we'll give the madman a, a better life. I think I, I honestly think eventually it'll happen. Um, I, dude, you guys are great. Hey, you guys have honestly hey, your voice. Hey, also, you. you guys have like a good radio voice. Oh, it's so kind. No, I'm not even being kind. I'm being real. Like you know, <laughs> I'm being. You guys, are, you guys sound great. Thank you, man. It's all yeah. the alcohol abuse over the years. You just that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> row, yeah. Used to smoke You're a lot like, of cigarettes. Yeah. I know. I used to be a chain smoker. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, no, nah, dude, that's that's sick, man. I I definitely appreciate that and uh, appreciate you hopping on. Is there uh, is there anything I guess this year that you've seen that really? Yeah, what have you loved? To you, what have you loved? Movies, movies, Man. TV, just you know, art. I used to talk about music too. You're the music guy. What have, What have you loved? I think I saw more good shows, like better TV, than I did movies this year. Okay, really? um, okay. I think that's a fair take. That's like, kind of how I'm feeling recently. So, like, what did you see I, on I TV think, that you liked? So, Succession was good. I think the last oh. two or three episodes was great. I I thought it was dragging a little bit, and like it was building up things. And it didn't really go anywhere, but the last two or three episodes was great. I think, like, I think, I think something I have to remind myself is that, like, things don't have to, the story doesn't have to end epically somewhere. The drama between characters can just be really good, you know? Oh, yeah. And for it to be, like, a really good, like, ending or, or show. And I think Succession really just fucking, like. So, so you just watched the finale? Point. Yeah, I just watched it. Man, it's fucking man. It's I so thought, good. yeah, I just you know blown away. You know who Kieran Culkin's character for the last couple of episodes was like? It was getting kind of annoying because he was doing the same thing over and over. He's in a scene. He says some like yeah, witty, dumb, annoying thing, mm -hmm. being like the annoying little brother. But this last episode, damn, bro, he killed it. Killed like, it. That scene he has with his dad at the oh, end. Like, oh my god. Even I was like, oh my god, like, bro, give this man. Yeah. 
an award for this scene, man. Like he, oh. that that was great. Insane. But yeah, Succession. What else? Uh, love it, love it. What if was really cool. Yeah, I saw all of it. I'm a big, big what if fan, just because uh, I just feel like it's a flex for Marvel to be like we can do whatever we want, sky's the limit, <laughs> and like we can get away with it because of the whole multiverse concept. Yeah. Um, and yeah, uh, what else? That and Ted Lasso, I think, were the ones that really stood out to me. Like, nice. I Ted think Lasso. Succession, Ted Lasso, and What If are the three shows that I can go back and like. I'll enjoy watching it from beginning to end. You know, if anyone out there watched Ted Lasso, I, I I'm not confident because people love it so much. I got to respect that. This is the same way I feel about Midsummer, where so many people have said it's good. I'm like, well, damn it. So I just bought the Blu-ray and I'm gonna watch it again until I like it. Ted Lasso, I was like, man, this guy is just too nice. Like, what's going on? And um, and it seems like it was a palate cleanse for everyone. But if there's anyone out there that also just thinks Ted Lasso's too nice and kind of hates him, just you know, reach out to me. We can have a support group. Right now, I'm the only one in it. Um, so it'd be nice to get to know you. Oh uh, yeah, I'm I'm gonna say what that what that uh, girl left in Ramon's comment. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious, dude! I gotta watch Succession. I, I there's like everything it's about good. it I should love. Like all the actors I like too. And- um, so it it goes between being a serious drama to being like very comedic at times. Like yeah. sometimes you forget it's a drama. It's so funny. Hey, can I suggest something for the podcast? Uh, always, always. You guys should have like you guys should have like a weekly movie uh, uh, suggestion. Like a movie like uh, you should go watch this because you guys give me the best. Like I saw um, Sound of Metal. Oh hell yeah! Is it? Yeah, that movie fucked me up, man. Yeah, oh. I was like, <laughs> I don't feel good after this, but it was so good. It was so yeah. good. I cried so hard, dude. I had to rewatch it because I was just like, <laughs> I was like, I was so like amazed. Like you know, it's so rare you watch a movie and you're just like totally consumed and just like amazed. Mm-hmm. I, I, I had the same feelings when I watched um, freaking. Uh, uh, Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. Place Beyond the Pine. Oh, uh, you were talking about the singing one. The freaking singing one. Yeah. yeah. No, same thing with Place Beyond the Shallows. Yeah, the Shallows. The shallows. Tell, tell me now. something, girl. Yeah. yeah. That one. Are you struggling in this modern Dave world? Dave Chappelle's in it. Yeah, Dave Chappelle's in movie? it. It's been remade three times. <laughs> a Star is Born. Dude. Yeah, A Star is Born. Star there is we born. go. God, yeah, I dude. cannot think. Of I remember I, I took my sister to watch it, right? She was like, hey, I want to watch the Lady Gaga movie. I was like, yeah. And we went, and I freaking <laughs> was like, tore up, bro, <laughs> tore up. <laughs> On the drive home, I remember getting a tall can, and just, I parked, and I just sat, like, in my car <laughs> on the street, and just thinking about life, dude. And then I get home, right, I go inside, and I'm like, man, what a, what a, what a journey, right? What a film. Turn the TV on, freaking active shooter, like, massive murder situation at some bar, and then I watched all that all night, fell asleep, woke up, and the dad that was looking for his son found out his son like died and it was like it was it was the worst probably two days of my life and it's all because of a star is born dude <laughs> what a great film man <laughs> it just really really messed me out yeah no but I, but I, I like that like a recommendation thing or just something that's like on mm-hmm. streaming or because there's a lot of movies out there that uh i mean that are you know not in theaters I yeah think, a lot of low-key movies uh, yeah you know Oh, definitely under people's noses. There's a bunch that I mean. I feel like I feel like I watch. I mean, I watch movies all the time. I know Madman probably watches more movies than I do. 
Uh, I watched like obscure dumb films, man. I like there's there's some movies that, that like I just send you a list of forty movies I haven't seen. <laughs> yeah, and but I but I've seen like 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 I don't know. I've seen some random ass movies. I could definitely do a better <laughs> job. I that that would help me out cause, so I don't have to watch forty movies at the end of the year because there's I'll I'll send you my list. It's a it's a huge list. With it's a, a lot long of list. I made yeah. a list of movies I had to watch. It was like fifteen movies 12 on twelve or something. Yeah, yeah, yours is real. Yeah, yeah, and there's some obscure ones in there. There's some I'm going to cross off for sure. I think I put Clifford on there. Um, so that's not going to be crossed <laughs> off. That's number one on the list. I'm trying to see what that's all about. They're making a sequel. So, yeah, obviously. This is this is the film. Does Dubs know about your Yes Man movie? Uh, experience? Situation? No. Um, I think he might. I, I feel like he actually might have seen it with me. Well, so it was I, a really good story to tell. Like Jim Jim Carrey's Yes Man? <laughs> no, no, no. It was uh, I Love You Man. I think you're talking about I Love You Man. Oh, I Love You Man. Okay. Right? Yeah. So you always had always had this movie playing <laughs> okay. in his room. Like if you were going to his, to his kickback, I Love You Man's always playing. And like I mean, he was known for this, and then I think one day you tweeted out something like, "Dude, like, who the hell deleted? Yet yeah, I love you, man, from my DVR." <laughs> and I, <laughs> I remember being like, really kind of like heartbroken for him because like that was like what he, his thing, you know? <laughs> I, I felt that it's almost like someone grabbed his favorite toy and just like fucking broke it or like, took it. It's like, bro. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's true, brother. Like, I, I moved yeah. into my spot. And it came with a DirecTV DVR, right? And the movie was already on there. And I kept playing it. And every time my friends came over, we would watch it. This is before I had, like, the PS4. And I was like, I'm this like, is before Fences. Was this is before Fences. Got yeah. into my DVD collection. You know, this is before a lot of things. I didn't think I had a coffee table yet. And then we just watched <laughs> I Love You, Man, and ate pizza. And then I would play it all the time. And then people would be like, bro, like... I'm like, hey, do you guys want to watch something? They're like, yeah, please uh, don't let it be. I love you, man. I'm like, it's a love you, man. And I, I would play it. <laughs> and then uh, I think I did it for like three years straight. I had it. You know, on your DVR, you mm. can make it like do not delete. And then you're like, no, 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 really do not yeah, delete. Yeah. And there's like an X on it and like chains and stuff. And it won't get deleted. Yeah. Because um, your DVR is like so like responsible. It would be like, yeah. hey, buddy, you've got 97% yeah. loaded up. You only got 3% uh, free space. We're going to get rid of stuff you haven't seen. And you're like, whoa, 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 hold on a minute, hold on a minute. That's still good. That's still good. Um, and uh, and one day, just wait, it wasn't on there no more, and I was pissed off. It was the worst <laughs> thing ever. And uh, when when you know Jeff talks about like being heartbroken and stuff, it was like it was a sad day. Like, oh. I don't think I watched. Anything. I felt that. Yeah, I felt that for you. I, I watched a black screen and just like remembering the good old days. Yeah, <laughs> you just try to imagine the movie in your head. Like, I yeah. try to. Don't yeah, and someone was like, "I'll just head. buy it for you for Christmas." I'm like, "It's not. That's not the same. same. It's not. Yeah. It didn't start off the way it started off. You know, it was already like it was a bad recording, so it wasn't like the full. It, like it started off already like in the beginning, so oh. um, it was just a perfect thing. And I, I, I had it jot down to like the minutes. I knew what I could do. Like I knew if I took a shower, it came out. You know, like I would scene it would be on and then like it was man it was just such a beautiful experience no that's i and i get that because you're deep although you never brought up that story to me and it probably was like too like too soon you it's know, even too, still. Yeah, yeah and i'm sorry oh, you're, i'm sorry because i see you're going sorry, through something I, right I, now I, and that's hard oh, yeah. um but your dvr always felt like a curated experience like yes. a lot of people's dvr is just like this is just the shit i'm watching right now but for you it's like 
oh no, this is like this is the five episodes of that Mike Tyson cartoon, and this is the <laughs> these are the Vice documentaries I'm watching about yeah. meth heads, and like these are yeah. you know like and it was all just like these things. And every once in a while, you you talk about something, and you'd be like, yeah, but someone someone deleted it, and just the like. You just seem so upset every time you said like someone deleted yeah. it, like it was like a little betrayal, and yeah. it's uh, I'm sorry that you went through that. Yeah, I don't even go into that or two DVR no more. It's not the same. Mm. Yeah, mm. it's it's um, it's sad. Sorry, and man. Uh, and those Vice documentaries were real. Really oh, yeah. You guys oh, gotta yeah. watch that. If there's anything I can recommend, just watch Vice content. <laughs> it's, like, it's like my favorite thing. You have like some skateboarding stuff. You got some drug stuff. You got some food stuff, you know, F That's Delicious with Action Bronson. Like, it's so good. Mm. And then you got wrestling stories. Like, it's just an amazing experience. <laughs> I like it. All right. All right. Well, you know, I, 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 mean, I think that wraps up this little segment here. Jeff, thank you so much for hopping on the show with us. Uh, you are our first guest officially. We'll be the first guest on the pod. Uh, nice. It's a pleasure to have you. Thanks for everything you've done. And, I mean, whenever you want to come on in the future, talk about anything, I mean, you're more than welcome. You're, you're, our pod is your pod, so you're always always welcome. If there's anything I'm feeling strongly about, I'll, I'll hit you guys up. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Just hit us up, dude. Hit us up. <clears throat> and I'll, I'll make sure to throw some recommendations your way. Yeah, please. <laughs> and for everyone else, too. Yeah. Good rest. We got to do that. We got to do that. We got to do that like what Set I watched recently. Guys. We got to bring that, bring that back. <laughs> yeah. I, we yeah, started. Yeah. I really just wanted to talk about Up in the Air that one time, and then this is kind of how it started. So Great film. Really good film. I think I might have that poster. <laughs> it was such a good uh uh, what did I say? I, I said it was like a coming of age story. You're like, is it really? And then we started figuring out what it, what it it's meant. It's kind of like not really at all, but that's okay. I know. <laughs> <laughs> a little, little loose in my terminology. Characters grew. I mean, in that sense, it's all everything is a coming of age story. People are always getting older, I suppose. Yeah, it makes Anna sense. Kendrick grew up in that one a little bit. Yeah, yeah. she had a boyfriend, yeah. and she didn't, and then she lost her job, and now she had a few. You know, she found a new way of living. <laughs> all right, coming of age. So we. All right, in this segment, we, we talked to our lawyer, Atticus, about uh, who, you know, like, oh, yeah. we talk about it's not it's not free to podcast. You know, lawyers cost money. Uh, and the bill we got for this segment was more than I even want to talk about. Uh, so, yeah, but we, we, had a, we had to have a lawyer come on because we've been doing this for a year, and, and I've seen what happens. once Because this is the dumbest thing. We talk about people, why are you tweeting so much? Meanwhile, we're recording ourselves and then putting it online for other people to hear. And we're saving these takes for pros- pros- like for the world. This is not smart. Just in general, this is a dumb thing to do. Yeah, man, man, Mo needs a lawyer, and uh, I'm happy we got <laughs> one. And Atticus is a freaking lawyer. Like he's like, oh yeah, he's a lawyer. This is not a Literally. joke segment. This is like we we got a lawyer. It is a lawyer, like straight up lawyer. <laughs> I was happy. I was happy. You needed it. I feel better now. Yeah. So it's uh you know spoiler alert there will be an implied NDA uh, for listening to this pod which you'll hear in a second and uh, yeah that's you know hey that's just lawyer stuff you know when you pull the lawyers on NDAs start coming out um, so yeah there's not a lot you're gonna be able to say about this uh, what we learned from this segment is essentially that we are uh, too stupid to be held accountable for anything I think that's what I got out of it at least. Yeah. Oh, me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna just use my stupidity to get out of things. That's it. It's been working this long, right? <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Amen, brother. And you can take that one to the court. <laughs> People say that, right? 
It's hearsay. Uh, all right. Enjoy. Okay, now, very happy to welcome our legal representation, maybe, uh, may or may not be, allegedly, our legal representation, uh, Atticus. Uh, thank you for coming on the show. It's my pleasure. Uh, I, I play an attorney in real life. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Atticus, you are a longtime listener of the show. From what I understand, you have heard every episode. Is that correct? Absolutely every episode. I will not claim that I remember everything from every episode. Okay, that that's fair. See, you can tell uh, the lawyers speak already, not committing to too much. These are all things that we need to learn a little bit. Um, I'm going to say, uh, if anyone choosing, because obviously this is privilege information, as everyone knows. So, oh, yeah. anyone choosing to continue to listen is essentially uh, signing an NDA, uh, an implied NDA, saying that um, everything here they can't speak on. Uh, from this point on, for our legal conversation, uh, is that a thing that I can just pronounce and make a real? Um, you can certainly pronounce it. Whether it's real or not is would be questionable because they they actually do have a choice to to turn this off. Mm. Um, but then, if someone else hears it because they have recorded it, does it apply to the person who hears the recording? I would choose um, to say yes. Because every time they have a chance to say, um, I'm turning you off. Interesting. Well, we do turn off a lot of listeners. Um, (laughs) I turn on a lot of listeners, dude. (laughs) So, yeah, it sounds like everyone is on the same page. They can't speak on this. Whatever happens here is uh, they're, you know, bound by law. Uh, So... I guess, you know, since you've listened to all the episodes, uh, I know Batman was a little concerned. He's like, oh, yeah, a lot of liabilities here. Uh, I yeah. say a lot of stuff. Um, is there anything that we're getting wrong that we, we need to correct or how, how are we doing legally? Well, um, for the most part, you gentlemen are doing well, nice. because when you talk Sorry. about things that you may have acquired in a fashion that wouldn't be approved by the copyright owners, <laughs> you tend not to mention what it is that you actually acquire. Mm. And as long as you give the name, uh, or don't give the name, uh, mm. frankly, no one knows whether they're the person who has the right to sue you or not. Okay, so it would be as if, I mean, it would literally be like saying, okay, yeah, I've stolen a, a lot in my life. And they're like, well, you know, and so... Because there's no victim, yeah. there's no yeah. well, there's victims. They just don't know who they are. So how can I be hearts. held accountable? Yes, yeah, you haven't identified the thing or the person. Oh, okay, this is perfect. So when, if great. if I say something like I downloaded a bunch of movies, these could be uh, films that were available for free, you know, from independent filmmakers who just wanted them absolutely. And even if you said I have at times downloaded through, well, gosh, let's go ancient Napster, mm. um, a bunch of uh, <laughs> recordings. You haven't said what recordings. Mm. Um, there is also some question as to statute limitations, um, although civil lawsuits for um, appropriation of uh, their copyrighted material could be brought based upon when they learn of it. Mm. But they haven't learned about it because you haven't said what you took. There you go. Okay. So that's... Great, great start. Well, I'll tell you one thing you guys do a lot. All right, let's hear it. Um, let's hear it. You talk about actors, actresses, <laughs> yes. um, 
Golden Globes, mm. uh, guys who uh, offended uh, the the great Brendan Fraser. Yeah. Um, yeah. You report it as things you have read, um, mm. but you make it clear that your opinion is that someone is a scumbag. Yes. As long as you are making it clear that it is just your opinion as opposed to a fact, um, mm. like someone uh, stating that someone is a convicted criminal when what you really mean is that guy should be you know, prosecuted. Mm. As long as you're giving opinions, you guys are, uh, are safe. Okay. So it to be clear that this is our – should we just have a disclaimer at the beginning of every show like – Everything stated here is our opinion. Is that why that's like literally in the beginning of everything? Yeah. Like the views shared much. here. Every time I go to like a deleted scene, it's like the views shared here are not the views of MGM Studios. Dude, that makes the views sense. of the exactly. creators. <laughs> we don't. And actually, I should be giving a disclaimer that um, what I'm uh, stating here is not to be taken as legal advice. If you have a specific mm. legal question, it depends on the facts and the law at issue wherever you happen to be. And therefore, do not take anything I say as a direct legal representation as to your case, matter, or situation. Mm, there you go. And plus, we're all, yeah, he's on it. You're a lawyer. You're, you're a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, I've never heard lawyers speak, but this is, I'm educated. This is, uh, this is amazing, Atticus. This is great. Yeah, you don't want to hear lawyers speak. It costs <laughs> I feel, too much. I feel in good hands. I feel in good hands. <laughs> Yeah, this is like State Farm situation. I've never felt so comfortable. Um, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So, all right. So we got to make sure we're saying our opinions. Uh, if we if we steal, we don't say what we're stealing, um, or don't steal. I guess would be the don't steal. No, of course not. Well, no, don't, don't steal. Don't steal is what the cops would say. A lawyer would say, don't tell anything. them what you're stealing. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Uh, don't tell okay. me about it. Once I know it, I can't unhear it. Yeah. I have it. I have a question. I have a question. Yes. Um, are, are are we cool with Chris Harrison? Because we definitely have a sound bite of him. Mm. Uh, is he gonna um, come at us, or, or or is he like, all right? The woke police is out there. Um, Good question. Technically, whoever owns that sound bite, which uh, I believe, uh, whoever, what is it? The yeah, Bachelor. Might be like Good Morning America. It yeah. Might be, yeah like... Or yeah, which whichever show it was on technically owns that. Item. There's a thing uh, called fair use. Uh, it's a legal concept that, for purposes of, um, trying to think the right way to phrase this, analysis, critique, um, discussion of a public mm -hmm. uh, event, yep. small portions of things may be may be used. Um, without having to pay the copyright. Um, the way you use Chris Harrison, um, you guys are treading the line there. Oh, okay. Because you just throw it in like a soundbite as opposed to mm. we're discussing this. Oh, so you okay. uh, are you going to get in big trouble? I, I don't think ABC or NBC or CBS <laughs> is coming after you. Um, when you get the thousands and tens of thousands of listeners, they might mm. ask for their... You know, ten cents worth. Yeah, it's, imagine that'd be a great a, bill to get. I know we get billed ten cents. I'm trying to get billed ten cents. I'm gonna, I'm gonna frame that. Uh, I, think <laughs> I, I, I will tell you that copyright vi violations have a statutory penalty, which is thousands of dollars. 
so that Not even if it's a small bit that keeps being used to your profit or to publicize yourselves um, to your benefit, no matter how minuscule the actual value is, it's got a, a high monetary penalty to avoid people saying, oh, this is so little, no one's going to care. Mm, okay. That's so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is intense. But it's also, I feel like, you know, I don't know. The other thing I hear too a lot, and Atticus, you can tell me if, if I'm wrong on this, is that it, it seems like there's a lot of things that are technically illegal, but still hard to sue about. And a lot of that comes up, and it seems like it comes up in media a lot, where it's like, technically, yeah, you're not supposed to say that, but, you know, and then it really just goes down to how it's perceived by the people hearing the case at that time, which is, I guess, is really every court case, but. Yeah, um, uh, the biggest area of this is is defamation, and you guys, uh, you know, Stormy Daniels um, mm. suing, oh yeah, um, a, a very powerful figure for saying she was lying about their relationship. Um, mm. Is he stating his opinion, or is he stating uh, as a fact that she is lying? Is he stating it as a public official uh, dealing with a public? Um, event, uh, stating it as the president, where he has presidential uh, executive privilege. You know, there's a lot of that. Um, mm. It's it's the uh, oftentimes it's the concept uh, between opinion and stating something as a fact, um, and then the question is damages. Um, so, how much did that damage her? There's the famous case of Barbara Streisand, um, there was something printed or said about her that uh, she believed to be false, uh, provably false, known by the party stating it at the time to be provably false. Mm. Uh, but when it came around to damages, they basically said, you got so much press out of this, you're more popular than you ever were. You created whatever conceivable damages you think, but you're a, you're a public entertainer. Now your name's on everyone's lips. So mm. how are you damaged? That's Fair yeah. Enough. That's yeah. what we're doing to Chris Harrison. Like he should be what? taking this. Yeah, he's <laughs> like I got my next job because of the uh, screen oh, yeah. here. Well, <laughs> well, Chris Harrison, you got two different things going there. You've got copyright violation and whether you are in some sense defaming him by um, repeating what he himself said. Repeating what he himself said wouldn't be defamation. Mm. Um, Makes sense. If you say Chris Harrison. Uh, lied or did you make a factual assertion about him that you do not have specific knowledge to be true okay. um, mm. or are in reckless disregard as to whether it's true or not. You just throw it out there. And there was a, you know, our, there are many public officials who get away with throwing out statements as truth that they really have no idea whether they are or not. Because it's their um, if, opinion at the time that it was true. Yeah, but they, they stated as, uh, okay, last election, um, representations that um, certain voting machines were controlled by China, Iran, Iraq, China. Um, were devised in Venezuela. You, know, you have public officials stating these, and you have attorneys who have made these allegations in lawsuits. But yeah. they have been found to have been 
lacking in support effects. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, lacking of any sort of support. Just uh, they heard it from somebody else. Yeah. The the line that you heard it from somebody else or many people have told me is not a defense to defamation. Okay, makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, you know, it's funny, too, is every time I think about uh, – it seems like a lot of these things are alluding to Donald Trump and the way he uh, – he, <laughs> not that you would commit to that. Obviously, you're like, I never said that. But, um, <laughs> but every well, no, time I I've... think of Donald Trump now, I hear the soundbite in my head from uh, just the – from I think it's from Blades of Glory, right? Or was it, yeah. it was like, you know, it's because it's provocative. It gets the people going. Like, that's yeah. just what I think every time I hear Donald Trump. It's like, oh, yeah, the bomber machine, you know, Venezuela, China. And everyone's like, ah! Like – it's provocative. It just gets the people going, you know. Yeah, dude. Uh, so there's <laughs> just I think that every time. Well, in 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 one sense, you're hinting at one of the defenses to a defamation claim against him and um, certain other uh, parties <laughs> who are known to just be spouting off. Mm. The, oh, if so you have like, a reputation yeah. where mm. you are specifically known not to be believable. Mm. then how can anyone reasonably be offended by what you say because you know this person is uh, a well-known liar who just yeah. spouts stuff off? Um, there was a legal case where Tucker Carlson had made a, a number of opinion statements on his show <laughs> that um, it was alleged defamed someone, and uh, the case against him was lost because uh, his uh, Fox literally came out and said um, he he's just an entertainer. You can't believe mm. what he's saying. He's putting it out there as entertainment, not as a statement of facts. He's not on our news show. Wow. So you can inoculate yourself against these kind of claims by being so outrageous. Uh, everyone knows not to believe you. Okay. So we can be so dumb that we can't be held accountable for anything. That's a man, man, man. I would never believe that of the two of you. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. Just uh, it's kind of the same way. Um, uh, you know, I don't want to be in, uh, rude. I guess you could say now is unhoused is the right way to say it. An unhoused person can uh, smoke <laughs> meth on a sidewalk and just not get arrested. Uh, but if I did, I'd get in a lot of trouble. And um, because it's like, well, where else are they going to smoke meth? You should have been inside. <laughs> This is the only place they can smoke with, so we're just going to let it be. And uh, I'm literally dealing with that right now um, <laughs> near my home. So it's uh, it's interesting. That make it's funny how that plays out in uh, all uh, phases of society here. But uh, I am excited to know that our stupidity can help us. Uh, I think that's something Heck that yeah, plays to our benefit because. I think trying to have an active game plan um, to the contrary would be very difficult for us. And then the other thing, too, and it, it kind of sounds like it's going on. It's the last question I have is the word allegedly. So this sounds more like the opinion stuff. Are we just supposed to say allegedly in front of everything um, until – and when do, you not, when do you not have to say it? Is it when someone gets well, convicted, like in a court of law, then we could be like, no, they're that person because the judge said so? Well, uh Allegedly just comes from the word allegation, meaning someone has said. Yeah. No, so no. when you're saying allegedly, you're uh, in actually you should have heard it from someone mm. or it has been reported. <laughs> yeah, <making> allegedly, <laughs> I've decided that this person, I like that. I say yeah. it all the time. Um, and then uh, still 
allegations are a conviction is conviction for a particular crime or uh, well yeah it would be for a particular crime um, it doesn't mean that the person actually did those things but now you can talk uh, with the uh, certainty that by virtue of the conviction a jury of his or her peers found them guilty of the alleged acts. Mm. Now, here's same. here's the distinction. <laughs> He'll be charged with a particular crime. He or she will be. Um, grand theft auto. Okay, oh, the allegations may include that, you know, they um, he uh, stole it from a pregnant woman on the side of the street. It's, all he's convicted of is stealing the car. Mm. Those other allegations may have been proved or supported, but they are allegations in support of the crime for which they've been convicted. Mm. So you say he's a convicted car thief who allegedly, you know, kicked a, a, a pregnant woman out of the car. Allegedly, allegedly. So, so it's it's uh, unless there was actual support for that allegation in the case, uh, you're, no one's going to come after you. Mm. Um, but if you elaborate beyond what was proven in court, okay, yeah. even though it surrounds the crime, those are still allegations. Okay, okay. So interesting. Until someone's until someone's uh, got that fine or they're in jail, uh, because the court of public opinion is different than the court of law, and so we we as uh, public voices need to uh, make sure we're using the correct words when uh, dealing with these. Perverts out here in Hollywood, uh, allegedly, allegedly, <laughs> yeah, allegedly, he's allegedly, perverts. allegedly, the alleged uh, perverts in Hollywood. Okay, and that comes from the word allegations. Just a uh, fun fact. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we learned today. Uh, <laughs> Madman, do you have any uh, final questions here? Yeah, dude. I think I see. I, I I say hearsay wrong. Can you just tell me how to say it correctly? I I say it like tomato no. tomato, I, and I don't even know what that means. But when no. they're like, hey, like. This happened. I'm like, oh, that's hearsay, and I, I, I think that just dismisses everything, right? Okay, well, yeah. <laughs> hearsay. I do, I do it a lot. Hearsay uh, <laughs> applies in court um, because hearsay is oh, an damn. out of court statement by okay. a person. Mm. Meaning, um, okay, uh, some friend of yours uh, calls the police because his car has been broken into. Um, the police officer shows up, um, he, he you know, looks through the car, whatever. Um, here's some uh, statements, tells the guy, you are perfectly fine to leave now. You got a broken taillight, but it's okay for you to drive off. Yeah. He goes a block away, gets a ticket from another officer, runs into court. Damn. And at the time of his ticket says, well, this other officer told me. As soon as he starts saying this other officer told me, an officer who is not there in court, it's referred to that's hearsay and it's objectionable because that person is not there in court, isn't making the statement in court, and isn't there to address the statement as to whether you're telling it uh, truthfully or not. So it's basically hearsay is just any out-of-court statement. Mm, there are lots okay. of exceptions to it that allow those things to be repeated by third parties, but it's whenever someone's repeating what somebody else said. Okay, so just un unverified statements. 
unverified outcome. Well, it, it's not just unverified. It's it's a statement that was made outside of court. And the only that. time hearsay applies is is when a statement is being repeated in court. Copy that. All right. Man, I do so, feel like that makes you you have a better understanding of hearsay now. It's a little bit. I just know it's out of it's an out of it's an out of court statement. Okay, when when, when people are running around in in general life, um, whenever you guys on this show uh, say something you heard, you're actually uh, whatever you say is hearsay. Mm, when I say I heard um, uh, a friend of mine. Say my bike is old and junky. Mm. Um, he may be it may be true, yeah, but the statement of me saying it is just hearsay because I. Uh, one way to think of it, is I heard someone say. Okay, so it's, it's just like hearsay. gossip. Oh. It's the cheese man. It's the cheese man. Oh, it's just cheese. Oh, okay, cheese all right, that makes total sense. <laughs> it's, it's puro cheese man. Okay, I got it now. I hey, I completely get it now. <laughs> I love I've been it. telling my mom that and stuff. You know, she's like, "Hey, did you throw away the trash?" And I'm like, yeah, I did. It's like, oh, your sister said she, you didn't. And I'm like, oh, that's uh, puro chisme. <laughs> that's exactly, that's exactly. <laughs> Sick, dude. All right, I got it right. <laughs> For sure. Now she's in the room and says, no, you didn't. That's not here. So that's it's right there. That's in court. She's saying it herself. Uh, that's the people's court right there, huh? I don't want to <laughs> What's the people's court? Is that for real? Is that a real thing? People's court? Um, it is a real TV show oh, okay. where people... Um, okay have signed an agreement. Okay. Uh, think of people's court as um, binding <laughs> arbitration. Um, arbitration is not a real court. It's where people have agreed that a judge can make a ruling. They've signed contracts that oh. say, instead of going to court, we're going to save money, um, supposedly, and go to this judge or well-respected person who they agree on and give him all our, our evidence. And when he makes the ruling, because we signed a contract, his ruling uh, is enforceable in court. Okay. So People's Court is just a TV show. It's a great idea. I mean, they've made tons of money. Uh, but these people have signed contracts to bring their little dispute into court and let the retired judge who's sitting up there make rulings, which are then enforceable against them. Now. My understanding is for many of these shows, uh, everyone who participates gets some sort of payment. A little compensation, you know, a little comp. Now, whether it covers the the cost of winning or losing their case, mm. who knows? Interesting. Um, but that's just my understanding. So I'm not asserting as a fact that that happens for every one of these shows. That's fair enough. You can't commit. To Way that. to be non-committal. Way to be non-committal. <laughs> I'm surprised this guy is married uh, with the uh, lack of commitment here. All right. Uh, okay. So, well, Atticus, thank you so much for uh, hopping on the show. I, I guess one one last thing. This is a movie podcast, uh, and yeah. you know we talk about we've been talking about movies all year. Is there anything you've seen this year that you uh, really enjoyed uh, that, that you'd like to share? Any recommendations for the people? Oh gosh, I wish I had my my list with me. Um, <laughs> Because I know I did not prep you for this. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. That's that's fine. Because uh, uh, frankly, a lot of what my wife and I see um, mm. is based upon your podcasts. Okay. Um, I like that. Now we don't see everything, and we and we we definitely have some disagreements. <laughs> um, I mean, 
Operation Christmas Drop is a favorite over here. Dude, oh, let's go. <laughs> it was that. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, Thank you. Is uh, we're we're going to call that hearsay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I really couldn't say. I mean, I, I saw some stuff, and I just don't remember the names. I My head sort of gets filled with my work, and then uh, um, it's like something like Shang-Chi. Okay. Um, I, I really enjoyed that. Uh as as a Marvel movie, because yeah. hmm. it it had more heart to it. Sure, it yeah. still had um, a lot of their special effects, mm-hmm. um, but it gave a full story behind the so-called villain, um, as opposed to just well, what was it? Uh, Wonder Woman with uh, Pablo Pascal, who uh, just yeah, eighty four, yeah, nineteen eighty four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vibe, he, yeah. As a as a as a delicious. villain, he was. Uh, yes, he comes from a comic, but I guess the whole idea of he was a cartoon villain. Um, yeah, I didn't understand. Uh, th- well, there was no heart and warmth around his story. Yeah, uh, versus just, when you're looking weird, at Shang Chi, but... and it's like a, you know a son and his father, and you know they're looking Turning for their mother. Back, like it's, yeah, yeah, very very yeah. grounded, very relatable, even though it's surrounded by like CGI dragon madness. So yeah, yeah. No, it's awesome. <laughs> Um, other than that, I mean, I, there's a ton of things I've seen that, but most of them are the, are the popular movies. Um, I, I watch some older movies, of course, on the streaming services, but I can't think of anything. So, all right, that, um, hey, that works. That works. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad we we have the pod here to throw out some recommendations. Uh, I'm really excited for our end of the year list. We have so there's so much movie watching that the Madman and I are going to do in the last oh, yeah. couple weeks of this year and going into next year. I just I can't. Wait, I've got like 40 movies like on my list. Yeah. It's an insane well, list. One thing I, I really like about you guys is uh, that you're you call yourself out when you start sounding like the snobby critics. <laughs> yeah, uh, where you're like uh, when when you specifically make references. I don't know if I'm being snobby or if it's or yeah. if it's what because uh, sometimes. Uh, these critics get too into the fact that this is something that, you know, it's very similar to something that was done in black and white in Germany in yeah. 1917. It's like, <laughs> Clearly the, inspired uh, by Hans Frankenfurter's, <laughs> you know, yeah. 1964. Yeah, yeah it's like, and, okay, dude, and, like, chill out. And because they see the connection, uh, both they're brilliant and the director is brilliant, and it doesn't matter that the film in 1940. 17 was an awful film uh yeah well but since we know it we're smart and good you guys enjoy a movie for what it is um it's kind of like what i used to enjoy about roger ebert not that i always agreed with him but if he saw an action movie he would judge it for being an action movie Mm. um if he saw a you know a drama was it a good drama um, but if it was an action movie that tried to play itself off as a drama and everybody was wooden acting, it's like, okay, sorry, no go. Yeah. Um, you guys are kind of that way. Um, although I, <laughs> I sort of have a concern about the split personality of Madman um, being able <laughs> to too. judge a movie as a child <laughs> and as an adult. <laughs> you got to throw the lens on, yeah. As a child. But other than that, I love you guys. I love there it. you go. There you go. That's great. That's awesome. <laughs> love uh, it. Well, although uh, that, that, then it leaves me in the quandary of which of his which of his 
scores do I consider his score? You just got just to gotta check which lens he's looking through. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've got to get in that time, time travel machine and go back to when he was seven. Yeah, you have to do that. It makes it a, a way more enjoyable experience. <laughs> well, right, thank well, you very much. You guys are really enjoyable. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Uh, and Atticus, thank you for taking the time to come out on the show and uh, you know carving out this little moment of your day to spend with us. It's uh, appreciated. Thanks for listening. And uh, Oh, oh, yeah. it's, oh what's it's, up? It's, it's my pleasure, and it will be appreciated when I send my bill. <laughs> I heard that. All right, cut it, cut it, cut it. Yeah, I'm now. I'm now releasing everyone of the uh, the verbal NDA that you agreed to by continuing to listen. You're now released from that NDA. Congratulations. You are now allowed to talk about the rest of the pod. All right. All right. The next segment here, we got our uh, good buddy Dougie coming on to talk about the new HBO Lakers show that's uh, being produced by Adam McKay and coming out uh, next year, 2022. It uh, looks awesome, and uh, he's definitely, I mean, also long-time listener, also a, just a big sports guy in general, like his father and his father's father before him. This guy just knows sports. He knows the history. He had a lot to share with us about the Lakers at that time, and uh, it was a good conversation. So this is our little new segment uh, of the pod, talking about the Lakers doc. Enjoy. Uh, right now we're going to talk about HBO's new show, Winning Time, The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty. This is the new drama from Adam McKay coming on HBO. And we brought um, none other than our co-host from the now pause tailgate show. Uh, but it's you know it's not canceled. Tailgate show can come back at any time. It's a fantasy football show, and it's a great show. Um, oh, yeah. But one of our great co-hosts, Dougie, is here to... Talk about the Lakers. How's it going, Dougie? Yes, sir. It's going great. Thank you, fine gentlemen, for uh, having me on your show. Uh, as I've mentioned to you before, you're already getting my vote for uh, podcast of the year, which I think Hell yeah. already, Hell yeah. already happened. But someone is getting a voting ballot with my name on it. And they need to hear. They need to know what's going on. Name. Yeah, it's going to happen. Amen. I love Thank it. Thank you, Dougie. I love it. Thank you so Might much. Might be a year too late, but you know it's going to happen. Hey. We're going to get an award. Yeah. Or <laughs> we're the first ones for next year. Yeah. They're going to be like, man, people are passionate about this. And that's, <laughs> that's good, too. Um, so, you know, Dougie, we brought you on to talk about the Lakers because uh, you're an L.A. homer for life. I, mm-hmm. I know you kind of bounce around a little bit with baseball, but uh, you've said nice things about the Clippers, but but you're a Lakers guy through and through. I'm uh, a and so, Laker fan, born and raised. All about it. And this trailer, there's one thing. Bo Vernon was supposed to be in the show, and then he dropped out. And so that made, that, that made my excitement level for this just project go like, ah. Now, Hell I guess yeah, it's dude. a scheduling thing. But you always think, like, well, what do you mean it's a scheduling? Like, you book something, so doesn't that mean your schedule's booked? So I'm always assuming, like, he got something better. So maybe the show's not that great, or maybe, you know, he's missing something. But then I'm realizing he was just going to play Larry Bird anyway, so he probably wouldn't have been in that show that much regardless, but I was bummed out about missing Bo Burnham here. Yeah, Bo Burnham, it's a Bo Bummer that he won't be in the show. <laughs> Damn, that's clever. <laughs> no, but I actually was also really getting into the Bo Burnham hype train uh, this this last year with yeah. uh, his special coming out and going back watching his old stuff, and I was like, man, mm-hmm. this is going to be exciting. Uh, Larry Bird seems like a good role for him, but yeah. like you said, it, watching this trailer, I'm a little less disappointed they dropped out now because it really doesn't seem like it's going to be a big role. It's more of just a I don't even think we saw Larry Bird, right? In the trailer. You just saw like, like a, 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 little a shot of him. A little yeah. scuffle. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. I mean, so this trailer, though. Trailer drops. And I, I probably waited two or three days to even watch it. I was going, yeah, mm-hmm. whatever. And I remember even Madman, you're like, hey, there's like a Lakers trailer. I'm like, yeah, yeah. The one that Bo Burnham skipped on? Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this looks awesome. Uh, John C. Riley is playing Jerry Bust, and he looks like a... I don't know, I'm just getting these Ron Jeremy vibes. Not that I know much about Ron Jeremy, because I swear I don't, but just kind of this like just like kind no of yeah, short, chubby, like mustache, yeah. kind of a creep. I mean, the, yeah. the first line that this thing that opens with is um, you know, I there's two things that make me believe in God. That's sex and basketball. And that's just that's just how it starts. That's the tone they're setting. So like let's go HBO. And he just John C. Riley, I mean, anyone that's seen him knows. He can easily look like a sleazeball. Just the right oh, clothes, yeah. <laughs> the right mustache, and he's there. So yeah. I, I didn't know what to expect, but I am excited. To be clear, sleazeball is a positive thing. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like HBO is the perfect landing spot for the show because they're able to, seems like, really go the route of, hey, we're going to embrace the 80s-ness of this and the maybe even over... Uh, kind of make caricatures of everybody throughout this. So mm. I don't know if it's going to feel like, oh, this is legit what happened, or if it's going to feel like, yeah, this is what my grandpappy told me, you know, 30 years ago yeah. when he was still alive about what happened when he was a kid. You know, it feels like more of that vibe. And I think uh, that's one of the dramas around this show is that it seems like the Lakers are really distancing themselves from it in mm. general. And... uh it seems like that might be the big reason why they, I, you know, obviously Jeannie Buss is the daughter of Jerry Buss, who were, we were just talking about as a sleazeball. Sleaze, sleaze and it's never yeah. good to see your dad portrayed as a sleazeball, especially when he was like yeah. this this icon of L.A. Yeah. This person she's trying to model. That's so true. it seems like the Lakers are not super happy about it. But LeBron James did uh, quote tweet the uh, trailer drop. And uh, mm. was really pumped about it. So LeBron's excited. So he you know, is. at least at least he's excited. Yeah, he's an HBO <laughs> fan for sure. I know he's uh, he date what for the Sopranos, right? They like pitched the whole little uh, well, it, thing oh, to space, sway him over. Was it Space Jam two HBO? Or, oh, was that HBO two? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, Warner Brothers movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. HBO so Max that, maybe it might be part of his deal. They they'll they'll like keep his. They'll <laughs> they'll keep Space Jam two on like the uh, main page as long as he tweets about their stuff. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I do want to get to the basketball stuff in a second and kind of what went on during that time. And Dougie, I feel like you're the perfect person to fill us in on that. But there is this other aspect that kind of came up while Adam McKay, who's the producer here and the creator, uh, was doing press for his new movie, Don't Look Up, coming out with Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence. And he was talking about the falling out that him and Will Ferrell had. In 2019, they ended up dissolving their company, uh, Gary Sanchez Productions, and it's actually because of this movie. So come to find out that, well, there was a couple people cast as Jerry Buss, but one of those people was Will Ferrell. And he he was obviously passionate about the role. And for whatever reason, they cast him and Adam McKay, along with other people involved, thought that John C. Riley would just make a better Jerry Buss, literally just by the look of him. And it's just more of a good role for him to play. So they decided to recast him and... I guess just didn't do it the right way or maybe there was no right way or didn't do it respectfully enough. I, I think the the thing that they said, the straw that broke the camel's back was that uh, Adam McKay wasn't the first one to call him. John C. Riley was. John C. Riley called Will Ooh. Ferrell and was like, hey, but they, just so you know, they gave me the part. And I guess Will Ferrell was like, why isn't like Adam McKay calling me? Like He should be the one telling me this right now. 
And that was really this big rift in their relationship. And so people didn't really know what happened. They said it was kind of like a, a amicable thing, but they are not cool. And they have not been cool since. And I can't wrap my head around Will Ferrell being this upset about something like that. It just feels so weird to me because they felt like family. Part of it might just be how big of a fan that Will Ferrell is of the Lakers and basketball mm. in general. You know, obviously he has his... Uh, what's the movie where he's on the tropics the the basketball movie yeah the uh oh gosh (laughs) that one basketball movie that tell the nights yeah (laughs) tell the nights that's the one uh no but you know he he actually is a huge basketball fan and he's a big la guy in general um and so i don't know if this is like uh, maybe a passion project type thing for him that he just was booted out of by like his best friend. Uh, like that's kind of a lot there. So in one sense, I want to say like, that seems pretty immature, but in the other sense, it's like, yeah, I, I can kind of see how that would be a bit heartbreaking. You might think he owes him one. Yeah. I mean, they've, they've made so much movies together and um, he thought he was probably like a shoe in was a lock and then um, plot twist. Um, they just went with someone that they thought was going to be better. And to be honest with you, like I love Will Ferrell, funny guy, super funny oh, yeah. guy, but he would have yeah. been even more of a caricature than what they're even trying to yeah. portray Jerry Buss. You know, like mm. the NBA probably would have hated it even more because of yeah. how um, <laughs> goofy, you know, Jerry, like not, not only is he sleazy now, he's just like, or it would have just been seen as like a spoof almost, you know? Yeah. I feel like that's more of the Will Ferrell role. More of a spoof, that. yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it just it did seem a little weird. But then at the same time, I, I mean, I get that it's it's like you feel slighted by you know somebody mm-hmm. you worked with. But at the, like they've also created a production company together. Yeah. They've done so many things together. You should also have people that it's like, hey, I know when like this person comes to me and it's like, hey, this isn't right for you. Like, that you got to trust that person. Yeah. And so, I mean, you know, again, it wasn't done right, but it just seems, you know, they, like, so I looked up the company. They were responsible for 28 movies, 12 TV shows, Jeez. and it's just kind of like, you know, boom. You know, even Adam McKay said, like, this is going to blow over in a couple months. Like, you know, we, we've been friends for 25 years. We've worked together, like, and apparently it has not. But at the well, same time, like, nah. <laughs> it's only been a couple of years, you know, COVID, everyone's doing, and everyone's learning about themselves, so... You know, I'm sure the Step Brothers 2 is coming out uh, sooner than ever. That is not uh, not confirmed uh, <laughs> at all. But uh, Doug, let's get into the Lakers at this time. So, yeah, I, wild. Know, we're saying the Lakers are separating themselves from this. It seems like the NBA themselves are kind of like, yeah, we're not loving this portrayal of what's going on. But this is based on a book by Jeff Perlman that's kind of sh- just a biography about what happened during that time. Uh, is, is, uh, I was about to say Jeff Bezos. Is Jerry Buss, uh, really like a sleazeball or what's going yeah. on again in the, in the nicest way? In the nicest yeah, way. Yeah. So yeah, he definitely was like a, you know, Hugh Hefner type and he always had a different Ooh. girl around his, uh, his arms and, uh, he was kind of known as just the LA owner. Like mm. he was, he's a big shot guy trying to do big things. <laughs> He actually, and this is what a lot of the show will be about, I believe, is yeah. the bringing the showtimeness to the NBA. Like he really changed mm-hmm. the way the NBA is today. He brought Laker girls uh, right after he bought the team, basically as a new <laughs> yeah, concept. So we got some women in here. <laughs> yeah, no, really. Like oh. this was not even it, the you know That's the cheerleaders crazy. aspect was very not a thing, and wow. he brought them in as entertainment. He also brought in a live band. Uh, to play like you know, almost like colleges do, uh-huh. or like you know, we hear we hear now in every NBA game the dun 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 dun, you know, all that yeah. different sounds going on, and this is kind of like the start of that. 
And um, he also envisioned like, you know, you go to a Laker game, it's a show. So we're going to turn the lights down around the crowd. You know, the the lights are going to come on center court. It's almost like you go to a Broadway show and that, that became a staple of Laker games. He also brought in the coolest club basically on this side of the Mississippi. And it was the, I forget what it was called. It was like the Lakers, you know, club. And all the stars would go before and after the mm. game. And they there was like cocaine and strippers. And like it was <laughs> crazy. Yeah. So, oh. you again, you can see kind of why the Lakers may not be huge fans about uh, this. Or at least Jeannie Buss specifically. Probably not the biggest fan because I'm sure they're going to embrace all that, you know? Do you think, this is a real question, has nothing to do with what we're talking about. <laughs> do you think that if social media didn't exist, people would use more drugs than they do now? Oh, uh, well, yes. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> that kind of stuff. So At least that kind of stuff would be way more prevalent. Yeah. Like if someone's like, hey, we're doing we're this party with like cocaine and strippers. Like now you think, yeah, I mean, does it sound good? Obviously. <laughs> uh, but um, but is it going to get leaked on my someone's family? Instagram? Yeah. yeah. Like, I were. Like, is anyone going to take pictures? Paul Probably Pierce. Put your phone away. Yeah, Paul Pierce. <laughs> Paul Pierce. That- Paul Pierce. <laughs> Getting fired from ESPN the next day because of what goes on his Instagram feeds. Yeah, yeah. Just in there. But he, Crazy. Hey, you know what? He was lost in the sauce. That, living in the, the life. Instagram live, though. He was living it up. <laughs> he was, yeah, he thought he was invincible. You know, like, yeah. Coke would do that to you, I'm sure. Like, this guy thought he was He thought he, thought he was world, in bro. the 80s. Yeah. yeah. He was, <laughs> wild he was like, hanging out with, with the Buss family, man. <laughs> That's great. Well, that, I mean, that, so, so wait, are we saying that Jerry Buss invented cheerleaders? I, at least for the NBA, he did. Uh, okay. I feel like uh, the Dallas Cowboy girl, Dallas Cowgirls were also yeah, kind Dallas. of a revolutionary thing for the NFL. I don't know when they came along, though. Um, There's a rumor that, like, uh, Phyllis from The Office, she was a cheerleader. Yeah, I think so. I think, I don't oh. know if she's a Laker girl or something, so but I know Paula Abdul was a Laker imagine? girl. Can you yeah. imagine that? <laughs> no, yeah, but, Laker uh, girls is kind of a big thing. <laughs> Even now, yeah. With the with the Showtime aspect and the celebrity, like he, I'm sure because if he did all that, Jerry Buss brought in all these celebrities because there's like people are casted to be Jack Nicholson, freaking Paula Abdul, uh, Paula Abdul, freaking uh, Mike Gaps is playing Richard Pryor for yeah. whatever reason. <laughs> is it because <laughs> like so many celebrities really showed up to these games? Yeah, huh? yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It, I'm telling you, this this was the club to be in for LA. Um, and it was the event, like going to a Laker game was the event to do in LA, especially if you're rich, you're a celebrity, it became a huge thing, you know? And they were at the forum at this time, right? Uh, yes, at least for most of it, um, they were at the forum. So it's, it's really interesting because I'm sure the show will be touching a lot on that aspect, but also Mm -hmm. the basketball aspect of this time was crazy because the Showtime Lakers were called this not only for all the things we just discussed, but because they brought a new wave of style to the NBA with Magic Johnson. So basically mm-hmm. Jerry West or Jerry Buss um, buys the team in, in 79, which is the year Magic is drafted, number one overall. Yeah. Um, he's best player in college. Him and Larry Bird come in the same season. Um, and we see this whole era for the next 12 years of the Lakers having Magic, who becomes one of the greatest players ever, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who is, mm. at the time, the GOAT. Before Michael mm-hmm. Jordan, he's the GOAT. He still has the most points of all time. 
Um, but he's very opposite personality of Magic. Magic's a showman. He kind of embraces the whole Showtime thing. Kareem's a quiet, um, you know, doesn't want to really talk to the press, didn't have great relations with, with uh, a lot of people. And you, you'll see uh, Kareem kind of open up. You even see uh, him start acting, and he's, he begins to act in different movies, as we've seen over the rest of his career. And, you know, that's part of the L.A. in him. So uh, it's going to be interesting seeing all that unfold. And uh, even just the coaching situations of how they brought in new coaches and just different situations. It's going to be crazy. There's a lot yeah. to cover. So I'm wondering kind of how, how much they do cover. It is. This is going to be a mini series, so mm-hmm. we, we can set that up right away. Old jokes, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, Adrian Brody's Pat Riley too is going to be one that I, I'm excited to look at. And then Jason Siegel popped up in there too. I was like, what is going on? The cast in this is insane. What and what I love too is that Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar are played by people I have no idea who they are. Yeah, like, and, and they both look a lot like them. Yeah, and it, that that makes me believe it a little bit more you know it's hard for someone to really like immerse himself into that role and just be that person will smith and king richard i believe that was freaking mm-hmm. uh richard Williams. i was like this is not well you know this is this is you know he was kind of a little different and i uh i i i bought into it more and um i, I think because these are uh and you know will smith's a freaking superstar of course you know they're gonna cast a, a a big person uh to be the lead in this but to be magic johnson kareem abdul jabbar and you know, knowing what they did um, for the Lakers in the Showtime era, I, I just think it's dope that they got like some actors that aren't the biggest actors, and they kind of look like them. They yeah, you know, they dressed them up. I would think it'd be super hard to play like Magic Johnson specifically because he's such an a uh, he like lights up a room with yeah. his smile and his persona. Like he's such mm-hmm. an electrifying personality in real life, yeah. um, and to match that and to like bring that energy when. Uh, that'd just be so hard. But I guess that's what you mean. It'd be hard if it was like Will Smith trying to do that because it'd be like, that's still Will Smith being him. I -hmm. feel like this Mm -hmm. is almost a better way to do it where you're like, no, that's Magic Johnson. Like, And then in 10 years when this guy's in everything, maybe we won't think that, but it'll it'll be a good thing now. Introducing. It's like, okay, we got it. Yeah, it's like, okay, this is going to be a banger. And then it's just like, man, think about that guy's life. Like he was, you know, wants to be an actor, hasn't got any roles. And then all of a sudden, it's like, well, what about Magic Johnson and this uh, Adam McKay created uh, series <laughs> right. for HBO? Like, how's that sound? Home run. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, cool. Apparently, uh, so there's going to be Norm Nixon is going to be one of the characters or people, mm-hmm. and his son Devon Nixon is playing him. So that's kind of cool to play. Oh, wow. So okay. that's like uh, what's A little it called? Tony Soprano uh, situation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tony Soprano. Uh, yeah, that that'd be awesome. And also, like Rick Fox hey, is apparently a consultant on this, and he was a, oh. a player for the Lakers in their championship run with the with Kobe and Shaq. So, oh yeah, he I'm does aware. have ties to. Oh, and he's also an actor. Like he's in the Hollywood business now. He's you know? in uh, One Tree Hill, dude. He had a yeah. underrated character <laughs> little arc uh, in One Tree Hill. Really messed oh, up yeah. Ethan there. Yeah, he did. Um, that's dope. That yeah, it, it makes it feel it makes it feel a little legit, and yeah. um, you know, it just makes it uh, a little bit more believable that they're getting the right people for this. And uh, I, I I know one of the biggest names we're not even talking about is Sally Field. She's uh, mm. Jesse Buss. What, how do you feel about Sally Field? Uh, Sally Field. I mean, she's a great actress. Yeah. So really, I, is I'm she? Gonna... She's no... <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> you just said she was great, didn't she? You're like one of the greatest. <laughs> one of the biggest names. Well, yeah. yeah. I don't. Know. I, I don't know if I said greatest as in like I believe her. Oh no. Yeah. yeah. It just felt like a good. You know, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I don't. You didn't say greatest. You definitely didn't say greatest. You did say. Biggest I don't know who name. she. Like, well, I know who she Hello. is, but I'm saying, like, is she I'm like? Pretty great? sure at one point you said she's the greatest actress of all time, but uh, yeah. we'll, we'll move past <laughs> yeah, like, that. Pull, pull up that text message because I know yeah. we have that. <laughs> How do we feel about her? Do you do you, do you like her? She was in Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, she was Forrest Gump's mom in Forrest Gump, huh? She yes. was, huh? I'm gonna say yes because I have no idea to be honest. I wasn't talking about Sally Field because I don't know. I don't have much to say, so I can find something to say. Give me a second. <laughs> no, I'm just, uh, she's one of the biggest names on there, right? Oh yeah, she got nominated for six Academy Awards. Well, yeah, it's, it's not bad. <laughs> I think it's a couple more than yeah. But like, did she win? I think I'm tripping. I think I'm tripping. No, I, I was just oh. reading off the accolades from Forrest Gump. <laughs> I was just like, oh wow, Sellafield's got a career for her, dude. I'm gonna look up her net worth right now, and this will this will lock this in for sure. Yeah, let's see if she's really the real deal. Sellafield, I know there's Sellafield. Fifty five million. She's dude, 50, she's the one. Yeah, she's, Fifty five million. She did it. Okay. Yep. Is that a lot? Uh, for acting? How much do you have? Like, what's that? What do you mean? <laughs> I got a fifty five million for acting. I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> Damn! Shout out to Sally Field playing Jesse. Is it Jesse Buss? Jesse Is she Buss? Jeannie Buss? I'm, I'm assuming or that's uh, Jesse. I'm assuming that Jerry Buss is like others. Like, well, or probably honey. not. Probably not wife, right? Because oh, Jerry Buss. I think we should know this. I I know there's a lot of siblings woman. in that family. Uh, the Buss family. Yeah. Are Are you related to the Buss family, Doug? Uh, I'm not. You know, um, if I was, yeah. I think I would be worth more than Sally Fields. So. You know, you would probably be like the head coach for the Sacramento Kings or something. No, I would. I couldn't coach the Kings. I'd be a Laker. <laughs> Come on, Laker now. just anyone in California. <laughs> I think if you own the Lakers, you can just coach any team in California. So yeah, Sacramento. It's like a drive, but whatever. You know, I'm passionate about the game. So. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, I mean, just to go back to Adrian Brody as Pat Riley is probably like the most like spot on casting I've ever seen. <laughs> And I and I and I hope yeah. I get some wild goon Pat Riley because he's one of my favorite people in the world, dude. It really is wild, and I think they're going to get into it as far as the the way Pat Riley got this job. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, when Magic got there, they had this coach, Coach McKinney. He coached the Lakers for thirteen games, and then was yeah. involved in a serious bike accident, and was no longer able to coach. And so they brought on their assistant coach. Uh, Paul Westhead. Batman, are you laughing? <laughs> yeah, just, come on. it just it's seems a serious like bike accident. S- something feels like planned. Like they planned this. Like because you're like the story how he got this job is yeah. because their coach it's got in a serious <laughs> bicycle accident. Thirteen I'm, games. In. I'm not done. I'm not done. So this guy gets in the bike accident. He's done. Paul Westhead comes in, wins a championship with that team. Damn, this is amazing. Paul Westhead, he must be the man of the future. Mm. No. Turns out the next year, the uh, Lakers are 7-4. and four. They're doing okay, but their offense is no longer as flashy feeling as mm. it was. And mm. there's a lot of rumors as to what went down. But essentially, Magic Johnson, who is their new up-and-coming star and the star of the uh-huh. NBA already, was like, look, I don't like the way that this guy's coaching us. So you can get rid of me, or maybe we figure out a different coaching situation. Dang. And uh, so they're like, well, Magic Johnson, we don't want to get rid of you. 
let's get this guy out of here and let's bring on the uh, color analyst of the uh, Lakers as our head coach. And that was Pat, Ry- Pat Riley. Pat Riley. That's, that's crazy. crazy. So Pat Riley became from, went from Chick Hearn's assistant to the head coach just because Magic was threatening to basically get traded. Dang, so he's like the first uh, lay GM. You know, yeah, LeBron. Yeah, I mean, basically. He, they like and then like Pat Riley goes on to be one of the most successful basketball uh, people of all time. Well, when you wild. got the players. Yeah, <laughs> that does help. You got, you know, the GOAT, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar at that time. Magic yeah, Johnson. And, and the new GOAT, Magic Johnson. And then, then he goes and coaches... Well, not coaches, but he he runs the Heat organization. Runs the Heat. Mm-hmm. The other goat, Mr. LeBron James. Mm. Oh yeah, and uh, the, he does some good there. That uh, Lakers team had my boy right with the with the glasses. Kurt Rambis. Kurt Rambis was his name. Yeah, yes, he was a he was a fan favorite. He was like a yeah that era is Caruso basically. Oh yeah, great I time. love Carambus, dude. That guy's my goon. He. He the like they literally told him like hey go in there and just sock him he was like okay you got it <laughs> he would just get in there and just get physical dude love it he would be a menace hopefully he uh he has an appearance on the show I don't I don't think I saw him like listed anywhere and it might have been he might have been on the Lakers organization like a little bit later than this is being portrayed because this is what seventy nine eighty right eighty one probably yeah it starts off there. in seventy nine so but I th- think it probably goes I would assume it goes to the end of the era which was. A lot of people say 91 when Magic retired because of the AIDS. Uh, because of the AIDS. Because of the AIDS? Because of his... No one wanted to play with him? Yeah. <laughs> Magic retired because of HIV. Mm. Uh, that's when... Yeah, that's when the Showtime era ended. But really, as my uh, as my dad put it, they didn't call it the Showtime era because these guys uh, would go to church on Sunday and go play basketball. Mm. They, these guys... Had a had a wild life yes. and healthy uh, sexual appetite. Yes, so a lot of fun going. A lot of that. cocaine. Lots of cocaine. <laughs> and also lots of women, lots of cocaine. A lot of Sally Field going on around that time. So during the Showtime Lakers, Sally Field was busy winning an Oscar in 1979, oh. Best okay. Actress in a Leading Role for Norma Ray, and in oh, 1984. Best uh, best actress in a leading role for Places in the Heart. So Places she may have heart. been uh, one of the lucky celebrities there to uh, bump ugly with some of these basketball players. Might have been in that club, bro. She was in that club was hanging out yeah. with uh, Jack Nicholson and uh, Richard Pryor, apparently. Oh. Wow. Mrs. Uh, Sally Field. So Sally Field. Dude, that's, so they had Excuse to get some, some Showtime success, like some real Showtime success, and they, they brought in Sally Field because of her – her uh, little little tenure she had right there from yeah. seventy nine to eighty four, right? She's probably consulting saying? on the show with Rick Fox. She's like, oh yeah, yeah this no, is why I was like, actually. This is how it went down. Yeah, I remember Jerry Buzz very well. I know him better than, <laughs> than many of you will ever know him. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Jerry Buzz was a con man. Yes, he was a little rambunctious, sure, but he always respected me. Oh man, I lo- I'm all in on Sally Field now. I'm gonna be looking for her <laughs> in this show, dude. And for some reason, I hope there's she's a Southern Belle. I don't know how that. I know. <laughs> I I want you to keep talking like that, dude. That was a cool moment. I I I, I love it. We just did uh, our review in West Side Story with the accents, 
And man, like I'm I'm all in on accents now. I I, I love it. And that Sally Field accent was just amazing. <laughs> She'd be a son and bell, just saying, like, you gotta get these players playing, yeah. baby. The boy the boys are not playing for you, Jerry. They're playing for themselves. They're playing for the team. They're not playing for you. It's a she's great. She's great. Yeah, she's Where's my mint julep? <laughs> Give me my mint julep, Jenny. You better watch out. We had a daddy there. He's going to get you in trouble. Jerry, but I wanted just a sitcom on the bus family. Let's get that going. I hope this miniseries spins off. Yeah. You know, like, because yeah. it's a miniseries, right? It's only going to last for like, what, eight episodes and that's it? Yeah. That's all we're going to get, right? Yeah, but then Your Honor has a season two all of a sudden. All of a sudden, the miniseries became season one. So I'm trying to get I'm trying to get those. Yeah, let's let's just have Your Honor going for seven seasons in a row. <laughs> just so many people dead. It just ends <laughs> off with just Brian Cranston. It's just my, he's the last one living. <laughs> he's like, what's going on? Yeah, we get a spinoff of this one of uh, Shaq and Kobe years, you know? I mean, that'd be huge. That's what so it's gonna be a show one day. Dougie, I'm happy you said that. I'm happy you said that because um, you know, I I also love the Lakers. I I, and I love sports too. I love finding things out. I love looking at old freaking replays and watching old games. I was at a Applebee's once with uh with dubs. I I think there's been two moments. Once I was at a Applebee's with dubs and we were watching the Bulls against uh, I forgot what, and I was just like in it, like passionate watching, it. and he was like, "Bro, this like, you could Google the score, like you could find out." Oh, when you were happened. watching, bro, that was we were at home and away in downtown Old Town San Diego. Yeah, like yeah, we're like he's like, "Bro, let's go out to a bar," and I'm like, "Let's go." And we get there, and he's just standing there. It's like a TV up in the corner playing like a game from the '80s. He's just standing. It was there watching it was the it. Suns and the Lakers. No, it was the Suns <laughs> and the Lakers. It was Kobe. I think Nash was on the Suns at that moment. Yeah, well, yeah. So with the '80s, it was a little bit later than that. <laughs> That'd be the two thousands, but you know it's all good. And uh, he was definitely just standing there, like staring at it, like as if it was yeah. like hypnotized him. I'm like, hey, bud, you can just look up the score of the game. Like, what's what's up? You know, let's kick it. And he's like, ah, it's a good game. I'm like, I bet, man. Like, I'm sure this, I'm sure they replayed it for a reason. But uh, I just, yeah, what's up? And then, and then the Lakers lost, bro, and I was heartbroken. And then Dubs was like, "Bro, what are you doing? Like, what are you like? What are you? I almost bet on that game too." <laughs> like, Dubs wanted just Google what happened. I do love your new reoccurring segment on the show of last time at Applebee's. That's it's <laughs> becoming Applebee's. To- yeah, it's uh, yeah. This is the second second episode in a row we've uh, spoke about Applebee's. Dude, every time I'm at Applebee's, I get a free shot. It just works out that way. It's, I mean, I can I can attest to that being the truth. I've seen. Many free shots handed to this man at Applebee's. One time, he solved a Rubik's Cube and got a free shot for solving that, a Rubik's Cube. That time. happened. That happened. Someone thought they, I was a wizard. It was intense. He was all like, uh, buy this man a shot. I'm amazed. <laughs> i just seen some some God-given. <laughs> like just, i seen a miracle happen real quick. I like get, it. Get this man some bourbon. It was amazing. <laughs> and then um, I, I, I guess I wanted to ask you, like, do you – do you believe in sports, like movies and sports, like miniseries and things like that? Uh, I'm all in on this Lakers HBO show now after okay. talking to you guys. I told my boy Dubs that uh, I wasn't, I don't know how sold I was because I wasn't sure if this was a spoof in a sense or if it was like a documentary. And I think it's kind of a nice mixture of both. And I'm excited for yeah. it. It's going to be good. And uh, Adam McKay was on a podcast recently, and he said that he has seen some of the episodes, and it's some of the best TV that his company has ever produced. So he's really, really proud of it, yeah. That, and he's Dubs. produced a lot of stuff, as we found yeah, out. Yeah, 12 shows. 
<laughs> I don't think I've asked you, Dubs, but like, do you like all of Adam McKay's movies? No, no, Damn. not at all. I, I don't. I'm like, I feel like I'm a one of the few people who like just doesn't get Step Brothers. Uh, I'm just not sure why everyone like loves oh. it so much. Again, these are like things that like I try not to say out loud because I know people are very passionate. Um, <laughs> but no, like stuff like Step Brothers, I don't really like. But I mean, I like Anchorman. I like a lot of stuff he's done with Will Ferrell. Uh, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I really liked the big short and, uh, yeah. you know, stuff like Vice was a miss for me. But, you know, I, I like that he's gotten more, like, serious. And, you know, it's kind of like these, you know, really, really smart satires. I like Don't Look Up, even though it seems like people uh, don't seem to like it very much. I thought it was really yeah. good. And so hopefully the more people get to watch it, you know, they'll, they'll be able to uh, like it as well. But, no, I don't like everything he's done. But... He's someone that I look forward to and I trust as a creator. He's definitely someone mm-hmm. that I'm excited when a new project comes out, but definitely yeah. not a guarantee for me. Yeah. Yeah, I I dude, I absolutely like just fell in love with Vice, dude. That movie is so like funny. I cried so hard. I was in a small theater with like seven people and I was like they were probably pissed off at me because I thought it was so funny. There's a point in the movie where the movie ends and credits roll up and everything's all nice and then they're like, Yeah, this actually didn't happen. And it was just about him like accepting his daughter or something. Like it was just it was like, No, he actually like banished her. (laughs) Like he didn't give a crap. Like that movie was so ridiculous. But um but no, I yeah, I, I totally get you with the stepbrothers thing. And maybe maybe Dougie, maybe you could tell us why why it's the best movie in the world because I I I didn't I never quoted that movie as much as other people do. People like absolutely oh. love Step Brothers and I just I didn't understand it and I got a little annoyed because people just kept like pouring love for it. And I guess it's a funny movie, but I didn't hit me like oh, hit, how it hit others. I've never been so offended by both of you at the same time. Yeah, and sorry, man. I, I, frankly, you know, I I wouldn't usually speak Sweet up chance. here, but I do feel like I need to stand up for everyone else in the world who does love Step Brothers okay. at this point. So, <laughs> I uh, I'm sorry that you guys don't know what true love is, and you know, maybe one day we'll get you there. Yeah, I I, I watched it recently. <laughs> I watched it uh, probably about a year ago at this point, just to be like, all right, like. Let me give this another run through because so many people that I respect are like one of the funniest movies in the last like 10, 15 years, whatever. I'm like, great. And I just, man, it was a straight face gang, as they say. Yeah, I, I do. I, I, I kind of do understand. Like, that's kind of how I feel about like Wedding Crashers or something, oh. which, again, oh, I think oh, has oh. a lot of funny parts. But hey. that's kind of how I feel about it, too. So, you know what? We're all going to offend someone today. That's that's all I'm saying. Yeah, Vince Vaughn's a national treasure, and <laughs> he needs to be in every movie. Yeah. I just like when uh, John C. Raleigh's like, they're like, oh, like, what are you doing? He's like, uh, I manage a baseball team. And they're like, oh, like, <laughs> like a little league. He's like, uh, fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's the only line I know from that movie. That's the only thing I know. Yeah. That's I like the like least quoted line ago. in the entire yeah. script. Yeah, I think it comes out like the first like, great five line. minutes or something. Yeah. I just like, was like, uh, you know, and I, and I love <laughs> the impersonations of John C. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man, it's a baseball team. Uh, yeah. John C. Riley here. John C. Riley. Yeah. That's like, someone's like, oh, if you want to do a Joe Rogan impersonation, just do a John C. Riley uh, impersonation, but like deeper or something. Uh, I don't know. TikTok's a crazy place, man. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Dougie, for joining us today. Absolute pleasure. As, I, as I'm said to you and I'm saying to every guest, although now it almost sounds like it's not special, but it is. Yeah. If, if there's something <laughs> you feel passionate about, you know, you, you want to hop on the pod, you know, you let us know. Uh, door's always open. Uh, thank you so much for, you know, being a listener, being supportive of us. I mean, there's been times where you've hit us up, like, 
you know, is there anything I can do to help? Like, what, you know, like, what's going on? Like, you know, it's just, just, you've been so supportive the whole time. So thank you so much. Absolute pleasure having you on here. And Big uh, fan. Yeah. And I'm, uh, I I just want to thank you for your uh, takes on Survivor throughout the uh, last few months. (laughs) Hey. Under, uh, you know, underappreciated show. And uh, one day. We'll get the madman on the survivor train too. Yeah. That's our mission. By the time See? this episode airs, the the newest season will be done. So the season finale yeah. is on Wednesday. Oh, tomorrow. Oh my gosh, it's tomorrow. And, oh. Yeah. And Chris Underwood will be announced as the first winner to never play in a you know single <laughs> season, basically. So it'll be exciting. It's gonna be good stuff. But uh with just hearing this, you're gonna talk about Survivor at all. Go start watching it. Go to Paramount Plus, just start watching season forty one. It's good. I mean, it's just it's just great. There's some man. The last couple episodes have just been. I mean, Electric. between that succession and the challenge, every single episode is just like I, I'm just fulfilled every single week. So it's nothing but good things. Oh yeah. All right, uh, Rocket League or what? <laughs> hey, let's go. <laughs> All right, and this next segment is going to be a little bit more news, talking about new Spider-Verse trailer, talking about some of the Spider-Man grosses, and then we're going to go straight into the review of Spider-Man No Way Home, the epic, massive, second-highest-grossing movie of all time. And we're joined by our good friend Sharon to take care of all that. All right, and uh, now we're being joined by our good friend Sharon. Sharon, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. I mean, yeah. So super happy to have you here. Uh, longtime listener. I think you're the first person that sent us an email. So thank you for that. And uh, we're happy to have you on the show. Uh, you're here to be our Spider-Man expert, um, our Marvel expert. I feel like it's a lot to put on someone. So maybe not. I'm going to take that back because <laughs> you say Marvel expert. There's a lot of people who like are putting their Marvel caps on right now. I don't want to yeah. do that to you. Uh, <laughs> but we're going to talk Spider-Man uh, and then we're going to review the new Spider-Man. So, I guess before we get to the review, um, let's talk Spider-Verse. Okay, so, I man, all these names are, like, eerily similar. So, the, the we have a new animated Spider-Man called Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, I believe, is the name yeah. of it. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yeah, sure. yeah. Yeah. All right. Has everyone seen the trailer for that? What do you guys think? Oh, do I? Can I start? I'll go for it. I think I'm super excited being the uh, not Marvel expert, but (laughs) (laughs) a cartoon enthusiast. um, I've watched all types of cartoons growing up, all different animation styles and seeing the first into the Spider-Verse. If Mm. you haven't seen it, you need to see it. But seeing the first into the Spider-Verse, I was just excited to see all these different animation styles in come into one and not Mm. only like 2d, 3d, it, it was just, it was very, very cool. And now they were all coming to uh, Miles Morales, who's the main character in the first one. Mm-hmm. And now it seems like he's going through the Spider-Verse. And so he and his animation style is going to these different worlds of animation. And that's just me being enthusiastic of, of seeing the way that things are drawn and animated. Um, but the story in the first one was great. And I can't see, wait to see how they do in the second one. And then one of the first pieces in the trailer, they bring Gwen back, yeah, and so Spider Gwen, and that made my my uh, romantic heart go. Ooh, <laughs> and there's gonna be some. That's played by uh, Haley Steinfeld, right? Spider Gwen. 
Yeah, uh, Haley Seinfeld. Yeah, oh, she's yeah. Uh, she's in the Hawkeye show right now, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She is. Uh, that's the little thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I mean she's uh, she's she's dope. Um, you're you're completely correct about that, Sharon. Though they they are going across all these uh, different like Spider Verses or different worlds and stuff, and uh, you're we're, we're I guess we're supposed to see different Spider Men than in the first one. Um, in the first one, you saw there was like six of them. One one was a pig, you know, John yeah. John, John Mulaney. Um, but uh, <laughs> but from what I'm reading, I think the only one that's like like from the first one is uh Jake Johnson as Peter uh as a uh, Peter B Parker I I I think was his mm. name or something. So he he's back there but this was to be like an Indian Spider-Man and like a freaking 1979 Japanese Spider-Man or yeah, something like that. As, so, as there should be. As there so should that's be. what I'm excited for to dive into those weird like no like no one knows about these characters. No one knows about these different Spider-Man variations. I, I'm down to dive into that and seeing all that weird uh, stuff. And I mean, hey, the trailer the first movie was one of those that I, I believe right now if you look on Rotten Tomatoes, the the new Spider the Tom Holland Spider-Mans are very well received. They're all I think 90 or yeah. above. Uh, but the Into the Spider Verse, the first one is uh, ninety seven, so it's the most yeah. well reviewed Spider Man movie they've released. It seems to be one that people have gravitated to, and, and I remember watching it. Not necessarily like it was more just like I got to figure out my top ten this year. Like you know, everyone's saying this is good. I got to check it out, and just kind of being blown away by you know. And Sharon, you're talking about how much you appreciate the animation styles. I, I can't really say I do, just in the sense that it's never really. Like something that's drawn me in, but the animation in that movie drew me in, and I just kept thinking, like, holy shit! Like, you can do this! Like, this is so yeah. cool! Like, it just it looked so cool, and and the animation made it so immersive. And so, correct me if I'm wrong. It sounds like you're saying like they're kind of it seems like, as he's like traveling through different times and spaces. It's kind of like matching the animation style to like that area or era that he's in. It looks like. Yeah, so you can see. I think it's like three different. Like, there he's fighting the same. Spider-Man and I feel like I should know who this is by you know some of the <laughs> some of the talk that I've I've heard right now but I I don't know who he's fighting but you can see like that they're clearly going through these portals and immediately like their surroundings the way that it's it's drawn is different and so it's like oh this is a different mm. world and this is a different world Sweet. and yeah you could definitely see it or if if you're looking for it or if you just have that eye or excitement that I do <laughs> That's awesome. And, you know, and that's something, too, that, you know, if it's live action, you know, they're probably filming, like, with a different kind of filming style, different lens, like a wider lens that are coming in more, different color schemes. And, you know, but with animation, you kind of, you can literally draw a whole new character for, like, each different. So, it, it that sounds cool. Just that concept sounds awesome. I'm hyped for this movie. They have an enormous hill to climb to match what they did with the first one. The next piece of news here is that they were saying the new Spider-Man, No Way Home, had the third largest global opening of all time. They were announcing that yesterday, saying it was right behind Infinity War and Avengers Endgame. And uh, just as of an hour ago of our recording, they said it actually beat Infinity War as well. So it's now officially the second highest like opening of all time. Uh, So that's crazy. I just I don't know. I just feel like we should just mention that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah it makes sense though right you know because you got the nostalgia you know you got the old old spidey heads you got the newer spidey heads you got everyone in between like it, it became such a big global like event and then like this movie itself it, it just feels like an event doesn't it doesn't it feel like a freaking 
Yeah, like an NBC hitter, like a two-hour spent, like some crazy, something that everything's <laughs> yeah. watching. You know, like right after the Super Bowl or something. Like it just feels like, like it's 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 a it's a global thing that we should all be talking about. No, I'm sorry. When Endgame came out, that when those tickets went on sale, that crashed websites. <laughs> you know, like you, there were lines yeah. in box offices, and it was the same deal with uh, the Spider-Man that mm-hmm. just came out, where. I don't know because because tickets went on sale. I think like late at night, um, the it was more the websites crashing, and so by the time the morning came, I think the bulk of the huge fans had gotten their tickets. So yeah. I don't know if box offices were slammed as much, um, but yeah, it, I expected it and got what I expected. <laughs> yeah, it came. Through. I mean, I don't know what I expect. I did not expect the. I, I didn't expect it. I mean, once everything started crashing, once we started getting, we're in group chats and people are like, what's going on? Why can't I buy tickets? And I hopped on the website and it put me in a line for an hour. It's like, you'll have a chance to buy tickets in 50 minutes. I was like, oh no, this is, we're screwed. Like, this is real. Uh, and that's when I first understood that it was real. Before that, I, I did not anticipate it at all. I was shocked to see how, I knew it was going to be big. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's, it's a Marvel movie. But there's still like you know Omicron and you know the world's like things are still happening outside and it just uh, I I'm surprised that it's the second highest opening of all time I'm surprised but hey here we are now that's not to say the movie doesn't deserve it the movie's awesome and uh, but there's been I mean this is like the ninth or eighth you know like mainstream ninth I think ninth if you include Spider Verse um, the ninth mainstream Spider Man movie in the last you know twenty years so I mean they've come out with a lot of them that's yeah I mean. Um... I also didn't think it was going to be this big. And, um, you know, there's, there's like debate whether it's even the best, like Spider-Man movie. I don't think it's the best Spider-Man movie. And then, you know, it's it's cool. It's cool having Sharon on because, um, you, you really love Spider-Verse and there's, you know, big debate. That's the best Spider-Man movie. And, uh, when, when you have something done so correctly, like they did in Spider-Verse and see what you see in no way home, it's uh, I I feel a little bad, kind of judging No Way Home, um, but it, it it's still good, right? Just like Dub said, it, it is great, but um, I feel like these ticket sales kind of mask, you know, like how great it is, um, because it's not a perfect movie, but it, it definitely sounds like it is, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's well, which one the the end of the Spider Verse or? The, no, uh, no way home. No way home. I mean, yeah, it's that. Well, people liked it. It's getting good reviews for sure. I think it's settled around ninety four percent right now for the critics. Really, still. Yeah, oh, audience is at ninety nine though. They're people. Are oh hyped, yeah, dude. there's. Uh, are I'm hyped. telling you, they're ready. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, it's a fan service for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, and that's so. Let's hop in. Let's hop in there. If we're talking no way home, so uh, this is our review Spider Man No Way Home. It's going to be our last review of the year. Again, Sharon, thank you for joining us. It's going to be very exciting. We're going to get three scores, three three word reviews. This is legendary stuff, never happened before. Uh, so we got movie Spider Man No Way Home. Synopsis here is with Spider Man's identity now revealed, Peter asks Doctor Strange for help. When a spell goes wrong, dangerous foes from other worlds start to appear, forcing Peter to discover what it truly means to be Spider Man. Uh, critics have this at a 94%, audience at a 99%. Uh, this is directed by John Watts, who's most well-known for directing the other two, Tom Holland Spider-Mans. Uh, it's written by Chris McKenna and Eric Summers, and it, it has a runtime of two hours and 28 minutes, which, honestly, after seeing some of the trailers, I'm surprised it wasn't like three and a half hours or four hours. So there's so much that could have happened in this movie. 
This is actually a movie I'm down to see a director's cut for. Uh, but we are starring Tom Holland here as Zendaya, Benedict Cumberbatch, Jacob Battalion, John Favreau, Jamie Foxx, William Defoe, Alfred Molina, Marissa Tomei. Uh, the list goes on. So uh, I guess I'll start this um, a little different. Uh, oh, and let's so let's set the groundwork here too. We're going to talk about the movie a little bit. I'm not sure how much we're going to say non-spoiler. I guess we can count anything that's come out in the trailers as non-spoiler. Like we can say that Doctor Strange casts a spell. <laughs> you know, we know that's going to happen. We know people from other Spider-Mans are coming in. We don't necessarily know who. Um, so we'll have non-spoiler talk and then go into spoiler talk, which I feel like I'll have more to say then. But uh, Sharon, why don't you set us off with uh, how you felt about Spider-Man No Way Home? Well, I really liked it. And I've been a huge fan of these Tom Holland Spider-Man movies. But yeah, he's cute. <laughs> yeah, he is. I mean, cool. he's great. He's great. He's just yeah. so like, you know, like not cute no, like yeah. looking, but just cute as Spider. Like it just works. Well, no, that's that. I think that's why I've been such a huge fan of them because, yeah. you know, in the uh, cartoons and in the comic books, Spider-Man is young. He is extremely mm-hmm. young. And this is the first Spider-Man casting that I saw and was like, oh, snap, that's a baby. You know, <laughs> yeah. like it, it makes sense. And it, it lends itself to his his immaturity and a lot of his interactions that he has with this MJ, this Michelle Jones um, in this movie and also in the past mm-hmm. movies have been very, oh, that's awkward. That's teen like, you know. And I, I really, really like that. So coming into this movie, we got some more of that and I appreciated it. Um, I'm trying to like stay away from spoilers in my discussion, but overall I did like the movie a lot and you can definitely feel that the movie was a combination of Marvel and Sony, but Mm. it wasn't like a seamless combination, if that makes sense. Cause I could definitely Mm. tell what, what was kind of the Marvel creativity and then where Sony took over and it got a little bit darker like the other Spider-Mans did. It got darker and it got like, oof, this is more, you know, (laughs) emotional stress than, you know, lighthearted, action-packed fun. So that, like, being able to see that, um, that segmenting of it, I guess, is what threw me off a little bit in this movie. Overall, I did enjoy it, but being able to see you know, where it's separated from Marvel and Sony style caught me off guard. Yeah, copy that. I, I like that. I like that's uh, interesting, you know, the darkness, because there's definitely some darkness. There's definitely some heavy stuff in this movie. Uh, man, man, what were your thoughts on uh, No Way Home? Man, dude, shout out to Tom Holland, man. I, I, I'm I, happy to hear that uh, he had an effect uh, with you sharing a positive effect. For me, I was like, I don't give a crap who this guy is. Like, oh, this, this ain't my Spider-Man, uh, but uh, it wasn't until this one I, I watched. And I'm like, okay, all right, hey, you're holding it your own, bro. Like, good for you. You know, I feel like he, uh, in my mind, I always had this, like, like I had this negative image because I'm like, oh, bro, you're spoiled, you know, like because Iron Man, you know, this is who you are. Like, you're not Spider-Man. You're not the friendly neighborhood, you know, like guy you're 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 just a spoiled kid and uh it's wrong for me thinking i'm the only one that probably thinks this way so let me get that clear i understand this guy is adorable as hell like i i get all this stuff you're a big toby but fan. i i but i wasn't yeah I, I wasn't bought in for him as um uh spider-man and um uh, watching this um i i i was like okay this is okay i'm in i was like i'm I'm all about it i'm sorry i uh didn't think uh you were spider-man you are spider-man uh good for you i'm all about it it, it is a fan service and it's nostalgic as hell and that's exactly what i wanted and i got 
And so I'm, 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 I'm happy I did. There was a moment where I was like, man, I hope some of these things happen. And if they didn't, I would have been pissed off because it would have been like that WandaVision type thing where they're like, hey, get prepared for something yeah, big. Yeah. And then like the big thing is not like really a, like that much of a big thing. And then you got Paul Bennett and you're like, hey, uh, goofed up a little bit. My bad. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't really think yeah. you guys were going to run with what I said. <laughs> yeah. No one even cared about these Marvel stories. Yeah. He's What's like, oh, shit, on? you guys are some fiends. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, um, uh, but, um, but I'm happy with the experience that I got. And uh, I was also like in a packed theater, and which if you haven't seen this movie, then uh, get your ass into a theater right now and watch it. Uh, but definitely get into a packed, sold out theater. Like get get into the one that has the most seats because the crowd <laughs> reaction is one of the best things like ever. And good luck finding a theater that's not packed. So it's uh, you're gonna. <laughs> it's in the front row. It, it ain't that bad. It ain't that bad. It's in the front row, dude. It'll be all right. <laughs> I mean, it's a little rough. Theaters have recliners now. A lot of theaters have recliners. Like, just lay your ass back, dude. It's all right. Just don't be on your phone because if you're in the front row and you're on your phone, everyone's going to see what you're looking at. So. Yeah. But also wear your mask, please. Yeah, Put that phone away. Yeah. Also, like, don't sit next to me. So um, Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I'll already be sitting next to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, don't do that. You're, you're gonna just get a a, a, a weirder experience. <laughs> no, you're gonna have a friend for life. So I can't get over. Yeah, that's a, yeah, they started taking care of me, and uh, you know, I was like a family member. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Spider Man. So I actually watched this movie. It's just funny that you say all that because I watched it uh, alone, uh, which is I mean how I watch most movies now. But it's uh, still still a great experience uh this okay. movie this movie is a lot of fun this is a marvel movie that i was looking forward to unironically uh, ever since they started talking about it i think spider-man for me kind of uh transcends marvel in the sense that you know my memories of spider-man go back to you know 2002 and going to the movies with my friends and you know before it was like this big connected universe where everything had to make sense there was just spider-man like toby mcguire all those i've seen every single one in theaters so it's always been separate to me, and even though now it's included in the MCU, and I think these Tom Holland ones are terrific. I think they're the, some of the best ones they've released, except unless we go back to maybe Spider-Man 1 and 2 with uh, Tobey Maguire. Those are both really solid. But this movie was, uh, I mean, Sharon, like you were saying with those some of the themes, it was mature as hell. And it, there was... I mean, there was stuff where, yeah, he was definitely very like, oh, I want this. And Dr. Jay, no, I want this. And, you know, my mom needs to remember me and, you know, or my Aunt May and, you know, and everyone. But, like, those moments were random. But I can get in the whole Dr. Strange thing. I didn't like anything with Dr. Strange in this movie at all. I understand he's the catalyst for the whole movie. I, I hated it. It was so dumb. Um, But I still like what happened afterwards. Uh, and, but the moments where, you know, like, this guy, he's acting. You know, and so, you know, yeah, there was, so there's Charles moments, Dr. Strange, that was dumb, uh, but, you know, it, but there was a lot of moments where, you know, I really feel like Tom Holland was acting and like just killing oh, yeah. it. And, you know, oh, you're, yeah. you don't necessarily give a lot of credit to these Marvel movies for their acting generally. I mean, maybe people are like, I do all the time. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> but you know, some of the moments with Tom Holland in this movie, uh, some of Marissa Tomei, some of Zendaya, were just absolutely incredible. I, I just, I, I believed every moment of it, and uh, you know, for I'm thinking about when I'm thinking about fan service recently, I'm thinking about Ghostbusters, and I enjoyed a lot of the movie. Didn't necessarily like the fan service stuff at the end. I'm thinking about love stories. I'm thinking about we just saw West Side Story. That was one of the dumbest things I've ever seen in my life. Uh, this love story believed every second of it. So 
there's a lot of things that this movie does that other movies are attempting to do, and I just feel like it did it so much better. And uh, and there's just a lot of heavy stuff in this movie. It's emotional. Uh, didn't cry. Um, man, man, I'm sure you broke down a couple times. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> With this runtime? Yeah. This runtime, you kidding me? It was more than just one. Yeah. I brought tissues. You already yeah, know. It was intense. Uh, yeah. And so, but there's there's definitely moments where I was like, well, this is, uh, I mean, there's, you know, some vindicating moments for some characters. Uh, there's some just really tense moments. And, uh, but I bought in. I think that was the biggest thing for this movie. After the Doctor Strange stuff, which is in the trailer where he's, you know, he messes up the, you know, messes up his little spell and people start coming in. I thought, I just can't get over how stupid I think that is. But, after that, I bought in the movie completely, and in my opinion, it saved itself. Uh, and yeah, the acting was terrific. So, kind of our initial thoughts. You guys ready to just hop into spoilers here? I mean, I am. Okay. All Let's right. Do Let's do it. Uh, so, okay. So, I guess we could start with, um, like the rest of the cast, Daredevil. <laughs> so Daredevil, right? So Daredevil's in oh, there. Yeah. So we have yeah, we have Daredevil from the TV show. Are you guys a uh, TV show Daredevil fans? I never watched the Daredevil TV show. I watched the movie with uh, Ben Affleck. Uh, yeah, with Ben Affleck. Yeah, we've all but I never watched the TV sick show. If we saw mm-hmm. that. Yeah, if <laughs> yeah. I saw Ben Affleck's Daredevil in this movie, I would have lost my shit. Yeah, that's a multiverse no one needs. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, maybe maybe uh, a movie with Ben Affleck and all the women in Hollywood he's dated. That all would the be, women, everyone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jennifer Garner's being the shit yeah. out of him. J Lo, um, Ana de Armas hopping in. Like, what's up? Everyone, Just bring them all into or that the girl movie. from that uh, from that Tinder thing, or what? Was like, hey, it's me. Yeah. It's me. <laughs> it's like, me. Let's get that girl in there. <laughs> oh. That's so weird. You think Jayla looks at that video? Is like, ah, like, oh, come on, hey babe, uh, we gotta do better. She's uh, been on no the other end of those Facetimes before. It's <laughs> like, come on, Jen, Jen, come on. And yeah, maybe Dunkin' uh, Donuts is there, just someone representing them and stuff. I know, dude. <laughs> uh, I love Ben Affleck. Shout out to my man Ben Affleck, dude. Yeah, let's but, uh, yeah. have a beer together. Just, <laughs> Great guy. Let's go. Yeah, he's a big gambler, I think, too. So of course, oh, I don't want to gamble right? with him. Yeah, that guy is. Yeah, yeah. I do. I'll, I'll gamble. I'll gamble like a hundred. He'll gamble like a hundred thousand. Call me a bitch. Like, you know, that's like, cool, man. Because you're there, you get that, that like experience. entourage situation with like Turtle, where. And I know you haven't watched Entourage, but you know, Turtle. Oh, well, is, he might hook me up. You get, yeah, you yeah, get hooked yeah. up. You get hooked up. Oh, you back okay. him up. You're right. there all night. Sure. Yeah, he throws you I'll 10 just, grand. I'll, yeah. I'll just make sure to keep giving him beer. You know, like, I, I won't ask any questions if he wants another one. I'd be like, yes, sir. Yeah. You got it. No, so we're good. I'm not going to cut you off. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Ben Affleck is not in this dude. movie at all. Uh, but, so, but Daredevil was, right? So, <laughs> Charlie Cox. <laughs> I hadn't yeah. seen the show either. What's his name? Murdoch? Matt Murdoch. Matt Murdoch, yeah. Matt Murdoch, yeah. Um, I did not know who he was, but I knew he was important. So right when he pops on screen, they're like, oh, you're a good lawyer, Mr. Murdoch. I, like, Googled it real quick because I had no idea what was going on. And uh, they, I was like, boom, yeah. Easter egg. I get it. Yeah, Charlie Cox. And uh, it's it's a pretty important, like, cameo because mm. uh, that means these uh, Marvel shows that I thought were just going to get retconned, um, it seems like some of them are going to be into the MCU, you mm. know, Marvel Cinematic Universe. And uh, and that's good for people like Charlie Cl- uh, like Charlie Cox, who's playing Daredevil. I'm sure he wants to keep playing him, and uh, him having this uh, glorified little uh, cameo here uh, means that, hey, he's probably going to come out of more movies. And uh, those other guys, too, the Defenders, the Jessica Jones, like all those shows, all those people, uh, it, it gives them hope where where you can see John Bernthal's Punisher show up in a movie, you know, Ooh. which would be great. Um uh because he he did play him, but he he might have he 
he probably saw that. He was like, all right, I still got a job. This is sick. Uh, let me hit up my man, Charlie Cox, and let me get in some of these movies. Um, but they freaking, you know, Marvel's so cute. They timed it perfectly because Kingpin has a, uh, he gets introduced, I guess, in uh, Hawkeye, like almost like yeah. si- like simultaneously. Mm-hmm. So Spoilers for Hawkeye um, as well. Shout out Big Brother Marvel. They, they, they know exactly what they're doing. Yeah, I feel like I completely agree with you. Madman, because when I saw it, I not watched any of these Netflix Marvel movies yeah. mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. Iron Fist or Daredevil Defender, any of that. Like I tried yes, watching Jessica Jones and was like, mm, this might not be for me. Mm. And you know what? It's just it's like a little different when uh-huh. Netflix is doing it. Cause I put less trust in it. You know, I, sure. I do it when I have time. But, you know, I don't go out of my way to watch these things. And so now that I'm like, oh, man, this might be in the MCU which has never let me down. I'm like, I yeah, might have me, to watch these things. Let me watch all this stuff. Yeah, <laughs> right. I got catching yeah. up to do. Netflix is hearing this like, hell, we got her. We got, all right, we're good. We're good. Get, get it going. Get it going. We need homepage. Let's get all these shows yeah. up in the front. Yeah, Dude, awesome. yeah. that's going to be on my suggestions for sure. They're, they're listening yeah, right, right now. <laughs> Man, I wonder if it's going to show up in the top 10. It might already be there. I wonder if it's going to make a revival. Yeah, I'm surprised. All right, so Daredevil popped in. Uh, let's see. So there's, let's see, a lot happens. A lot happens. Uh, the Doctor Strange stuff. Did you guys like love that? Was was I the only one that felt that way about the Doctor Strange stuff? It just felt like he's like this, you know, super important guy, and then it just, I don't know. It just felt like weird and kind of like irresponsible almost. I don't know. It just didn't fit, uh, like fit the character. It felt like yeah, well, yeah, super irresponsible. There's like plot holes too. If you really want to dive into it, we can talk about it later. But there's there's a way all this could have been avoided. Yeah. Um. So uh, you would think. You would think Doctor Strange would be able to handle this, you know, have a grasp on things. Um, but yeah, I, I I get what you're talking about about it being like whack, dude. I I, I thought he had <laughs> an even more important role. I thought he was gonna be someone, and it seemed like well, we also didn't even see much of him. Right? There was they were doing like keep away from him. They were just sending him to different places. Yeah, right? they were trying to. Yeah, like he sh- he's the like fucks up with yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, Tom, like, that's so please. weird. Or Peter. Yeah, <laughs> not Tom. Yeah, it's so annoying. Um. Uh. So I I didn't like that at all. I thought he was gonna be more uh involved maybe more integral i mean he's super involved but uh i thought, <laughs> yeah, I thought it was sure. gonna be you know because they're like oh he's mephisto or like he's a bit you know like <laughs> some intense going on and none of that shit happened <laughs> it was just like it was just a bad magician yeah know? i feel like mephisto uh, people have to strike that from their mind because well or whatever you're watching because this is like the second or third time that someone not being mephisto is really just like got you down yeah yeah i, was I can't <laughs> We gotta Mephisto. Marvel's gotta either come out and say we're never doing it, or they need to tell us exactly when they're doing it because we can't just wait for every character to be Mephisto being let down. Yeah, and I'm 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 (laughs) giving you an out. You know, you're like, hey, bad writing. Just say it's Mephisto, and it all makes sense. You know, like uh, that's what I thought was gonna happen, and then it didn't. And I was like, okay, oh, so he just sucks. Oh, okay. Like I thought he's supposed to be a friend. I I guess Doctor Strange is more. He sees like you know uh, Peter Parker as like a like a peer you know you see spider-man as a peer rather than as like a friend rather yeah i'm gonna take care of you he just oh yeah you're an associate you're someone i work with pretty much um, well you did keep so telling him like hey call me whatever the hell his name is yeah. not doctor oh i have mixed yeah. feelings about dr strange's appearance because mm. i that was 
one of my favorite parts of the movie to be honest. I love Doctor Strange. Ooh. And, you know, I know that, that I've heard you guys kind of mention in the past, like you particularly, Dubs, that like once it kind of gets into fantasy or, you know, mm. it kind of disconnects from reality, it, it, you know, might not be in your like realm a little bit mm-hmm. or like something that you like. But I absolutely love it. The more I need to, like, I can tap into my imagination, I'm like, this is here. This is what I'm here for. This is what I love. Like, you yeah. know, their, their battle in the mirror realm was one of my favorite parts of the movie Mm. but when it it does he was very irresponsible in the like when he was like casting the spell and doing all these things i was like oh like you're thinking that peter is an adult right now asking you for help and treating it that way and Mm. he's really really not (laughs) so but then you go back to dr strange's origin and you realize who he was before he was dr strange he was a very selfish and irresponsible character before he developed and gained all this wisdom and it seems that that wisdom has just escaped him in this movie again yeah yeah he got a car crash right was he a drunk was he a drunk he he wasn't a drunk he was oh i'm just imagining i don't believe he was i just thought he was him there's a dark world that we don't know about. I'm sure it's Doctor a, Strange. There's a, there is a there's a timeline yeah. where he was he, trash. He's a surgeon, right? Yeah. He used to be a surgeon. Yeah. yeah. And then now he's walking around in the cape like it's normal. Like that'd mm-hmm. be weird. <laughs> yeah. what Helping out high schoolers. Yeah. Dressing like Spider. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, so I had really mixed feelings about him because I love Doctor Strange okay. and I love that scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I completely agree with you guys about how that the he was a. He he led to a lot of huge plot holes. It's like we could have fixed this all along. <laughs> he even mentions at the movie, oh, yeah, yeah. this would have fixed everything all along. <laughs> so, wait, what? Okay. so why so are we dealing with this? <laughs> all right, I like that. No, that makes sense. And now, well, see now. First, also, side note, I'm upset that now I feel like the only reason I don't like um, any kind of like you know otherworldly magic type stuff is because I have no imagination <laughs> and I'm incap- incapable of using it. So now this I have to like ponder light, that. Right? Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> I just don't have that light like, up. Thought process. What happened? Yeah. No, very black and white. Uh, yeah. I'm like, no, no imagination left. <laughs> it's rough. It's not not it's meant like, to hey, be Dad, an insult. <laughs> can we dress up for Halloween? You're like, no, what? Yeah, no. You dress dress up? Up? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll be myself for Halloween. What do you mean, no, pretend? I mean, no, no, no. never been you fake. Wear, you can wear a pumpkin sweater. Uh, that's too much. <laughs> What's we could have this yeah. take a dark turn where really it's just I enjoy anything that takes me out of reality. <laughs> yeah, plot twist. You just love drugs. Oh, yeah. You're like a big fan of edibles, uh, LSD. Let's just, you know, like it's it's a great movie experience. You're like that that whole scene with the mirrors. I'm like, I don't remember that. You're like, oh, yeah, it's, you it's know, yeah. I, might have part, I, I might have took in some, some but uh, it definitely made the, the, the colors pop for me, which is amazing. Couldn't imagine watching any Doctor Strange film or any Doctor Strange scene on any sort of mind-altering drug. Oh yeah, I would be comatose. I, I think I yeah, I, I would be dead. <laughs> I'd be like, what happened? Be like, oh, this idiot like did some drugs. Started watching this crazy stuff. Started uh, freaking out, having a crisis. Yeah. Loki, I'm down. Let's you know. Let me tap into this other world, dude. All right, but so okay. So the next thing, next kind of big thing that happens is all you know, all the these past uh, bad guys come in. Uh, pretty much all already seen in the trailers and noted. So no, no real big surprises. Uh, but, run them down. Run them down. You get Doc Ock. Yeah, you run them down, man. Yeah, Doc Ock, Sandman. You get Willem Dafoe's uh, Goblin. Yeah, you get the lizard that's taken from the Amazing Spider-Man. Um, 
film series. And then uh, Jamie Foxx's Electro, who looks much different, taken from the Amazing Spider-Man uh, series. And then there was all, like, talk about Sinister Six. Who's the six? Who's the six? You never really see a six. I, I guess, you know, with the post credit scene, you could call, you know, uh, Venom, like, the six. But... He's really He's just not, asking questions. He was at a he was at a bar just getting hammered while all this was going on, which uh which is a dope, right? Yeah. <laughs> um but, but you never see that that sixth person, uh, which was kind of a bummer, kind of a letdown. But it is what well, it is. See, oh there you go. Hey, it's a little letdown. I like that. I, I think um if we're we're looking at the the bads, I mean William Defoe kind of stole the show there for me. Him I just he looked he looks grimy. Uh he looks gross and and rough and uh, particularly evil uh, in this movie for sure. But I, I was I was loving William Dafoe back on the screen. Um, yeah, uh, he. So the thing about William Dafoe is, I mean, he's a great actor, right? We've we've seen him do so much. He has so much range. And uh, to revisit a character he's played about twenty years ago and still have that same intensity and still make his name be great uh, is 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 so dope you know shout out to Willem Dafoe for just absolutely handling it as we had any uh concern right um but I really liked uh the way he portrayed his Greek Goblin with like he's like a mental patient you know that's going through like a split personality like crisis like the way that they showcased it um they did it so well where it's not like it, it, it didn't feel goofy and I'm so happy he was kind of the bigger baddie here because um doc ock you know he was already like a redeemed villain yeah when i was watching this movie and i was looking at his acting Mm -hmm. it was just unreal like you said like seeing the way that he changes from like i have true empathy for him Mm. when he's just norman osborne like this broken man who's fighting with this second half and then the second that the green goblin takes over i'm like you bastard <laughs> you know yeah, like yeah. immediately this and grimy ass. yeah it's crazy the way that he could portray him and it the things that he says as the green goblin cut so deep that it's like oof. yeah yeah this is this is rough <laughs> how, how do you guys feel about the way that uh, uh peter parker went about trying to uh, quote unquote defeat these villains uh with uh, love and hugs um instead of violence I found it endearing. I absolutely <laughs> loved it. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is very cute. But it, at the same time, that's the when Doctor Strange was telling him, we got to send them back. We just got to send them back. That's the problem for their universe. And I was like, you're making the most sense you've made all movie right now. And then yeah. that's when Peter Parker chooses not to listen to him. Yeah. But yeah, I think it, it was still endearing the way that he's... He's a kid. He thinks the best of the world, and that so that's naturally going to be what he tries to do. And, and I, I I agree. I thought it was uh, endearing as well. I presented it as condescending, but I, I really enjoyed it <laughs> as a plot point in the way they approached it. Well, I mean, that's where the fantasy comes in because I'm like, okay, I'm supposed to believe that he can cure all these all these villains. Like he has the right tools, he has the right knowledge, he has everything uh, ready for him to cure them. Uh, that kind of threw me off a little bit, and I was like, "Damn, we're gonna get a whole like, you know, fifteen minute five scenes, like five scenes on these five different people. I'm like, it's gonna be like a whole hour, like chasing all these people down and trying to cure them." Um, but then it all happened like all at once, mm. uh, which was uh, which was dope the way it worked out, right? You get this badass fight scene, uh, but I thought it was gonna drag it, but in 
it didn't. So I actually um, don't. That's good. I actually almost wish it was like you said though. Like they're doing one at oh, a time, right. like each one following them around. Yeah, like a them three down. hour, three three thirty cut. Yeah, no. yeah. Uh, I was like, fuck, dude. You know, okay, for sure. I can use the restroom now. I, I don't care about lizard. <laughs> I don't care about saving his ass. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> Yeah, well, his reason to be well, I mean, the joke is that uh, like lizard's reason to being bad is is really dumb. He just wants to turn everyone into a lizard, yeah, because he he wants to regrow <laughs> limbs. He wants everyone to regrow limbs. So he's like, let's turn them onto lizards. <laughs> I want to be a lizard, bro. What the fuck? That's, hey, that's people, the just, thing. you want to be seen. Hey, representation matters, bro. You want to be seen. You want to like you're so he wants to look out and see other lizards too, and so that's all he's trying to do, man. And that's that's a weird villain. Well, thank goodness, <laughs> thank goodness, you're not Spider Man, bro, because someone needed to help this guy. All right, and I'm glad Tom Holland came through. No, see, <laughs> sy- sy- sympathy for Green Goblin Lizard. There's no sympathy, bro. <laughs> He's like, bro, okay. what's, what's your objective? Like more lizards, dog. More lizards. <laughs> yeah, they're like, lizards. oh, so we so we got the lizard man here. What's going on, bro? What's your what are you trying to do? I'm a big fan of turning people to lizards, man. Okay, for sure. And Sandman's like, I'm just trying to get back home to my daughter. Yeah, he's like, I just, I'm, I'm trying to go home to my uh, daughter. Uh, I'm a fucking Sandman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Let me get out of here. Oh man. All right. So let's see. And, and I'm kind of going through these. If you if you guys want to stop me at any point and address something, feel free. Or if I overlook something that you find important, stop me. Uh, next big thing I feel like we got is Aunt May dying. Uh, which is just <laughs> rough, right uh, super, super heavy, super intense. Uh, probably, I mean, one of the one of the most intense moments, one of the, the really big moments where I was like, bro, Tom Holland's like, this guy's killing it right now. He's holding Aunt May. She dies in his arms. He gets shot. He like one one bullet like kind of hits his shoulder, and then he kind of gets in Spider Man pose and looks up, and the look in his eye, bro, I was terrified. I was sitting in that theater terrified by myself. As far I mean, very sad, right? Shout out Marissa Tomei. You know, the young Aunt May, the hot Aunt May had to die as well. And uh, But shout out Marissa Tomei. Did great. I felt bad for Happy. Uh, obviously felt bad for Peter Parker. Just the, the look on his face was, I, it was so intense. So intense. Yeah, I think that was, you know, I really expected that scene to make me cry, and it didn't. And... Mm. I don't know why it did it because it had all of those pieces, but something about it actually didn't connect with me like it did with you. Mm-hmm. And not the way that it did with any of the other Spider-Man series, you know, like when, you know, Tobey Maguire lost Uncle Ben and, you know, all his other dramatic emotional moments in the other two movies. And, you know, seeing Gwen Stacy just narrowly miss survival, you know, those hit me hard. But something about this one was just... It's going to sound real messed up. It seemed overdue, you know, mm. like he so he hadn't had that big tragic loss that was driving him to be Spider-Man like the other ones. Yeah. And so now that I'm seeing it happen, it was almost in my mind like, finally, he's a complete Spider-Man. That's a really messed up thing to think. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's kind of how I felt about it. And it it didn't pull as much from me. Don't know why. No. Well, you know, I, well, I was going to say it's because you're mad. But it's not that you're mad. You were just like, thank God, finally, this guy this guy couldn't even, he had no inspiration. You know, finally. Yeah. Thank you, Aunt for being his inspiration. Yeah, I'm realizing how messed up it is. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. Do you think it was a little forced? Or, or do you just think it was really, like, overdue? I, I feel like it was overdue. And they knew that they had to bring that in yeah. to, to give him that emotional depth to make it 
deeper for him. And so it, I think you're right. That's probably what it is, that it felt forced and overdue because there yeah. wasn't anything huge driving his character. So they're like, let's just throw it in real quick. And, and I, yeah, I didn't feel it. Cause I, um, I mean, I, um, just get out of the way. I did cry. Uh, I was like, damn, this is, uh, <laughs> my man, Tom Holland's going, he's, he's going through it. Uh, and, uh, but I, I, I definitely get where you're coming from. Cause I felt like I, almost kind of random. Like it just felt like kind of like suddenly kind of randomly. And I'm like, uh, okay. And there was still like an hour and a half left of the movie. There was still like a long time left. And uh, and so I was a little confused when it comes to like pacing and stuff. Obviously, it all makes sense once you see it go through. You see um, that every Spider-Man needs to go through someone dying apparently to be complete, um, and it's true. It's not just something Sharon said. Like you 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 see it happen, um, and uh, and I was like, damn. Well, that's that's cool, I guess, in a way. Um, you know, there was two Spider-Man movies uh, in 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 the past, two different franchises. You know, Tobey Maguire's and uh, Andrew Garfield's, and they had uh, un- Uncle Ben's dying. There's no Uncle Ben in this universe, and uh, and so I'm like, okay, maybe we're gonna see an Uncle Ben. Well, obviously no, right? But um, but I I, I didn't think Amy was gonna die. I didn't think we we're never gonna use her to die. I thought if anything, like Happy was gonna die, or or maybe Ned, or or, or someone else. <laughs> Bro, um, Ned dying but, uh, would have been so intense, dude. I don't know. It would have been a little jacked up, huh? <laughs> yeah. He's a high schooler. Yeah. I mean, it would have been yeah. dark. It would have been dark. Yeah. yeah. Well, these these guys and their these Spider Man and their best friends, you know, they're never great. So um, I thought Ned was gonna just die. I, I was hoping there was gonna be like the moment where like, hey, um, like the bullet didn't go through, like it's still lodged in you. And uh, from me knowing movies and knowing what happens, like I know that person's gonna die if, if the bullet goes through. You're gonna live. If it's still lodged in there, you're gonna bleed out. You're gonna die. Mm. Um, and uh, and she died, and I was like, "Fuck, dude, that's, that's must, yeah, must have been a lodgepole. Yeah. That's so messed up." But it makes sense for his uh, character but growth, the I character, guess. and I mean, it was, well, it was definitely a big catalyst for conversation later in the movie, and yeah. just kind of just the way the characters interacted and how they all grew together. It was, and it was kind of when it started getting really heavy too, you know, from then on, I, get, I just can't get over the look he gives when he looks up. Like he just, I was like, bro, yeah. like, the guy, the guy's hurting right now. And so I see next big thing, probably Spider-Man's uh, Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Spider-Man meme, Spider-Man pointing, oh, yeah. Spider-Man pointing, <laughs> Spider-Man. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah. I'm surprised that's not the first thing we talked about. <laughs> I well, like, I'm, just trying, I'm trying to go in the, in the way of the movie, you know, like as teasing. the movie goes along. Um, yeah, they they do show up after uh, All May dies, right? Is that? I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. I thought I I remember that so wrong, um, but that makes total. <laughs> You're sense. like, when's this guy going to talk I, about fucking Andrew Garfield? What's going I, on? I thought they came in 15 <laughs> minutes into the movie. <laughs> yeah, it, well, get him in here. It kind of well, it didn't. They they I mean, they definitely came in later, but it didn't feel rushed, right? Mm-hmm. It didn't feel no, like that. No, no, no. That kind no, of no. fan service. So to be clear, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire, worst kept secret of all time, I feel like, if you look at any website or follow anything or look into anything about anything. But they were in the movie. You know, all three Spider-Man since 2002 were in the movie. Uh, and it was awesome. I, I just, I loved everything about it so much. And when you talk about fan service and how stupid it can be and how lifeless it can be and how meaningless it can be, it was great. It was, I, I just feel like it was perfect. The way the characters talked to each other, the way they were supportive of each other. It felt like, it felt like a therapy session for all these characters. It felt like we gave Andrew Garfield like closure that he, he needed. And 
you know, Tom McGuire just in there talking to him, them not knowing who the Avengers are. There's so much of these little things that was just so funny having them all interact, having them work together. I loved every second of multiple Spider-Mans. I could not get enough. I'd watch 30 movies about these guys. I, I just, I loved it so much. I, I I was so excited as soon as, so obviously the first, not obviously for whoever that watched it, but the first Spider-Man that comes <laughs> up is Andrew Garfield's mm. Spider-Man. And I feel like he gets so much hate. Oh yeah. <laughs> like nobody yeah. liked those movies. And of course I did because I like everything in the, in the Marvel world apparently, <laughs> but I liked those movies a lot. I think Lizard was the dumbest thing <laughs> about those movies, but outside <laughs> of that. Yeah, he was a dumbass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So dumb. Like I, but, he was the dumbest thing ever. Yeah, but outside of that, I really enjoyed those movies. And so seeing him, you know, of course, I did my my fan duty and applauded, you know, when they showed up on the screen. Oh, yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was extremely exciting. And and Tobey Maguire eventually comes in as, as the youth pastor, as they say. <laughs> yeah, that was so funny. Because <laughs> I, mean, I was like, what is he wearing? <laughs> I was thinking yeah. that. So when they addressed it, I was like, oh, yep, that's what it yeah. is. <laughs> Like, do you have a Spider-Man suit? And he like looks at, I was like, oh, I was like, I was so happy because I was like, bro, I'm not, I don't want to see you walking around like a youth pastor. Dog. I'm trying to see you get your Spider-Man suit on and start web slinging, dude. Get out of there. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I I do think that their their dialogue when they came into the movie is when I could feel that that kind of like that break and when it became that Sony movie I was talking about. Mm. And, you know, that doesn't make it a bad thing. It just, it felt very different from that point yeah. on. The way the dialogue felt different, you know, the way that they spoke, the way that the more serious or, you know, darker Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Spider-Mans, uh, yeah. interacted with the other characters that were in this Marvel Spider-Man universe it felt strange and I couldn't get over it. And mm. I think that's for me when the movie was like, this is weird, but I was enjoying it, of course, because it would have been a huge miss if we didn't take this opportunity of, yeah. you know, the Marvel Sony deal to not bring the other Spider-Man <laughs> yeah. back in like a huge miss. But yeah, it, that's when it started to feel strange to me. But like you said, I really enjoyed that. They, they got their closure, like, you know, with, you know, him being able to, I don't know if I should spoil it that much, but you yeah, know yeah, they, yeah. they all got their clothes. Yeah. But yeah, with him being able to save, um, you know, the Andrew Garfield Spider Man being able to save MJ Michelle Jones the way that he couldn't save Gwen Stacy, and hearing that finally, fucking finally, MJ, <laughs> <laughs> Mary Jane, and yeah. Tobey Maguire ended up together, you yeah. know, that was satisfying as well. Yeah, was that another cry moment for you, my man? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> all right. So let me start out. So the so the crying never stopped. Okay. Um, <laughs> on 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 May died, and I and I'm going through it, and they're like, "Well, where where is he?" He's like, "Oh, the only spot that you know, like, is it, like well." So before we even get there, right? They're they're trying to find you know Tom Holland, and then they open the portal, and then Andrew Garfield comes in, yeah. and I yelled right, it, like cheered yeah, yeah. and cried, you know, happy tears now instead of sad tears. But I really needed to pick me up. I really needed one, <laughs> and and I I got it through that. Tobey Maguire shows up, and uh, the nostalgia, like man, it, it just hit me like so hard, dude, because I grew up with these Spider Man movies. This is my first introduction to like superhero films, and um. And and it, it just it like hit me, man. I feel like a kid again. I was so I was so happy that um th this was real and this was happening and I was living in that moment. I was all about it. Um and I thought 
I was going to be the happiest with Tobey Maguire, right? Because, you know, Spider-Man 2 is my favorite, you know, comic book uh, uh, movie. And it's my favorite Spider-Man movie. Um, and I know there's debates on which is the best, but for me, it's Spider-Man 2. So I thought um, Tobey Maguire, I was going to be the most excited about. I thought I, I, I was going to be most excited to see his Spider-Man. And uh, throughout this movie, I thought he was going to be the one I cared the most about. But freaking Andrew Garfield, Sharon, you're absolutely correct. Like, Andrew Garfield was just so, so amazing. He le- legit stole the show. Um, and he did not have... Much room for success, man. When his uh, Amazing Spider-Man movies, like for me, I, I I watched them too. Mark Webb was the one that directed them. He uh, directed Fire Fire Days of Summer, and so I was I was all about I was all in on Mark Webb, and I thought this was going to be amazing, and we we're going to see all these great things. And uh, Emma Stone as Gwen Stacy, I was like, hell yeah, dude! But those movies just they just were not great, man. And um, he almost got like ran out of town. <laughs> it sucks because yeah. they they needed to make another one, and they were like, "Quickly, quickly, let's get Tom Holland. Let's throw him in Civil War. Let's make this happen." And they just completely retconned like his uh, Spider Man. Watching his redemption in this movie, it was so damn um, beautiful and amazing. And that MJ saving moment, yeah, of of course I cried. I was in tears, and I, I I'm pissed off that. Some people don't like the callbacks. Some people are like, ah, you know, like, come on, you know, like, come on, Marvel, come on, whatever. Bro. Yeah, some people are losers, dude. And I'm not like a loser, like, reviewer. I'm not like, oh, like, trying to be all critical and, you know, just nerdy and stuff. Screw that, dude. I, I, I was all about it. I freaking loved it. I, I, I thought it was so good. And I'm so happy he he finally got his redemption and uh, be, became a crowd favorite. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it was. That was a great moment. I was that was probably the the second closest I got to maybe tearing up for a second. Um, so that was definitely like yawned. Yeah, yeah yawned yeah. at that moment. Because well, she, you know, because he's like, "Are you okay?" She's like, "Are, are you okay?" Yeah, <laughs> it was just that, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was so. It's she so like great. nods a little bit. Yeah, yeah dude. So great. Oh, and and he was really bringing the feels the whole time. You know, it mm-hmm. it was really interesting the way they had these Spider Man in. You know, they Tobey Maguire kind of felt like. Someone he felt, I mean, he was definitely the oldest and you know, looks yeah. the oldest and all that, but you know, he felt like someone who kind of already already had closure and was doing all right, you know, he was yeah. doing okay, he was just living his life. And then they brought in Andrew Garfield, and much to you know, the reality of the movies, and he only made two of them. And like you said, Tom Holland hopped in, they treated him as a character who didn't have closure and who, who needed mm-hmm. to accomplish some things before we yeah. could kind of send him off. and I mean, how fucking cool is that, man? I mean, like, I yeah. just, I can't, I just can't get over how awesome so that dope. was to, to kind of mm-hmm. work that into, you know, a, a different film series and it's a whole different Spider-Man and, and they still, it's almost like showing him a little respect and it's like, hey, no, you're getting a lot of hate. You know, we got to show some of this character. And, and I just, I just absolutely adore it all the time they had together. Um, they were awesome. Them working together, all the conversations. I mean, it was nothing but, Everything. you know, little jokes here and there. Super funny, great banter. Uh, just killed it. And this is another one of those things. You think Ghostbusters, they were there for like the last five minutes of the movie. You know, so, ha, we're here at Ghostbusters. Woo, you know, spoilers and shit. This was not like five minutes. They were there for like the whole last hour of the movie. It was like about these three Spider-Men. It, it was it's just it's great. Can't get over it. Yeah. And, Loved it and so much. Do, Very forgiving of everything else. They do the pointing meme. Yeah. They do do that uh, <laughs> while they're uh, coming up with uh, ways to save them in the, in the, in the little... Uh, Little doctor thing, um, little scientist thing. They, uh, they're they're awesome. Their chemistry was so great together. So great, and 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 um, 
this is what I will say, right? Because I I didn't absolutely love it. I I I loved it, but not absolutely. <laughs> um, well, you talk about the movie or the the Spider Man. So I'm yeah. I, well, the movie in total, but also the Spider Man, um, mm. Spider Verse. Their Spider Man, in my mind, were way better than these Spider Man. Like the the uh, Spider Verse Spider Man that are there and um, figuring things out and and their chemistry, I think worked out better than this live action one i'm not saying it didn't work obviously it worked and they had chemistry but it felt like a water version of uh spider-verse and Ooh, um and and crazy. yeah and so that's that's my only knock is that i i really loved you know the spider-verse uh their spider-man and their interactions uh i loved it more than um than this one and 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 that's where i feel like they they got a little like lazy with it, where they're like, let's just give them the, the Spider Man. You know, give them some little callbacks, and then they'll they're gonna love it. They're gonna eat it up, and which we did. But I feel like they 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 could have done it better. It it could have been done. Oh, um, I don't know. I'm more intense. I got a hard disagree on that one. I feel like they. Yeah, I feel like they really did these characters like justice. I feel like, I, well, I mean, that's, yeah, literally what I was saying. I mean, I I feel like we're at normal fan service. It's just like here, yeah, just throw, give it to them. They. They gave us more. They they really like. I, I feel like they really did right by the characters, like like wholly yeah. and completely. Uh, yeah, I I thought. I mean, yeah, I just, I just completely completely saw it differently. Completely saw it differently. Sharing thoughts. I mean, I agree with you on this one, Madman. Where it definitely felt uh, more restricted in the live action one because it was there are only yeah. so many movies and so many characters that we know mm -hmm. but when you go into the into the spider-verse we don't know any of these and any of these characters or these spider-men or you know um spidey gwen <laughs> you know or any of this and so they're all new to you and so you're absorbing them and giving what they're telling you very quickly but with these other characters you have established relationships in movies and they can't deviate from that too much so it is it just feels more restricted than the into the spider spider verse but it's just it's different it's very different oh, it, it's yeah. different yeah it, they're both good they're both good um it's just different it just uh it, it didn't hit me as much as spider verse did uh but obviously the nostalgia is what took over and uh mm -hmm. andrew garfield's uh, redemption um is what uh what 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 really won me over where i'm like okay like, this is this is this is still good this is good I just feel Spider Verse was a little bit better. And oh bit yeah, Spider. Than. I mean, it's yeah, it's old. I mean, there was one of them was a pig. You know, they're just running around. Yeah, it's like crazy shit. Yeah, the Spider Verse one's totally different. Um, but I, I just feel like for these characters removed from Spider Verse, like not including, just not even thinking about the animated one, that it's. Uh, I mean, I yeah, I don't know. I just I can't see what more they could have done to. I mean, just give these guys a great send off. There's this setup, yeah. There's this setup with uh, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man that I wish they would have went through, and I think uh, they filmed like two different versions of it. And I just wish they would have gone a certain way. I think it would have had a lasting effect on me. Um, and um, and I, I I just didn't see that. Um, what's that? I mean, yeah, what's the setup? Well, so he was supposed to die. Like if they would have killed oh. Tobey Maguire's Spider Man, I think uh, I would have been all, all, all about it because he is already redeemed. And when you talk about, um, you know, these Spider Man and the things they have to go through to be, you know, successful and just to be who they are, um, they have a lot of loss. And I thought that was the perfect loss, you know, and uh, that would have been perfect for us too because, um, 
oh, I mean, we're sad, right? Because it's like, like we waited so long to see Tobey Maguire back as Spider Man, and then they killed him. Like, like I wasn't ready to see him die, but um, it it, it would have been better. Uh, if they would have done that, because then you have total control on Andrew Garfield, and you know there's rumors like down the line, like hey, maybe we'll have him back. You know, maybe we'll do a Secret Wars thing. Maybe, well, you know, he could be Sony Spider-Man because Sony still owns this, and they're not making these Spider-Man movies because they're doing their you know villain movies and things like that. Um, I just thought it would have worked out way better. I I, I thought it would have uh, closed his um, his uh, storyline, and uh, for us to just finally you know give him up and be like, okay. Let's 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 move on now. Thank thank you for giving me this fan service. This is awesome. I'm so happy the way his story uh, wrapped up, and uh, I feel like I I I didn't get that. I, I I thought he died. There was a moment where I yelled. I was like, "Fuck!" I legit yelled, um, and many did too. Uh, but then I, I guess he's still he's still alive. And he was like, "Ah, I've already gone through this. I've I've been stabbed once or twice." It's like, <laughs> you can't just casually die. shake it I off. That was gonna die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I was let down in that moment. It, it sounds so crude saying it, but I, I legit thought he was going to die. Yeah, I was okay with him not dying. I feel like you guys are tripping. <laughs> you guys are crazy. Uh, no, I thought he was. I was surprised that he didn't because I was like, he has his everything. He has his happy ending. He's older. He made it with MJ. We're letting him go now. And yeah, like, that's ah, ex- I didn't exactly. stab before. And I'm like, oh, okay then. Yeah. I was still cool with yeah. that. I was like, oh, okay, great, awesome. Maybe we'll see him again. Yeah. yeah, like this is so nice. And you can't kill the youth pastor. Come on. Um, but uh, but uh, but no, I just think it uh, it, it, it would have made for a better story for sure. All right, and then uh, so I guess I, well, we kind of talked a little bit about it, but we get the you know they get all their little potions together. Uh, them working in the um, them working in the lab was great too. Him asking Tobey Maguire like, hey, do you have a best friend? And he's like, I do. Like. He tried to kill me, you know, like it's like, it's just great. Uh, and then, yeah, we had the final battle scene, which uh, I'm always, you know, kind of like whatever about. Um, even that final battle scene is probably my least favorite part of the second half of the movie. It's just, you know, until it gets to the end where it's like, you know, just um, Willem Dafoe and uh, Peter Parker going head to head. That like, that's cool when it gets less CGIE. Uh, but them just running around and sand people, and I, I could, I, it's fine. It was cool, but I could care less. But the conversation there again, great banter. I thought uh, nowhere near the pig stuff, obviously in Spider Verse. But uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. <laughs> I'm not talking about the just the pig. I I, I like oh, I Jake Johnson, uh, Peter Parker. Uh, I like uh, yeah. I don't know. I like I like, I like the interactions over there. Pig was awesome too. Um, <laughs> freaking. Uh, yeah, so you mentioned a little bit the CGI. The CGI is bad. Um, there's there's some stills I look back on, and I was like, "Fuck, dude, they they rushed this one a little bit." Um, and uh, and that final fight scene was was dope. I I, I liked it. Um, and um, I, but also, yeah, I, I kind of didn't. I didn't. Yeah, I don't <laughs> like the whole like like because like the you got Doctor Strange up there like hey they're they're coming in like these these yeah. these uh, people that know you they're all coming in and Ned like, all of a sudden like, can't do magic and chase yeah like, it's it's so, like, What's going yeah on? but I had an issue with that too though like because then Ned now yeah. like he just knows how to cast because his his grandma or mom was like yeah our family is very magical he's like, okay great let me get this on lockdown like it made, <laughs> made no sense <laughs> and so yeah. I thought it was all like. It was a little weird, but then, um, but then you know when it ends and you see like the last moments where you know Tom Tom Holland Spider Man meets uh, Zendaya and uh, Ned in the freaking coffee shop. That was that was really nice. That was dope. 
Are, are we at the but, coffee shop? Are we at the coffee shop now? Sharon, do you want to give us any thoughts about the fight first? Uh, I, I enjoyed the fight. I I like seeing their action and, and, you know, the web slinging, going back and forth. I just enjoyed it. I like action scenes like that. Yeah, like, if the CGI was bad, I, honestly, to me, it looked just as good or bad as all the other CGI and all the other movies. But um, I have heard, I have seen a couple of things where they said that last fight was a little, ugh, a little rough. Um, it's just kind of chaos, you know, Spider-Man's and the sand, the sand guy really, I, I just don't understand it. It just doesn't make sense to me. Man, man, you were just talking donut shop. Uh, I cut you off. We go right back in there. Give, give us your, give us your donut shop takes. Cause we're talking about closest to crying. I mean, I'm I'm all there. This is when we're talking about West Side Story. Tony and Maria, yeah, move over, all right? Because I'm Jane Peter, and uh, that donut shop shop scene like killed me. Uh, oh, what were your thoughts? No, on? yeah, no. I was just saying that for me, it made up for this um, weird TGI like last fight. Like, I, I, I'm, oh, I'm I'm happy. That's how it, it didn't ended. end off. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm happy it didn't end off on just like that. Um, and then it showed that, and then you know, retcons everything. You know, it like now. He doesn't have the Iron Man uh, money. He doesn't have these connections. He is legit just Spider-Man, the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. And he's, I'm assuming, broke and poor. And that's my Spider-Man, you know, the one that's struggling. And uh, <laughs> and, and and I'm happy it uh, wrapped up that way. Um, yeah, and so to be clear, you know, to be clear, too, this donut shop scene. So this is at the end of the movie um it, you know if you haven't seen it if you're one of the i guess a few people in the world who haven't seen it uh and the, the an effective spell has finally been placed where people forget that peter parker is spider-man no one knows so tom holland can go back to living his best life uh but now but now people just don't know him at all so his relationship with mary jane or not mary jane uh what's what's her name Sharon, do you can it's just, Michelle Jones. Yeah, Michelle Jones, MJ. Uh, his relationship with MJ, like, non-existent. Doesn't know who it is. Relationship with Ned, non-existent. And earlier, they had been trying to get into MIT. They were all denied because they knew Spider-Man. Their like personalities were volatile. They just couldn't have him there. And in this new universe, when everyone forgets, he sees that they, you know, both got accepted to MIT. They're both, you know, able to follow their dream and kind of, you know, essentially living better without him. And uh, he walks in this donut shop prepared to essentially get MJ to remember who he is. He's like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm Peter. Like, you know me. Like, this is, you know, we, we're, like, dating. This is all good. And after he sees her happy, decides not to. Uh, Sharon, what, what were your thoughts on the scene? Man, I thought it was so wet. And that this is, I crave happy endings for everybody. So when mm. I see this, I was like, man, he can't. Everyone got closure except for him. And, you know, I guess in a way, if he can learn to move on, maybe he'll find himself a Gwen Stacy later yeah. off screen. I don't know. But um, that made me a little bit sad. You yeah. know, I think that was probably the closest I was to being emotional in this movie because I was like, dang. But I understand it. I under yeah. And I think it was a smart play that they've completely erased him. You know, this deal with Sony is over. The Sony and Marvel, uh, you know, deal to use Spider-Man. So... You know, I understand that it is what it is, and I was able to accept it, but it was a little bit of a bummer for me. No, I, I and I just thought it was beautiful. Well, also, too, real quick, they are they have confirmed they're going to make. I think they're confirmed they like, for three more movies. They like worked it out, yeah. yeah. But it it made sense. So, like, if they didn't, though, the time, it would yeah. make sense for yeah. it to end like this. Like, and I thought that's how it was going. Um, but I am happy to hear that they're still involved and they figured it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's making money for Sony too. You know, they're everyone. Everyone's making money. It's not like no one. No one's hurting this process right now. Like none of them are hurting at all. 
And, uh, yeah, I just, I thought it was a great scene. And again, you know, talking about love stories, I, I just, it, it's, it solidified itself, you know, as just one of the great, I think, solid Marvel love stories that there are out there and totally believable. I, I 100% bought into that moment and I was, I was just devastated, you know, for Ta or for, you know, for Peter. And I just, I really fell for that character a lot and just, yeah, I don't know. Just totally, totally got me. Totally got me. All right. Well, it seems like we're at that point of the episode where we gotta we gotta lock down. We we've discussed it at length, uh, maybe longer than we've ever talked about a movie. Uh, it, what are we gonna rate this movie by, man? Man, I know you got some ideas too. Yeah. I know you wrote some down, Sharon. I'd love to hear if you have any Let's ideas. Let's hear what you our guest has to say. Well, the easiest would be Spidey's, but what got what caught me off guard at one point was when they were all ganging up on uh, Tobey Maguire about his anatomical webs. So <laughs> I was thinking maybe web blocks. <laughs> the way that they tied that to I like the web erectile like, dysfunction was a little yeah. was a little strange. He's like, yeah, just like, oh, where else is it shoot from? Like, yeah, what's up with that? it was, it was, yeah. That's definitely uh, riding that PG thirteen limit. They were they just went yeah. and he said like, "Where else do you shoot? Like, do you see white goo?" He literally says like yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah just wild. Yeah. I'm down Andrew for Garfield, web blocks. Yeah. I freaking love Andrew Garfield's commentary too because he's so great with all his commentary throughout the whole movie. And he's all like, "He's like, I have to make mine. Like it, it, it in the lab. Like it's it's a mess compared to what you have going." Like, he's like talking about his struggle as a Spider Man and. <laughs> He's like, oh no, I've just thought about it now. Like, web block. I didn't have a web block. He's like, why? He's like, oh, just crisis, you know, existential, like just going through it. They're like, yeah, dude, we totally get that. Um, that was so funny. I love web blocks. Yeah. That's a great one. Super, dude, I, yeah. I, I didn't write that one down. I had all these dumb ones. I had uh, Spider Verse pigs. I had freaking um, <laughs> what else? <laughs> I had bad CGI. Um, that's that's awesome. <laughs> I'm a big fan for uh, yeah. Web, uh, web blocks web plays for sure. All right, cool. All right. So uh, who wants to who wants to go first? Is anyone? Um, so normally, normally I throw it to Madman uh, Sharon. I would give you the choice to either you could pick wherever you choose our order. How about that? How do you want us to review this? You know, I will. I'll go first, and then we Ooh. can follow the the Madman, and then um, Dubs. Copy that. Copy that. Best for last. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> so, uh, I had a lot of things about this movie that threw me off, like the awkwardness of of the the Sony Marvel um, dynamic, and you know, also that last piece where he doesn't quite c- get closure. Broke my heart a little bit, um, mm. but you know, I would be absolutely lying if I told you that I wasn't sitting there giddy and love loving this movie, loving it so mm-hmm. much. So. I can't dip below 90. So Ooh, I'm going to go okay. with exactly 90 <laughs> web right. blocks. 90 web blocks. And the uh, three word review? Spideys get closure. Okay. I like Dang. it. Yeah, it's a good, that's a good nice. three word review. That's great. I love it. All right. 90. Uh, 90 that's, a, that's a strong score. That's a, that's a top 10 of the year score. I mean, in my book right now, for sure. For, at least for 2021. Yeah. That's a big score. I enjoyed it that much. I like it. That's good. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I you know, there's, I obviously I, I talked about a few things that I wish I, you know, could have been done and, uh, things I would have done, um, to make this like an, a 90 category for me like that mid 90, like 
I it was just something that was off, you know. And then I, you know there was moments where I did feel like it was a watered down version of Spider Verse, but then um, there was moments where uh, I got the closure I needed as a uh, viewer and mm. a lover of the Spider Man movies, um, and um, and I think they did a good job addressing, um, you know, so, so, some of the. Um, some of the things that they wish they would have done right, you know, like Andrew Garfield's Gwen, like that's the biggest one, I, I think, you know, his closure and not giving him a chance. Um, but uh, but it, it was still good. It was still great. I'm going to give it 87 web blocks. Um, it, it went up higher, actually, than from what I had it. I think mm. I started with like 83 and then went up to like 85. <laughs> and then like last night, I was like, you know what? It's like 87. And uh, okay. it, it might go up higher, too. I, I might have to give mm. it a, a, uh, another watch and see if it um, goes up higher um, because it is good. It is good. It has a lot of great moments. Um, it has a great story, too, uh, overall. Um, they, they really did a good job, and it's more than just a fan service. My three-word review was going to be fan service nostalgia, but it is more than that. I think dubs uh, kind of opened my eyes like a little bit and um, – and, uh, and changed it up. I, I, I've since changed it though, and you know, it became more apparent. Um, but my uh, three word review is going to be brilliant but lazy. Uh, you know, Doc Ock, mm-hmm. this is what he tells Spider Man, uh, Toy McGuire, and uh, okay. and it felt true because it, it was so great. But there was, man, there was just some moments where I wish they, they uh, could have expanded more. Um, I wish they could have done something a little bit more with uh, some of the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and like I said, there was times it just felt like, hey, let's just give them the Spider Mans and you know, give them a few callbacks let's have toby talk about his backer and, and uh the man man's gonna be all right i just want a little <laughs> bit more maybe i'm just being too uh, uh greedy and uh, selfish no hey, hey i mean I always expect a lot from your entertainment there's nothing wrong with that i like it uh i'm glad you changed your three-word review because mine also has the word fan service in it jesus christ um so uh you know i am going to i'm going to throw and, and i guess part of this too is the way you know the way you're talking about it sharon that sony marvel uh, kind of split in the movie where you, you know, were kind of thrown off by it. I'm realizing that I definitely liked the Sony stuff more. I gravitated more to that. I definitely enjoy yeah. that more. And it's more of my comfort zone when I think like Spider Man comic book movie. And uh, so it makes sense that I gravitated towards that stuff a little bit more once they all came together. Uh, for this one, I, I'm i going to give this a 85 web blocks out of 100. I think it's. Uh, I, there's a lot I did not like about this movie. Kind of like the whole cat, all the Doctor Strange stuff. I thought was kind of weird and just uh, just how how it got to where it got to. I thought it was just a little. I mean, we're t- you guys are talking about forced. Like this whole Doctor Strange spell felt very forced, and um, the way that all played out. Everything after that, though, and the characters coming in, I just I can't get over how well they put it together, and I can't get over how not cheap it felt to me. Uh, and I, I anticipated it feeling cheap. Going into it, I thought I was going to feel that way. And it, it totally softened my cold heart. Uh, so my my three-word review is, is actually effective fan service. Uh, this is, I mean, I've, oh, I've never, I felt like it's never been uh, more effective. Because, you know, I guess fan service kind of almost implies like a kind of cheapness to it. And it just, it just never felt that way to me. So... Uh, yeah, I, I, I really liked it, 85, but I also thought a lot of stuff was dumb. But I, the stuff that they did so well and that nostalgia f- aspect brought it up to an 85 for me. So very, very strong for Marvel showing for me. I, I dug it quite a bit. Yeah. 
uh, I'm not sure if you were going to ask this one, Dubs, but um, I was curious to see how this movie landed in our potential top ten list. Like, I don't even know if this made my top five. Mm. And I feel like that's bad <laughs> because I think everything about it, it makes it like it should be. But I might have Dune ranked higher than this one. You know, like, and I think I do with my rating. Yeah. Um, now I'm just trying to figure out which one I liked more. <laughs> you know, like, did it give me what I needed? I don't know. Yeah, dude, I mean, it's, it's a different kind of, it like, uh, I don't know, it fulfills a different need, I suppose you could say. Yeah. Because there's not that much to complain sense. about with Dune, but it's just totally different. You're not going to reach the emotional highs that you get with Andrew Garfield catching MJ either. Nothing in Dune matches that, right? So Nothing. It's just, yeah, it's kind of, kind of just got to play it by, you know, however you feel at the time. But there's definitely potential for this to be in the top ten. There's a lot of movies we still watch. Um, yeah. So I'm not sure where this is going to land, but... Uh, this year, the way my scores have been so far, this is definitely easily a top 10 movie as of now. All right. Yeah. And then, well, Sharon, so before we, before we let you go here, is there any, uh, is there any movies that you've loved this year that you want to just want to shout out? Um, anything you've seen that you just thought was awesome you you want to talk about? I can't say I've made it to the movies enough. I probably (laughs) agree with you guys on Dune. Um, mm. I like. <laughs> I actually liked uh, Suicide Squad, but I wouldn't yeah. say that that's a top. It was it was extremely silly, um, but I liked it way better than the first one. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Hmm. I would say I'm probably not an indie film type of person, so you're mm. not going to see any of those coming from me. Okay. But. Okay. But then with the with the blockbusters, does um you know the Spider Man um. Does it does it do it for you? Like it seems like it might be a top movie for you, but um, did did you get the same effect? Like watching freaking I don't know if you saw the uh, 007 movie or um, mm. what, what's you know what big one this year? Yeah, this I is... I didn't watch the 007. Listening to you guys' review, I almost watched it. I almost Ooh. watched. It. I've never watched any Hell of the yeah. Bond movies oh. because. They're not for me. Just like, you know, you guys are kind of like hit or miss with these Marvel yeah. or, or, you know, anything animated, really. Like those well, that's more me. those yeah. espionage movies, I'm like, ah, I'm good. I don't need – this is too real. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. funny, dude. They're, yeah. they're probably the most accessible of that genre. Yeah. There's like a world in those kind of like espionage – where it's just a lot of people walking down hallways quickly, passing notes – Terrible this ones. is not that movie. Like this movie, <laughs> yeah. people are getting shot up, and like he's yeah. just drinking stuff, and you know, a lot more respectful <laughs> to women than he was in the previous ones. And as it's like correcting historical wrongs too. Like it's a solid flick. Solid flick. Got to check it out. Plus his blue eyes, as the Madman said in the episode, just <laughs> dreamy. Yeah, blue eyes kind of scare me, but you know. Yeah, I mean he's hot, dude. That's fair. Da- da- Daniel Craig's a good-looking man, dude. That's yeah, what, we're all I sitting mean, in here with brown eyes. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, th- thank you for showing respect to the brown eyes, too, Sharon. You know, I I appreciate that. Start so watching those, uh, <laughs> those uh, baby blues and Doby or IMAX. You know, they really pop. Yeah, like, I feel guy. like I'm about to get possessed. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but no, I would say this is probably going to be one of my tops because it falls right into what my interests are and I liked it so much um I haven't made it to see many movies this year like I've watched what's available on streaming as well just because of you know yeah COVID and then work and all mm-hmm. that but but I would say this is probably going to be close to my top well that wraps up our review for today uh Jaren, thank you for being a guest thank you for guessing uh our first review guest ever um it's, what, how cool 
Thank you so much. I'm so excited and so honored. I've been a day one fan and I've watched every, watched, wow, listened <laughs> to every single episode. And I will continue to do so. Awesome. So I'm excited. Love it. Love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm still fighting for uh, Screeny Boppers. I think that's a great, uh, <laughs> it's a great I name. Agree. I was all about it. Yeah. I'm, I'm still fighting for it. I don't think we figured it out yet. No, we, yeah, we didn't fans, figure it out. Called. No, but, no, uh, I consider boppers myself might a screeny bopper. Hey, yeah. amen, sister. Amen. Yeah. All right. Now we have our uh, conversation here with TC, who, um, like I said at the beginning, just released a feature film on Amazon Prime called The Christmas Sunset. And, you know, he's someone I worked with a while back. And when I saw he, uh, you know, released this movie and was pushed, I was like, hey, like, I, you know, you, you made a movie. I talk about movies. Uh, so, you got to come on and talk about your movie. And, uh, you know, TC, one of the coolest guys you'll ever meet. Uh, awesome interview. Absolutely awesome. Just really got into, like, the filmmaking process, the writing process, you know, what he's doing now, stuff he's working on in the future. Also gave some great recommendations for other movies. Talked about some of the podcasts he's involved in, uh, which I've listened to since. Like, he's just a great addition to the pod. It was an absolute pleasure to have him. Uh, here's my uh, interview with uh, TC. All right, so we'd like to welcome to the pod for the first time a man who um, well will need some introduction because no one knows who it is. Uh, but I well that sounded rude. I mean, I like that. Um, <laughs> not anything like that at all. But I feel so welcome right yeah, now. Yeah, no, well, no, yeah. it's just I, it's more like I'm happy to introduce you. So uh, we, we have TC Dewitt, writer, director, actor, um, all around just good guy. Uh, welcome to the show, TC. Good. Thanks for having me, man. This is awesome. <laughs> no, this, is, this is more than awesome. So oh. this is a big moment for me, and you know, I like to talk about myself, obviously. So TC <laughs> uh, put me on the first podcast I ever did way back in the day. I, we it was it's called the Re, Rewatchman, and I think the first one I was on, I was on a couple with you guys, you and Ben, and I think the first one we did was Blade Runner. I think Maybe. it would. Did you do you remember watching Akira with us? I, yes, I do remember okay. watching. So Akira. that that would have been the first one because we were at about mm-hmm. that point in the show. We had decided on Akira, and then we did Blade Runner and Crow, and we were like, "Well, we just did A, B, C, so we might as well do the whole alphabet at this point." Okay, okay. So I think yeah, that, that I could actually find out. Come to think of it, but yeah, you no. <laughs> you had uh, you had we'd been working together for a bit, and then. And then, lo and behold, you like to talk about movies. Surprise, surprise. And I was like, dude, get your butt over here. Me and Ben talk movies all the time. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> and I still think, Ben, there was some stuff I said that I'm not going to repeat. And there was a lot of stuff that got edited out. I think at the time, I was, I think I thought I was a shock comic. Um, and just trying to, <laughs> you know, say the craziest thing I could. And I remember listening to the Blade Runner one. And there being so much stuff edited out. And I was like, yeah, that's probably good. Uh, shout out, TC, <laughs> you know, looking out for me. Uh, but... Yeah, you know, yeah. you know, uh, trying to trying to keep uh, keep it non scandalous. No, it's a, a, amen, amen. Thank you, thank you so much. Because now it's like we grow, know, we grow, goodness. and we learn. Yeah, right. Uh, but it's just it's just so cool. I feel full circle to have this pod that you know we've been doing for a while. To have you come on, uh, the kind of catalyst for this was that you have a new movie that came out, like a, a feature. Uh, it's called The Christmas Sunset, uh, just released on Amazon Prime. And right. uh, I was just hoping you could tell us a little bit about that. 
well, again, thank you for having me on. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. so Christmas Sunset. Yeah, it's so I, I suppose just to give a, a general idea of what the movie's about, it is about five friends who come together for a Christmas holiday dinner two mm. years after the friend who linked them all together passed away. Okay. And it's on its surface, people will take a glance at the poster and they'll look at the just like the general like images from it and go, oh, it's like a lifetime. It's like a Hallmark Christmas movie. No, it is not. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of cursing. It's about grief and loss and love and friendships and uh, and there's it deals with death and and how people are united through the people around them and how love can exist in many different forms and it's. It's sweet. It's this sweet, it's ninety minute, hundred minute movie that is about that. It's it all takes place over the course of one night, uh, the dinner, then into night, and then into the sunrise the next day, and it's just one of those stories about a, a pivotal moment in these people's lives, as small and as insignificant as it might seem, uh, that uh, will probably be something that they look back at. Hopefully, you know, these characters will, will grow and learn from the experiences they share over the course of the night. <laughs> oh, it, it, and I mean, yeah, well, that's, I mean, obviously, great synopsis. You, you know, you were the writer director of this movie along with uh, yep. James Brzezelic, right? Yep, that's right. Yeah, I, I had written it originally as a play. Okay. And just about the beginning of 2020, I'd started producing with this amazing producer, actress, Danny Scott. She plays mm. Lauren in the movie, she's the redhead. Okay. I had started producing with her at the end of 2019 into 2020, and she had grand ambitions for 2020, as many people did, <laughs> about producing a bunch of stuff and escalating the scope of each thing. And as we were nearing, just before the whole world shut down, she had approached me and asked me if I had a feature, a bottle feature, essentially, uh, that takes place yeah. in one location. Mm -hmm. And... I said, well, actually, I have a play that I wrote that takes place all in one location. And she read it, and she said, oh, my God, this is great. Can you adapt this into a film? And yes, yes, I could. And so I took the sunset, was what it was originally called, yeah. adapted it into a Christmas sunset, expanded. The nice thing about a play versus, or a movie versus a play is the transcending of time and space. It's not the easiest mm. thing in the world to do flashbacks on yeah. the stage. It's not impossible. People do it. But it's a heck of a lot easier when you can just have a character look off distantly like JD from Scrubs and suddenly flash to <laughs> five years earlier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we, I pitched that to her. She loved it. Uh, she just started to put it into production. And then the whole world shut down. <laughs> no, that's why. Well, so wait before. So the flashbacks were not a part of the original story. Correct. That's yeah. So, the, well, that's, I mean, it's cool. I mean, it's cool the way they were used. It's. I mean, it's definitely a great way to tell the story. So how awesome! How awesome! Yeah. It's. It ended up being this wonderful way to expand and elaborate on some of the backstory elements that you only get through conversation in the stage version. Mm -hmm. And I, it was exciting because I was able to. Well, funny enough, there's a. A role in here played by, I'm going to name drop immediately, our one star, like our big uh, General <laughs> yeah. Hospital star, Cassandra James, is in this. And I'd initially written this play with her character in mind. And the first attempt at production, the producer who was going to just produce it as a play asked me to cut that character. 
Oh. Because it was going to be produced in Utah, and they don't take too kindly down there to open-mindedness. Yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> so. that's so wild. It's yeah. so interesting. I mean, it's just so, interesting with, you know, the just the kind of where literally where you're located and how things go mm-hmm. and trying to sell something. They're like, yeah, <laughs> we'd, we'd prefer not to have this in our fun little story. Thank Which you. Which is absolutely insane because it's, it's such a – every one of the five characters that – you meet in the show or in the, in the, in the movie, uh, how they interact with each other, how they grow. So getting to go back and, uh, and elaborate on the characters, I was more, I was genuinely, in, uh, genuinely, genuinely happy to go in and expand on Zoe's character and, and working with Cassandra to make sure I was sensitive to the LGBTQ community uh, was, was a wonderful growing experience. Oh. And it's, it's, it, it, the results show itself on there. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, so so Danny was like, "Let's produce this." Then COVID shut down. She's like, "Okay." It was just when there was that dip in the in the first wave into the second wave, where things were were still <laughs> yeah. on lockdown, like, but we, we were able to have some like, stuff. We could do some stuff. So we produced this in July of 2020 during quarantine, and we followed all the rules of of the Screen Actors Guild about social distancing and the crew we were masked and gloved up the entire time and having different mm-hmm. spaces for the cast and makeup and the set and wow and it was uh, it was a big challenge just to produce an independent film just to produce a feature yeah but then to add all the covid restrictions on top of it was was <laughs> yay <laughs> <laughs> it's gotta be wild yeah I, I just because there's i mean there's so much that goes into it already I mean, just every yeah. every little thing. You know, I've been on very few film sets, but even the stuff where I well, we filmed. Oh gosh, we filmed something years ago called Relish, which is hard mm-hmm. to find. Thank goodness. Otherwise, <laughs> I might not uh, name drop it. No, it's super fun little film. But I mean, even that there's there's so much that goes into it, and then just editing after. I can't imagine having everything else on top of that, and for a whole feature versus just a couple yeah. minutes. I mean, it's, that'd be crazy. Yeah, uh, for those who want to seek out Relish, it is possible to find it. <laughs> Yeah, if you guys if you guys want to see me uh, see see the thing that I filmed with uh, TC when I realized for sure that I'd never be an actor, uh, <laughs> but had a ton of fun doing it, kicks my ass. <laughs> I I am I am in a chair and he's beating me up in a in a Dexter kill room. <laughs> Dude, you're great in it. You're great. In it. You're so natural in it. We didn't we that went to like a was it the Jivas Film Festival? I yeah, think that it, it got into it's been in a few film festivals actually. Oh, sweet. Yeah, it's it's just just little dark comedy short, and and you did a great job in it. Don't sell yourself short. <laughs> and you came back for more because you helped on on Thursdays. I do laundry. Yeah, correct, you, correct. Yeah, I got revenge on you in that. Yes, I had, I was, I had the lead actor <laughs> kick your ass. Yeah, I, I was killed. I was shot. I died. I died on screen. Um, so it's pretty magical. What a wonderful. Those are see those memories are so. Like I'm, I'm kind of downplaying it now because I, I can't stop myself from downplaying it. Mm-hmm. I talk about that shit all the time. You're like, oh. well, not all the time, but anytime someone mentions, like, oh yeah, you know, I like film, and yeah, we, we, you know, we, we film some stuff here and there. I'm like, oh yeah, you know, I've done a couple shorts myself. Uh, yeah, you know, it's just it always. I mean, it's easily some of the coolest experiences I've ever been a part of. Thanks to you, I, so thank you for oh. that. <laughs> hey, honestly, you were wonderful when we did on Thursdays. I do laundry. We had shot, it was like a 14 hour day. We started like early morning. We shot all the way into the night. Yeah. And when we went to our last location, you showed up oh, to yeah. help out. And 
you brought such a boost of enthusiasm. Like you're just so stoked to be there <laughs> that so it was cool. just like, this is awesome. Like we'd cut and you'd be like, God, this is great. This is so great guys. And it was just this like new fresh energy that made it so much fun to finish the night off. So <laughs> I'm so happy. <laughs> that sounds exactly like, literally just like, well, you guys did it again. Movie magic. Movie, Movie magic. magic. Can you believe it? <laughs> Oh, I love it. That, and that's how much I love movies. I mean, yeah, you know, anytime someone has a camera out, I'm like, this is great. Unless they're filming <laughs> like a TikTok and then I get annoyed. Um, so, no, that's awesome. Okay, cool. So, filmed uh, mid pandemic, mm-hmm. got got everything taken care of. So, how'd that, I mean, even, so you guys are producing that. I mean, how do you, so this was redacted films, right? Is that your Correct. company or? Yeah, yeah, that's myself and Chad Halverson. Okay. We form, we started filming together back in 2010. Like he basically gave me my first paid screenwriting gig and we okay. we'd known each other through we actually went to school together but we became friends around college. We had a band together in college. Like awesome. like awesome. the clichés we are. Oh, hey, got to create. And he it. gave me my first shot in 2010 to write a screenplay and then we just continued to produce from there. He's He's one of my best friends in the whole world. He's practically my brother. And yeah, so Redacted is our company, our film label. And yeah, so we, um, he came out here. Danny produced it. Danny was our, our mm-hmm. like lead producer. I helped her produce as well. Chad as well. And, and Jim as well helped produce. Now produce um, means finds money to make it possible. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. That's, that's sort of the main uh, thing that a producer has to do, but there's there's a lot more to that. In that, yeah, Danny got us the location, she got us the cast, she got us. I, I in in co-producing with her, she handled a lot of the casting. She uh, handled, like I said, the locations, costuming, and props and stuff like that. Meanwhile, I handled putting the crew together because Chad and I had been working together for a decade at this point. <laughs> yeah. So I was able, to like, hey. I'll get I'll get the DP John Klein got our sound guy Luke Murray got our camera op Devin Delul uh, bringing in Chad to edit as well as be our drone pilot uh, Jim uh, James Brzezelik who is credited as co-writer co-director I've been working with him I've known him for years as well mm-hmm. and he, he so I, when I presented the play to him I basically read the thing to him and every like every sentence he go ah stop. <laughs> you know, I'm not quite feeling this. Can you explain to me why this? And then I change. Like, okay, does this sound a little bit better? It's like I continue. I make him sound like a jerk, but he was amazing. Like he was critical oh, in, awesome. in taking the existing script and crafting it into the stronger film that it is. Uh, and that's before we ever even rolled film, because once it got in the actors' hands, the they always say that they said that a film is is made three times when it's written, when it's filmed, and when it's edited. Mm. And there was certainly some great discoveries once we started filming with with the cast. But yeah, da- so Danny produced by getting us the locations and securing, like, the apartment we shot in was in her building. Her neighbor next door was gone for COVID. She like, went back to Chicago for months. Oh, So Danny was just like, hey, can we film in your apartment? <laughs> And she was like, yeah, that's oh, fine. Like, that's they awesome. cut some deal with rent or whatever. I don't know. Um, and Danny's like, oh, you're going to love this place. She's just like the Lauren character, so we're not going to have to do any set decoration. It's going to look great. And we walk in, and it 
did not look what we wanted it to look. <laughs> and so what Danny ended up doing was we stripped that place clean. We took everything out of that apartment and rebuilt wow. the apartment. Wow. And, and, and for the sake of, of since this was lent, this place was just lent to us, right? <laughs> yeah. We took pictures of everything as it was, cleared the apartment out, built the set, and then after we finished, we took the set apart and put everything back exactly where it was. <laughs> Love it. Love it. That's great. That's so great. That's so yeah. I hope there's like a deleted scenes, like a special feature coming to that. I need, I need we, like a DVD uh, special oh, features. Sure. <laughs> That's what I miss about DVDs is special features. But yeah, there's, there was definitely some, it was amazing. And so to, to actually talk about how we filmed in the apartment, because it oh, takes yeah. place essentially in a single location. I worked with John Klein, our DP. I told him when we went in here, I said, anytime this conversation moves to a new person in this room or a new place in the room, because as you watch the movie, characters talk over the couch and then mm-hmm. they talk over the table and they talk by the window. I said, every time we move the conversation, we are moving the camera. So we never shot mm. any scene the same way as we shot another scene. Okay. Right. Because if, like when you think of like TV shows, like yeah. sitcoms, they usually film the wide. So you see Jerry Seinfeld's apartment and mm-hmm. then they shoot the close-ups from either side. It's standard multi-cam filming. And the last thing I wanted was for this movie to look like a sitcom. Yeah. So we moved that camera around. We shot the hell out of that apartment every That's which awesome. way. That thing from every angle. I love it. That's so great. Man. Okay. So that's okay. So this is, this is, and by the way, I'm, you know, I, you know, everyone listening, I'm sure everyone's finding this interesting. I'm still that guy, you know, showing up late. Like, this is amazing. Like all these stories, like this behind the scenes (laughs) stuff, it's just, I could listen to it all day. So this is, this is great. Thanks for, I'm, I have, I could, as long as you're interested, I feel like I'm doing all right here. No, no, you're, this is awesome. Um, this is awesome. So, uh, talk, talk to me a little bit about, how Cassandra James became involved because I was looking at, I personally, you know, I haven't watched uh, general hospital. Anytime He's lying recently. folks. He has a general hospitals tattoo on his neck. <laughs> I can see it from line. here. <laughs> but you know, I, I was looking into the cast and, and, and I saw that uh, Cassandra James has quite a big following, you know? And so how, how did she become a part of this uh, movie? Well, through Danny, as a matter of fact, okay. Danny being an actress first before she's a producer, mm. she had acted in a, a, a couple things with Cassandra. And again, going back to when I presented the script, rewinding a little bit, when I gave Danny the play, I had given her the version where I had changed the Zoe character to mm. be a different, d- different, right? Okay. To, to, to appeal to the Salt Lake City yeah. Mormons. <laughs> and Danny read the script and she said, some, I, I have a question. The Zoe character, something didn't feel quite right about it. And I was like, wow, you could, I guess my rewrite wasn't good enough that you could detect mm. it so easily. And I told her this character was intended to be trans. And she's like, oh, I thought so. Put that back in because I know exactly who I'm going to approach to do this. And because she had worked with Cassandra, uh, Cassandra before, mm-hmm. she was able to approach her and connect the two of us so that we could discuss the script and, and make sure it was, you know, true allyship. I wanted her yeah. voice to be heard in it. And she came on board and she was a champion. Uh, she, everybody was a champion. Yeah. Our whole cast. We filmed this entire movie in nine days. Okay. 
That's, it's a 90 minute movie. Yeah, we shot it in nine days. <laughs> and uh, I, they, everybody involved, Cassandra, Matt, Courtney, Devin, uh, uh, everybody in this thing was just like, I think there was only one day where we really felt the length of it because we shot mm. for four days straight, took a day off and then five days straight. Uh, and we were able to film chronologically for the first half so that basically the beginning of the movie until the journal comes out and everybody goes their separate ways. Yeah. We shot that in order. So our actors oh. were able to truly go on the journey with these characters. And yeah. it's not normal for productions to film in order. So it's really sometimes difficult for the actors to go, uh, okay, so in this scene, this is the scene where I'm completely devastated and my life has been ruined. Cool. We're shooting this first. Awesome. Great, great. What are we filming tomorrow? Oh, the happy montage. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's, yeah, well, when, when was the beach day? The beach day was actually a pickup. We had, nice. we, the drone stuff, the beach stuff, and me playing guitar with the Ricky character, yeah. uh, Matt Rescu. Those are some extra stuff we picked up after the fact. Once we had the first edit, we were looking at it, and we were like, you know what? We need just a little extra stuff here. And reshoots are normal. Whenever you hear reshoots, you think, oh, the movie's a mess. Yeah. Oh, oh, no, yeah. no, no. Justice League isn't coming out like they wanted. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, so we, we had planned, once we had the first cut, much like any production does, once you get that first cut, there's usually a plan in, mm. already in effect to have some pickup shoots and whatnot. So that was our beach day and, and okay. we shot that and had some fun with it. So. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. There is, you know, and, and I really enjoyed those scenes and, and it's cool to hear. And it makes sense, you know, coming from a stage play uh, that, you know, all the, all of the flashbacks were some that was added on after, but you know, it was really interesting. And part of it is because, I mean, there's a lot of times that you were, you were on screen too. And I was like, Oh, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's Oliver again. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, but you know, this was a, I, I guess, you know, well, you say it, the poster kind of looks like a Lifetime movie. I mean, I wouldn't say that necessarily, but I think it does look like a really, like, happy movie, almost. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of moments in this movie that were not happy. Uh, no. And some of those flashbacks were hard to watch. And uh, and there was a lot of, there's a lot of moments of tension. And, uh, I mean, stuff with the, you know, you said the Ricky character, which was, which was really hard to watch. And stuff with um, even uh, the Brianna character when she mm -hmm. was kind of coming to some realizations about the way she acts and the way it was being perceived. And it was, it was like, Oh man, like this is really heavy sitting <laughs> with you here. It was, it was affecting. Um, and oh, I mean, overall uplifting, but there was definitely, it was a lot heavier than I anticipated going into it. I, I, I want to say good. Like I'm glad I'm not that I <laughs> broke your heart or anything, but no. I did want this to have, and we all did when we approached this, we wanted it to, to mean something, right? I, if you look at the library of films we've mm. made over the past decade, it's a lot of goofy fun stuff. Yeah. Like we yeah. have a lot of fun with the comedy stuff and, and it's just more fun to do that. I always say my favorite things to do are the ones that have blooper reels. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but approaching this and maybe it was the, the, uh, the time in the world that we were filming it, mm. that it lended itself to having a little more introspective heaviness to it. But there is, particularly Kalen, he play Kalen Talk plays our Cal. He's the Santa that we see oh, talking yeah. to Ricky on the streets, yeah. and then we see him on the roof. I loved him. He, he's not in the play. I added him for the film because mm. once I had the, the complete screenplay, I was like, I need to break this up just a few times 
so that this just isn't a, yeah. just a dramatic slog through the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, that well, he was really effective in that role too, and especially for you know uh, Brianna's character. I was like, good, like she needed a win. I feel like so there was that moment <laughs> where it all came together for her. I was like, yes. Right. Yeah, they have this the cute rooftop moments. Yeah, a little me cute. I loved it. Yeah. Honestly, if if you're if you'd like to talk a little more, like we're sort of being like standard movie watchers where we don't want to spoil <laughs> the movie, right? All right, yeah. Um I I hope that people listening, if you're interested in in watching this, it is available on Amazon. It's a buck to rent. You know, you can yeah, rent it, buy it. It's, a, it's two bucks to buy it. Two bucks to buy it, yes. If thank this you. This <laughs> is not in your Amazon prom, Prime library for the rest of your life. Uh, you're a dirtbag. I get. I, I feel comfortable saying that. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. There. I appreciate. It. <laughs> but but so to speak a little more spoilery, if if I'm I'm fine. Oh yeah, yeah. Go for it. Go for the, it. <laughs> I, the the cute moment on the rooftop where Cal and Brianna have their sort of awkward. It's this cute like meeting of like, hey, you're cute. I'm cute, and do you want to go on a date sometime? Courtney does one of the my favorite line deliveries in the whole thing. And I can actually thank Jim for wording it the way he it's written in the script and then her delivery of it, which is like, he asks her out and she mm. doesn't answer. And she like talks about the <laughs> lights and then she goes, uh, and I think dinner would be nice. I mean, the two of us will be nice. I mean, we will have dinner. And then she kind of <laughs> looks away like, God. <laughs> and I'm, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't even hit the line correctly, but she, I love that moment. No, it's so cute. And and Kaylin and her just like are great. And then Kaylin has one of the best moments with Ricky on the streets yeah, when he's sitting yeah. outside. Which if I may, Matt uh Matt Rascu who plays Ricky, we had auditioned a dozen people to play that part. Oh wow. We could not find a Ricky because Ricky's an asshole. Yeah, yeah. But you gotta feel sorry for him. Like he can't just be a dickhead. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of the people auditioning who did a good job, people weren't doing a bad job in audition, but everyone You're was just either, an asshole. They uh, were leaning too much into him yeah. being a dick or too much into him being the funny guy and not finding that balance. Cause, cause ultimately Ricky has the biggest weight on him in yeah. this movie. And we had cast Courtney who plays Brittany mm-hmm. and uh, Matt and her were partners at the time. We had seen Matt in one other thing. And as we were casting, Danny's like, what about, what, what, how about we ask Matt to audition? Because we, he had helped us out on something before and we knew he could act, but she was worried like, oh, well, what if we ask him to audition and then we don't give him the part? Is that going to make it weird for everybody? (laughs) And I was like, how about this? Say that. (laughs) (laughs) Just say it. Yeah. Just put it all out there. We don't want this to be weird, but we'd like to audition whether they get the part or not. And so we called that Courtney to be like, hey, do you think we could get Matt's audition? And she's like, so funny. We were just about to do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And, and Matt sent his audition tape. He, in his audition tape, wore the ring of Christmas lights Oh, does, I mean, around that, his neck. Yeah, I love and that. like the first three words out of his mouth, I was like, Yes, uh, got it. This is Ricky. This is Ricky. This is the right line that you need to walk. <laughs> he is such a tortured character, yeah. And he's he says some pretty cruel, honest things. Mm-hmm. And then as the movie goes on, you realize what he's carrying inside of him. Yeah. It's like Jesus, this makes a lot of sense. And Matt killed it. No, killed he was great. It. Yeah, he was great. And you know, in it's testament to that. 
I kept thinking, like, hey, me and this guy, Kindred Spirits. And then the movie yeah. kept going. I was like, yeah, maybe not. And then it kept going a little more. And I was like, you know what? No, I get this guy. And then it kept yeah. going more. And I was like, yeah, maybe not again. And and it was really, you know, he, he really played both those sides well. I mean, when he came in, just sunglasses on with the lights, like, what's up? <laughs> and that conversation with Cal. And he's like, you know, you're not even in the Christmas spirit. And he just flicks the lights on. It's classic. Yeah, you are definitely... Moping. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you're definitely brooding. Yeah, yeah. Well, sure. Like he tries to give him gum. He's like, I just didn't want Santa. I just didn't want any gum, Santa. <laughs> Such a great scene. Such a great yeah. scene. And then uh, he and Danny have one of the heaviest scenes in the entire movie near the end. Oh, yeah. where, where Ricky breaks down and she just is like, just get it out. Which, so when, when we were producing, we had asked Matt... Like we'd given them the option of about how, what order we could film his scenes in. Cause we could have mm-hmm. broken it up a different way. And he's like, basically, so what we did is we shot the flashback that he and I have. And then we shot his breakdown, shot his breakdown in the streets. Oh, okay. So he it's had to go day. from two. Yeah. It was a heavy <laughs> damn day. And when we shot that, the, the breakdown in the streets, we shot in Koreatown in Los Angeles one o'clock in the morning, midnight, one o'clock in the morning yeah. on like a Saturday. So like down the street, there's just, just like club <laughs> bar hopping, just loud music. Life, yeah. And we found a little quiet corner that we could film on and he's, he's having his breakdown and we're doing take after take, just trying to get it right. He's just like in it, just like totally giving it his <laughs> all. And some dude on like the seventh floor of the building we're nearby, just goes, Hey, shut the fuck up. <laughs> It's 1 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> and and ruined the take. It was very like, my my instinctual response, what I wanted to shout back, like this guy interrupts, like, it was this tense moment, all this drama. It's just heavy. Yeah. We're, we're just exhausted emotionally from this whole day. This asshole shouts, it's 1 a.m. in the morning. And my instinctual <laughs> response, what I wanted to yell back was, hey, asshole, you don't have to say in the morning if you say a.m. It's redundant. It's redundant. <laughs> Uh, but instead, we did yell back <laughs> at the guy and, and just moved around the corner. That's <laughs> smart, smart. <laughs> I, I ended up putting that into the next script I wrote, where someone is oh, like gosh. celebrating on the corner outside, and someone's like, "Shut up! It's one a.m. in the morning. You don't have to say in the morning if you say a.m. Asshole." There you go. Hey, real life gives us the best, <laughs> the best screenplay. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, <laughs> and that well, I mean, it makes sense. You know, it's funny. You know, as I'm watching it, I just I'm like, oh, like this is great, and you know, really enjoying the process. And and again, thank you so much for putting together a 90 minute movie and not a 260 minute movie or oh, whatever. Hey, no problem. You know, I mean, thank, be, thank you for watching. Yeah, you know, that being said, <laughs> if you have a 250 minute movie in your heart, you know, like please put that out. Can't wait to see it. <laughs> but yeah, I've just I've really grown to appreciate movies that don't overstay their welcome, and it's 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 nice just to fire something up and be like, okay, this is going to be done before you know digestible. Yeah, like, this is great. I, for for a long time, I worked with I've I had a fellow collaborator who's constantly encouraging me to let's do a feature, let's do a feature, and I was resistant for quite some time because I thought, okay, look, I don't know if I have a story that mm. I would ask my friends to sit and watch for 90 minutes, let alone strangers. Yeah. <laughs> and it took a few years of building what I thought were, were the necessary skills in order to tell a feature film. And, and man, I'm, I'm, obs- I'm obsessed with film. Mm. It is my life. It is my religion. Yeah. And I finally had reached a point where like, well, 
whether you want to hear it or not, <laughs> I think this is a coherent story that could be that you could withstand watching for at least 90 minutes. <laughs> I love it. This is kind of a random question. How many features do you have written right now? That oh, okay. So <laughs> um I I consider my professional writing career starting in 2010. Okay. And I didn't start getting like really paid for lengthier things. I did a lot of commercials and music videos and, mm-hmm. and like corporate internal scripts for quite some time. And then a lot of my own short films. Yeah. But about five years ago, I legitimately started writing for like for hire freelance. Mm-hmm. I literally make a living writing now. So great. <laughs> this is going to sound like a fake number, but I, I, I do, I have written over 90 feature films. No, no, I love it. No, that's, <laughs> that's, okay, well, that is crazy. Because yeah. I've always talked about it being a dream of mine to write, and I've written zero. Um, so <laughs> that's so, but that's so cool. So ninety now is that ninety that you have like locked and loaded, or ninety that you for hire? You know, you've written for other people, and I, I at least half of those were were written for other people. But uh, so, like, what I do professionally is people will either give me a completed script and say, make this better, and I'll fix the dialogue mm-hmm. or I'll fix plot holes. So yeah. I've done dozens of those. Uh, sometimes I will get a treatment and say, well, this is the movie we want to tell. Can you write the feature for it? And then mm. I will write the first draft and so on and so forth. And then uh, several dozen of them are also just original ideas that I had that I put to page and in the hopes of one day getting a chance to produce. <laughs> uh, but it's a lot of, it's a lot of different variations of how the dominoes are falling and, and giving me the chance to, to write. But Several of the features that I've written, I've ghostwritten, so I can't tell you what movies there because contractually, oh, <laughs> I've I've you go. written a movie for someone else to then to take, take credit for, it. essentially. Yes, that's but it's crazy. hey, it's a living. Um, no, that's cool. I have, I mean, I'm pretty sure that's how rap music like exists. Yeah, so I'm, under the, <laughs> I'm under the impression at least. Well, it, it's I I would never. Like compare myself in the quality or or the the legends that they are, but people like Quentin Tarantino and and Pat Oswalt and Aaron Sorkin and mm-hmm. even Carrie Fisher, Princess Leia yeah. herself, they made an early career of rewriting screenplays for people uncredited, mm. and it's at the very least it allows me to have connect get make networking yeah. connections with people who then will continue to hire me and pay me yeah, to work or or be interested in you know, something original from me. I figured it was a high number. I wouldn't have guessed 90 ever. I probably would have said something like 20 and thought like, you know, for sure, which was the highest number in my mind. But I remember back in the day, you know, we, our buddy Steven, uh, mm-hmm. you know, always talked about wanting to be a filmmaker, you know, and you were, you know, you were just a creator guy. You're doing everything. You're like, I'm acting, I'm writing, I'm directing, I'm doing whatever needs to be done. Mm-hmm. I'm just making stuff because that's what I want to do. And I was always talking about, like, oh, yeah, I mean, it'd be fun, and I just love the movie set, and I'd like to write and all this stuff. And and you were sitting there with me, and me saying all this stuff, and Steven saying all this stuff, and you were like, are you guys going to actually do anything? And we're like, no, like, <laughs> it's just so fun to talk about. <laughs> and I remember you came into work one day, and you had two scripts. And you're like, all right, I got these two scripts. You guys choose one, and we're going to film it. Okay? Yes. And it was like, <laughs> okay. And there were two, like, you know, then that's when we ended up doing Relish, but... It was just a couple page scripts and you know, and that's just that's a TC factor. And the whole time I'm like, man, like 
how does this guy do it? You know, he's putting, like, all right, where are we filming? We're going to do it. Where are we going to film it? Each one set in one location. What are we going to do? Let's do this. Yeah, yeah, let's go. Stubborn persistence at the very least. Uh, <laughs> no, it's, but it's <laughs> I great. will not go quietly into the night. <laughs> no, it's great. And I'm sure Stephen feels the same way about those things of like just great, great memories and just uh, so I, fun. I'm, 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 I think of those finally as well. Some of the, <laughs> some of my favorite film moments have just been filming a short with my friends, with yeah. you, with Steve, with Chad, with, Danny with Candace, like just filming something for the hell of it and giving it our all and something that very early, like essentially when Chad gave me my first script writing gig, I was like, mm-hmm. I'm taking this seriously. This is, I'm going to give this a hundred percent. I'm never going to treat this as a blow off. Yeah. I was not, I was a wonderful B plus student and I usually like slacked <laughs> off like crazy as a student. Yeah. I'm way more diligent now <laughs> that my, my financial life depends on me <laughs> yeah. doing yeah. the work. But I, I, even if we were doing something silly or some short film, I always was like, all right, not pretentiously. So like, we're making fine art here, guys. Let's take this seriously. (laughs) No, no, no. I, I always go into every project, whatever it might be with my, I have four rules that I do everything with and it's finish it, be proud of it, learn from it and have fun with it. I love it. That's, that's the best we can ask for. That's great. I like the because even rules. if we fail, it's done, and we're going to learn from it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. No, it's great. And it, I mean, it's it's just such a testament. I, you know, I. The only reason I hesitate to call you an inspiration is because I haven't actually done anything. So it's like, well, how can you be you? You've inspired me to do what? Like, but I mean, this the, half the reason this podcast exists is because you know you you threw me on a podcast back then. It's like, oh wait, uh, like this is a hey. thing and. You always you, had that work ethic, so yeah. Um, I mean, I'm it was just, easy you know. to throw you on the mic because you always had <laughs> something fun to say. Like you, I, I just thought you're charming as hell. I'm like, get out of here! Come on, get over here. Ah, you okay. wrote something once, and I've asked you oh about it multiple gosh. times over years. And I always remember it's about two idiots trying to rob a Seven Eleven, and they <laughs> yeah. put like a one of them puts like a bag on his head, and he's like breathing into it. And he can't. Yeah. He's like, it feels like Satan's breath, and like in my in my eyes. Yeah. And oh man! I, 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 yeah, I, yeah. That that, was, that comes back into my head often, where I'm like, I wonder whatever Mike, I would, what does Mike do with that? I'll try and find that. It's got to be on a flash drive somewhere. It's some. It's yeah. like three computers ago at this point, but there's. Yeah. It is somewhere. I mean, I don't. I remember. I wrote a couple, a couple things. It was based. You know, it was. And again, that was from you, kind of talking about. I I even remember saying like, you know, how like what format do you need to write a script in? And you were like. As long as the person filming it knows what you mean to do, that's all that really matters. And I was like, okay, cool, cool. Like, okay, you know, you were just so supportive. Like, does it have to be like this? And you're like, uh, I mean, as long as it makes sense. And I was like, okay, yeah. okay, cool, cool. That's um, all that matters. No one has ever lost out an opportunity to film something because the script was in the wrong format. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Makes sense. And I remember you saying too, like, let's, you know, w- you know, instead of like, you know, wanting something huge, which is cool, like. Think about what you have available, what you know. At that time, I went to Seven Eleven all the time, at like two o'clock mm. in the morning, and so I was pretty much like best friends with the guy who worked overnight. Yeah, and that's when I. That's why I wrote that thing. I was like, I'm pretty sure this guy will let us film and act like we're robbing this place because, like, Perfect. he's like this guy's just high all the time. He doesn't care about anything. Like, he'll be super, super cool. Yeah, and I remember it was it was it was anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it was going to be to finance whatever they were filming. So they were trying to rob the place, but it wasn't to steal money. They were just trying to get like food for the actors because they were like, "Oh, oh wait, that's right. We have to like they feed the actors. Crazy. Like, okay, like, 
So they were just went in and were like rob taking food and stuff and you know, yeah. And then I had a bunch of scratchers because, you know, it's just a degenerate trying to get rich. And so I just had them in my room and I was like, Oh, these scratchers would be perfect. Like, oh, like, where's all the money for the food? And the guy just like scratching scratchers, scratchers like scratchers, uh. baby. Yeah. So Yeah, I gotta find that. That was yeah, it was super fun. It was fun writing it for sure. So yeah, and now you did you definitely asked me for that. You're like, hey, I don't know what you're doing with that, but can I have it? <laughs> nah. Can I help you? No, well, yeah, yeah. You no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. You're like, let me like let's do this. Let's create. Well, yeah, man, of course. Um oh wait, well, yeah. <laughs> I could talk about uh, these these great times all the time. Uh I you know what's funny too? I think back to Akira. I cannot imagine having anything remotely constructive to say about that movie whatsoever. <laughs> I just I cannot help but think I was a terrible podcast guest on that. No. You you were like when I think about three four people on a radio show, right? Like you have your morning crew, whatnot. You always <laughs> yeah. have like the the main guy who's like the the Howard Stern, whatnot. The mm. the man cow, if that means anyone too, any anything to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> and you have like the sidekicks essentially, and there's always that one who just has the right thing to say as little as they might have to say. And you were always like, anything you had to say was always like just the right amount of contribution, <laughs> especially playing off Steve who would like lo- love yeah. I love the guy, yeah. but he'd like ramble. He's, like, he'd yeah. be like, uh, he's a talker. He's a talker. Uh, 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 and, and you would just be like, I think what Steve's trying to say is he liked it. <laughs> hey, thanks Mike. Thanks. <laughs> oh man. That's great. And I don't want to find those old ones too. I've seen, are they still they up? Still, the- they still exist out there. Oh, yeah. yeah. I have to check that out. I have to check that out. All right. You'll so, listen to it and just be like, ugh. Yeah, it's just rough. I mean, still, I, you know, even when I edit these podcasts, I'm just like, Jesus, what is, oh, gosh, you're just, <laughs> no, why are you doing this? No one, no one wants to hear that. Uh, but, you know, get through it somehow. And then, yeah. you know, my buddy who I film him with, uh, the madman, we call him on the pod, uh, he, you know, he's always so supportive. Every time I put out a pod, I'm like, hey, how'd it sound? He's like, Phew. Killed it. Sounds great. Dude. Awesome pot. And I'm like, all right, well, all right, let's do another one then. Uh, so he's always keeping me motivated. So what? So are you working on anything now? So Christmas Sunset's out. It's on Amazon. Yeah, thriving. Yeah, we, we threw it out there on Thanksgiving, and our hope is just to get the get the traction we can through the holiday season. Mm-hmm. So just giving it a little shove every now and then. So I'll just ask your listeners, if you just want to go mm-hmm. give us a five-star rating, you don't even have to yeah. watch it. Do it. Do <laughs> Feed it, the algorithm. Yeah. Feed the algorithm. <laughs> yeah. No, watch. Yeah, watch. And leave a comment too, right? Comments too? Yeah. If, uh, reviews help if you want to throw a review up there. The, mm-hmm. So when we when I posted it, I needed it to get through like the Amazon process. Like for in order for mm-hmm. Amazon to pick it up and for Amazon to stream it, they had, like, you had to meet certain requirements. Okay. And I started that process earlier than necessary just so it was ready to go on thanksgiving Hmm. and in order to get through the process i had to put a price tag on it so i was like well i don't want to get it out there and then have someone watch it in july that doesn't make sense yeah so i just put it for a thousand (laughs) dollars because like (laughs) who in their right mind right yeah yeah i just needed it up for a day like just to clear the process and then i could Mm -hmm. pause it right once amazon said we accept your film congratulations then I could pause it, yeah. right? It was up for a day, like not even 24 hours. And some dickhead <laughs> gave us a one-star review. And his review is like, a grand for a movie? No thanks. One star. I'm like, ah, you bastard. <laughs> I can't. That's so funny. Is That that one's still up, right? It's still I'm up. Really, it's yeah, the very it's not, first review. <laughs> the review above it is me going, don't listen to the guy. He couldn't even watch it. It's a good movie, I assure you. <laughs> 
Oh my gosh, people are so. I, I feel like there's, you know, there's something to unpack there about just people's need to comment on literally everything, yeah, like, whether it know, concerns them at all. <laughs> like, how did he even find it? What was he doing? It's like thousand. It's like, maybe no, no, he's no. a. They he need could to be know. a Cassandra, a Cassandra fame, and he was, a Cassandra James fan. It was just like a uh, fan, and he was just like <laughs> watching her hashtag like like a hawk. There she is, a thousand dollars, one star. These bastards. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but man. yeah, that's out. It'll we'll push it through the holidays and hopefully you know get some views. It's it's we're we're really proud of it. It really came together nicely, and it's not inherently a Christmas movie. It just happens to be set on Christmas. Mm. So uh, I feel if people discovered over the course of the next months or so that they're not going to be turned off. It is called a Christmas sunset, so that might be enough <laughs> for people to go. Yeah. Come on. It's March, but what have you. <laughs> but it's Christmas in L.A. also, so yeah, it right. looks like March you know, when they go outside anyway. <laughs> we shot it in July. and well, There you go. Like a, we wrapped like a week later. It was 120 degrees. Like it yep. was – we just missed – it was hot as hell on set anyway because we couldn't run the air conditioner. <laughs> anyway. Um, but, yeah, we, we've, we're in production right now for our next feature – Oh. Which is a horror movie. Okay. And it's called The Demon Detective. At least that's the title right now. Uh, that could Ooh. always change. And it's about a freelance demonologist exorcist who works for hire to banish ghosts or fight possessions. And he's hired by a woman who's being haunted by a demon that has connections to this guy's past. And sort of this suspense oh. thriller starts unfolding. And Sounds wild. Yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. We've got some <laughs> cool people. And Dustin Gulich is our lead. He's playing the main character Miles, who's okay. he's just kicking ass. And we've got some fun. We got some fun people in there as well. Uh, but we're just we just started production on it. We've shot the like the opening of the movie. Like basically, you know, how James Bond movie just kicks off the action and then the movie starts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We shot like essentially the cold open where we just jump right into a possession and Heck he yeah. kicks this thing's ass. And we, my, like the way I approached it was like, okay, we, we achieved something with sunset. I want to double the scope. So okay. double the size, yeah. double the, double the scope in terms of like the sort of action we're going to attempt and the effects we're going to attempt. And yeah, it's fun. Like also knowing awesome. that horror is the most desired genre people like it people love it and people like, love an indie horror too yeah it's it's it. one of the 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 fan base of horror like real horror fans they're yeah. the most forgiving they're the most welcoming there's such a love for every yeah. type of quality when it comes to horror it's so if it's true. bad it's awesomely bad if it's good <laughs> it's awesomely good and hopefully we land somewhere in in one of those categories. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's yeah, it's it, more inspired by stuff like The Conjuring or even like The Sixth Sense, where they're not bloody horror movies. We're not making mm -hmm. a slasher. I set out to make something that's un unsettling. Okay, like I want to I want to creep people out. I want like that. Eh, some jump scares here and there, but more of dealing with demons possessing people and ghosts haunting people and that sort of like if you believe in that stuff even a little bit it's gonna make your skin crawl okay yeah no that's <laughs> awesome and i'm i'm happy to hear jump scares because I, i've been wrestling with this with horror movies you want something that lingers but but yeah. i need to be shocked in the moment too i want yeah. both i want both we 
We so definitely like played with with the occasional like someone popping around a corner or like being in someone's face. But we have discovered some of the the creepier stuff we've we've done is slower. Like mm. seeing a, seeing a monster just like reach out and slowly grab someone by yeah. their face and pull them towards is like Ooh. yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as opposed to like a, ah, I'm gonna eat you a more just like reaching out and grabbing so uh we're, we, we've just started production on it so we've we've had uh four production days so far we're actually i'm i have tomorrow off and then we're getting into a stretch of days and it's been it's been really cool so far because we're editing as we go along. We're not waiting to oh, be nice, finished. We're nice. so we're being able to, we, we actually filmed that whole cold open and much like sunset where we knew we would have to pick some extra shots up. Mm-hmm. We edited together the entire first 10 minutes of the movie and we were like, we need this extra shot and this extra shot. So we were able to go nice. snag those real quick. And it's, it's been a lot of fun and the crew is small again, like sunset. Mm-hmm. We filmed that entire thing with 15 people. Actors and crew included. Yeah. Like that was it. Wow. And for Demon Detective, bigger scope, so bigger, bigger cast at the very least. But our crew size is, is staying pretty small as well. It's it's just the the right passionate people in the right positions. So it's very exciting. <laughs> Sounds awesome. I cannot wait. I mean, it just well, we you sold we <laughs> we'll kind of we'll have to get you back up to LA and you can be <laughs> an extra in one of the scenes. <laughs> that's some, okay, that's, hey. I'm, I'm keeping this in the pod. Uh, it's not getting edited out. Everyone heard that. That's, uh, you heard it. That Everyone heard it. I, just I'm, I'm, we, we have some crowd scenes. We'll, I'll get you up here. I'll have a demon kill you. How's that sound? Yeah. <laughs> sounds actually sounds like a lot of pressure. Uh, I'm down for the crowd scene. Uh, <laughs> it sounds great. No, that's, uh, that's so cool. It, one of the things we get excited on about this podcast is title cards that don't come mm-hmm. up immediately. So how long oh, yeah. before the title card comes up in this movie? Uh, I think like the seven, six, seven minute mark is the first time we see it. Okay, okay. It's at like the cold open. It's uh, like I said, we we sort of I sort of wrote it in a James Bond fashion where mm-hmm. the the movie just kicks off and we see this whole sequence and then it ends and then the the Miles, the main character, gets the phone call that will start the the plot of the movie and. As he's walking away, then the title card slowly comes up. Ooh, demon detective. Sweet. <laughs> Sweet. I like it. I like it. That was okay. Seven minutes is good. That's a modest one. You know, I was I was hoping for fifteen minutes. I'm oh, sure you're the movie's still 15. gonna be good. Well, you know? hey, we, we still need to shoot some uh <laughs> some intro B roll. So if we get enough lingering shots of Los Angeles looking all shitty, we'll stretch it out <laughs> yeah, for just <laughs> film anywhere. Oh yikes. Poor LA. Uh, yeah. it's trying, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well that's yeah, great a, i'm trying to, yeah i know it's a it's a it's a it's an audio media so this is not for the listeners but i'm bringing up i'll bring up the poster for you so you can get a look at it oh sweet <laughs> uh but yeah we've we've started filming and obviously covid is still a nightmare and <laughs> trying to keep everyone safe we've got through christmas sunset with zero cases like everyone mm-hmm. stayed healthy the entire time and um things being as they are right now it's like all the more like awful right oh now, what so what a badass a for yeah, hell yeah hell yeah got this red demon just <laughs> grabbing our main character and choking him out yeah demon oh, detective that's awesome awesome uh, uh, we'll put, it, yeah, up. We'll put it up on the instagram when we put the oh, episode sure, sure. up I'll, I'll, I'll make sure i send it to you <laughs> that's so cool yeah we're we should have everything filmed by february like we're we're okay. gonna take the break for the holidays I don't know when this episode will go up, but we're going to take the break for the holidays and then 
kicking off in January and basically like chipping away every few days, um, one, one set piece after another. And I'm so excited to, I'm, I'm really excited about this one because we are, we're putting a lot into it. Like this is not that we didn't put a lot into sunset. Sunset was, was a challenge and we put our heart and soul into it. But this Mm -hmm. one, we're thinking bigger. I sound yeah. like so pretentious. We're thinking so much bigger, well, Mike. No, you gotta yeah. understand. This is the next level for us. <laughs> but it really is. It this is, is yeah, yeah. it's it's exciting to uh like Matt Rescu, who played Ricky again mm-hmm. from Christmas Sunset. I have helped him on a couple of projects of his own. He is a one-man band for his Instagram. Mm-hmm. And he's he makes these awesome parody videos of like he did No Man a uh, Nomad Land parody. Okay. And uh, a driver's license fake music video oh, that's yeah. awesome, and and watching him work, he's so he's of the same. He's cut from the same cloth as me, which is yeah. like, look, if I have to do this myself, I'm going to do this myself. But he's got such a particular eye <laughs> to do a horror movie like this. I was like, man, how would you like to do this? I, I trust your eye. I think you're capable of doing this. And the images he's capturing are amazing like this is one of the coolest looking things we've ever done as a team yeah and like i when i sent chad the first like few clips he's like holy shit (laughs) (laughs) like we're we're doing something (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's great that's great well hey i mean i can't can't wait yeah you'll see some familiar faces from sunset in because matt's in it uh Mm -hmm. danny's in it again courtney's in it again um i don't so far i'm not (laughs) so (laughs) Danny's like, she keeps trying to figure out a way to get me in there cameo-wise. Maybe I'll play one of the, the monsters. Although, I find it, she asked me to play one of the creatures, and I'm like, I don't know if I can direct in full makeup, right? Like, if I'm this, like, smoking, smoldering, like, charred skin yeah. hell beast, I'm like, all right, guys, so in this scene, I'm going to concentrate. Okay, you don't have to look at me. Just listen to the sound of my voice. <laughs> I'm super excited about that. Uh, yeah. that sounds, it, sounds so much, like, sounds, uh, it sounds like so much fun. So what I guess before you know before we, we let you go here, there's uh, mm-hmm. I want to ask you this year you've been creating a lot. Have you seen any movies that you love this year? You recommend? Oof. You got a couple? I, I have a couple I that have. you you like. You want to you want to throw out recommendations? Sure, sure. I I will like I'll be a basic bitch and be like mm-hmm. the new Spider Man's amazing. So good. What? So good. I've already seen it twice. I'm like <sighs> love hell it. yes. There's there's two movies this year that I've seen recently that I'm like. This should not exist. Spider-Man okay. No Way Home shouldn't it's, be this good. Yeah. Like it's just fan everything has never been so great. Right, yeah, it's like how <laughs> how did they do that? How did they pull this off? Congratulations. And the other time I felt that way was Ghostbusters Afterlife mm. where maybe because the 2016 one set the bar so low <laughs> yeah. that I was like, well anything is going to be better. But watching Ghostbusters Afterlife, I was like, damn. This is way better than I thought it was going to yeah. be. Yeah. I had a lot of fun. Uh, I think getting out of New York Mm-hmm. Helped him a lot too. I think yeah, the new, yeah. new, just new area was good. And then Paul Rudd running through Walmart. I'll take all the advertisements. I don't care. It that's great. right. That's right. That's um, great. But if I can recommend two indie movies that I, I really love, actually, I'll throw I'll throw a third one there. Pig, Nicholas Cage's mm-hmm. Pig, great. great. Uh, and another surprise too, where I was like, when Jim was like, "Hey, you want to go see Pig with me?" I'm like, "Pig, what's is that the new Nick Cage movie? <laughs> is that the one where it's?" I thought it was Willy's Wonderland. He's like, mm-hmm. "No, no, no, no." I'm like, okay, what is it? He's like, it's like John Wick, but with a pig. And I'm like, oh, Nick Cage, let's do yeah. this. And it is not that at no, all. No, it's not. <laughs> it, and thank was, goodness. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, I don't think I could. It would have been <laughs> it would have been laughing at it. But yeah. no, pig pig ended up being this really beautiful, beautiful piece about mm. uh, a passion and following your heart and grieving. Not that I have an obsession with grief. Um, again, I do a lot of comedies. Oh yeah, it's, well, you know, it's which also seems like everyone doing comedy has it's that grief they're trying to hide. So I am as my uh, I think my Instagram says a uh, full frontal nerdity laughter hiding my true sadness or something like that. Uh, but let's not get into my therapy session here. Two two movies I want to recommend that I don't feel like hit the mainstream radar mm. at all. Uh, the first is an Australian movie called, uh, starring Eric Bana. Okay. Called the dry. the dry, and it's it's just a murder mystery. It, it's a it's a whodunit set in Australia in a small town, and it's during their major major drought. So they it just feels hot. You're watching this, and you just feel thirsty watching it. Mm. And it's this great whodunit, Gone Girl style kind of suspense. All right. And I, I was really thrilled that I saw it pop up on like Entertainment Weekly, and Vanity Fair had like thrown it in there as some of the some of the uh, on their best of list. And I was like, okay. okay, I'm not alone in thinking this movie was great. The dry, all right, the dry. So it's really cool. And Love another it. one that I don't think anyone saw, which is a directorial debut for uh, this this young woman called Shiva Baby. Hey, okay. Did well, you see so, Shiva no, Baby? I haven't seen it. It's just okay. Uh, literally on the last podcast. Uh, yeah. Madman was talking about his favorite movies of the year, and he's mm-hmm. a big indie guy. Yeah, and I was like, "All right, I haven't seen this, but I've heard people talk about it. I think Shiva Baby's going to be in your top five. I haven't seen it yet, but I just yeah. heard great things. So oh, yeah, so it's excellent, just funny excellent. I it is dark, funny. It oh, is nice. It is an like I don't. I, I say this all the time on my my other podcast or my podcast. Um. I'm not a horror fan. Like I don't love <laughs> slashers, like the cliche horror mm-hmm. stuff. I don't love it. I don't hate it. I just it's just not the one I draw to that I'm drawn mm-hmm. to. I love movies that feel like horror movies. Like one of my favorite unsettling, like heart pounding, anxiety inducing movies is Whiplash. Oh yeah. Whiplash. I, is I can't so- even yeah. Goddamn good. Even watching Spider Man, I was like, oh my gosh, am I rushing or dragging? Like, what's going on? Like, just please don't yell at me, J.K. Simmons. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and like, every time I watch, I've seen it three or four times now, and every time it gets to that ending, I realize I've been holding my breath. Like, when the movie ends and it's like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Shiva Baby is that. It is so anxiety inducing and cool. just like uncomfortable in oh, horror movie like ways. It's so cool. I, I, mm. I watched it. Uh, I review for a, a channel, like a website, mm-hmm. occasionally, and I always like to do the ones no one wants to watch kind of thing. Yeah. And so I get to see, like, cool things like Shiva Baby, which I never would have heard about or sought out, yeah. and it it's great. It doesn't have – it has a couple of recognizable faces in it, but no one, like, famous. Mm. And it's uh, it's great. So, yeah, those those two. That's cool. Yeah. Check them out. <laughs> Check them out. I'm going to add the drive to the list. Anyone that was in Funny People, I'm, I'm there for them. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's and that's that's where I put Eric Bana. He's just the <laughs> actor in the third act of Funny People. Um, yeah. That's that's cool. Well, hey, thanks for those recommendations. And I guess the last thing yeah. too is so you said like you said you got your podcast. You're, you're doing some reviews. Is there anything you want to plug? Obviously, got Christmas oh, sunset. Sure. Yeah. So when people are done with Christmas sunset, <laughs> after they paid the one ninety nine, don't be a cheap ass mm-hmm. and purchased it. Um, <laughs> what's the next thing? What's the next place they can find you? Listen to you? Where are you at? 
Well, I'll recommend two things. If you want to see the shorts that I've been producing with with my gang, like the, we've been producing for, like I said, since 2010, 2011. Mm-hmm. If you want to see our library of short films of ridiculousness, you can find it on YouTube at Redacted Media. There's a couple of Redacted Medias out there now, but we were there first. And you'll you'll be able to see it by um, I think I'm wearing I think I'm the thumbnail right now from our one of our shorts where I'm wearing a blue shirt, but it's a uh, uh, you'll you'll know when you see it. It's a, it's all kind of, it's all short films. All right. um, but if you want to hear about my screenwriting process, we discussed I write a lot. Yeah, I have a screenwriting podcast with my writing partner Jim Brzezelik called Studio Demands It, mm. which you can find on all the podcast forms. I mean, you're, you're listening to this show right now. Yes. Just while you're listening to me say the words coming out of my mouth, just go away and search on the old Apple Podcast, Spotify, oh. iTunes, what have you, for studio, the Studio Demands It. Uh, we've been, we're in our third season, and it is, the premise of the show is our listeners will give us a demand for a movie, they act as a hypothetical studio, and they say, "We demand you to pitch, craft, conceive, write a film like this, this property or this movie." And the the thing is with Jim and I, the way we do it is we don't prepare anything. We're literally mm. thrown in a room with a fake executive. So we like we we start the episode. Hey Jim, how you doing? I'm like, all right. So our demand today, and I usually will like pick the demand right before we start recording. And be like, yeah. all right, Jim, here we go. Uh, today from, and then I'll say who the tweet or the the, the uh, demand came from and be like, all right, so-and-so has asked us to do, I think our most recent episode up right now is a three three new Indiana Jones movies without Harrison Ford. Can it be done? <laughs> we demand you figure out a way to do it. And so we just start brainstorming and th- we, as we say, we throw spaghetti against the wall and see what sticks. Yeah. And we've had, it's such a fun creative exercise that we just have a blast with. So yeah. are you, when you guys approach it, are you approaching it as like comedy or like, is there like cynicism involved or are you guys like, no, 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 we, we got to do this. Yeah. We, we take it, <laughs> we take it damn seriously. Okay, that's like, cool, I, yeah. My initial pitch for the, the show title was not studio demands it. It was steal this idea. Okay. It was basically like, look, we'd love to write Ghostbusters Here's our pitch for a Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we've we've done uh, Men in Black, Face Off Two, uh, the the uh, Universal Monster Universe, uh, Universal Cinematic Universe of Monster Universe, <laughs> whatever. <Yeah. laughs> uh, Die Hard, Terminator. We did Harry Potter. We did Star Wars. Okay. Like, and we've we've done. It's been fun because we've reached a point now where we have so many demands that have come in from our listeners that we will we will. We'll never run out of episodes. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's, if you want to check that out, you can go to studiodemandsit.com. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, and what have you, Google Podcasts, whatever that's called. And yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. We, our finale last year, what we did is we put a poll out to our listeners and said what was we, – we picked our 10 favorite episodes, okay. our 10 favorite pitches. And then we put a poll out to our listeners and said, which one do you want us to actually write? Oh, and we the it came down to a tie, and then one edged out by one extra vote. We had pitched and conceived a Justice League 1995. Oh, so what if they had made a Justice League movie in 1995? <laughs> Michael Keaton would have been Batman, yeah, and Nick Cage would have been Superman. Oh, damn! So we wrote that, <laughs> and then we did a live table read 
And so if you want to watch a 90 minute (laughs) table read with sound effects, score, (laughs) actors, we did, we fully produced a table read of Justice League 1995. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's awesome. Yeah. And we're probably going to do that again this year. Uh, So great. I can't wait to check yeah. that out. Hey, where, where can you <laughs> so, see that? Is that on the, the website? Yeah, that, that's you can find that on studio demands it uh, at uh, dot com. Yeah. And okay. we, there's a YouTube channel that has all of our shows as well. So six, uh, five media is the production company that puts us out into the world, okay. which we are eternally grateful. Uh, my, a friend of mine who I've known for years, he started this company, this, this entertainment company. And, pitched he's like hey man you want to work if you got a show idea i want to produce it for you i'm like <laughs> great i got, i got so many ideas you <laughs> yeah. tell me what you want I'll yeah. be- <laughs> you're like instead of giving you one idea how about we do a show where we're constantly giving ideas yeah every single episode <laughs> no, that's great yeah studio demands it. I, check it out yeah that's a that's a very long pitch a very long <laughs> advertisement for studio demands it. i am sold sold so I, if, if no one else listens i'm listening Oh, sounds great. You, sounds great. You got a fan. You got a fan in me. To, <laughs> when you hit me up to do this, I was like, "You're doing a podcast. That's awesome." Because we sort of lost touch. You know, like life happens. We yeah, went separate yeah. ways for a bit. And as soon as you hit me up, I was like, "Oh, sub- <laughs> liked and subscribed. Here we go, baby. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> Love it. Love it. No, this is. I mean, yeah, this has been great. Yeah, I mean, thank you so much for being here. You know, this Thanks is. For having I, me, I, man. Yeah, I just and I know you know. Shout out to Madman Moan. I know he's gonna wish he was here. I uh, know because he he's such an indie fan too. All this stuff, he would absolutely love it. He's like a film hey, nerd. So if you will um, let me come back and geek out about Demon Detective when we're done, uh, he'll be the, he can be there. Yeah, for that. Oh no, it? yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. And uh, any yeah, anytime you want to come talk about anything, let us know. If there's anything you're passionate about, something like All right. we review pretty much like. The newest, so like the, this episode that should come out Monday. I'm already seeing like it might come out uh, like Tuesday, Wednesday because we're gonna, this is gonna be our last of the season. I just want to make sure everything comes together right. Uh, but we're gonna be reviewing Spider Man, so we always review the movies that like just coming out. So if some you're passionate about too, you know, you can just let me know, hop on, whatever. Or if there's any trailer that comes out, you're like, oh my gosh. But you know, obviously, let's, let's talk yeah. about Jared Leto and Morbius. What do you say? Huh? Uh, we can talk huh? about it. We can talk about it. I don't know how to feel. Uh, and uh, no, but uh, yeah, thank you so much for being here. It's an absolute Thanks. treat. And Thanks, uh, yeah, if everyone uh, follow TC or what is it? Uh, at, at TC's uh, Big Head on Instagram. and That's right. And Twitter. Twitter and Instagram. I don't tweet much. If you if you do follow me on Twitter, usually I put predictions. Like I'm like, <laughs> guys, I'm going to put it out there. Deadpool 3, Dadpool. He's going to have a little baby Deadpool. That's it's, my prediction. Makes sense. Or he'll be drinking... Uh, was it Aviator Gin? Is that right? Aviator Gin, that's right. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, at TC's Big Head on Twister, Twitter, Twister <laughs> and Instagram. Oh, nice. All <laughs> right. Well, uh, yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, man. All right. Here we are, the outro. This is the end. This is this is it. We did it. Um, it's weird calling this one year, saying, hey, we're wrapping up one year because... Uh, it started like in November, but you know it's all right. So I'm still comfortable saying this is a year of potting, even though it's a little more. Yeah, it's a little, you know, a little, little extra, um, little extra sugar on the cookie or something. Oh, okay. Of, uh... Uh, so yeah, you got any plans? So we got the next couple of weeks off. Do uh, you have any plans for the uh, holiday season coming up? We're gonna miss Christmas here, and uh, we're gonna have uh, New Year's pass us by before we're back in everyone's ears again. Anything exciting happening? 
No, I think, you know, definitely just watch a bunch of movies, stay at home. I feel like uh, even though things do feel safe, um, do like, I, I'm like happy to like, just stay at home. Um, uh, with that being said, I might go to Vegas soon. So, uh, Ooh, okay. <laughs> right out the window, staying home, but it's my dad's birthday. So my dad, Chico, it's his birthday. And he's mm. like, I want to go to Vegas. And it's a scary place. Every time I go to Vegas with him, it's like scary. So um, hopefully we don't get in some trouble. Hopefully he doesn't win. I hope he gets humbled down because if he wins big, I think it, we're just never going to leave. So that's terrifying. Come back home. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't want to live. You know, Vegas is something to do in moderation. You just can't live there. Okay, right, so nothing crazy planned for the end of the year. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of same dude. I'm excited to check out a bunch of movies and and really take the time off because you know the, the pod does take time to execute and get together and. Uh, so, you know, all that time is going to be spent catching up with these movies. And the next big thing in my mind is this top 10 list of the year. Well, we talked about it a lot. I'm excited about it. Um, there's something about just deciding to make a top 10 list that all of a sudden makes it extremely important when it's previously like if it's something you never did before. It's like, oh, OK, whatever. Like, who cares? But the minute you're like, I'm doing one, all of a sudden it matters. It's like the placement of these things is very important. So I, I just I love how serious it seems for absolutely no reason. <laughs> and uh, it's just one of my favorite things to do. And uh, one of my favorite, it's like one of those things where if I'm talking to someone and they're like, oh, yeah, I, I have a top 10 for 2021. I'm like, we are kindred spirits. It's, uh, it's the same thing if someone's like, oh, I got a letterboxed. I'm like, what's up? <laughs> so do I. Let's talk. I guess that wraps up our episode here. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Appreciate everyone that listened. Uh, I hope everyone enjoyed the episode. If you got to this point, clearly you at least listened to it or fell asleep while it was on. Uh, so if you're asleep right now, the demons are going to get you. Watch out. Watch out. They're going to get hey, you. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, but if you're not asleep, you know, there's no demons. Everything's fine. Um, and, yeah, I mean, thank you for listening. Reach out. Um, Instagram uh, and Twitter. Probably should have said at the beginning of the show if we're going to have, like, new listeners, right? But Instagram, Twitter, at ScreenChamps. Email, email is ScreenChampsPod at gmail.com. Reach out to us, talk to us. Uh, you know, we love you know talking to people, suggestions, uh, any kind of questions that come through, whatever. Uh, love engaging, love making the podcast. Episode fifty six, end of season one. That's a fucking wrap, bro. Let's get out Let's of here. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Peace. Hey guys, that sounded great. Uh, can we get everyone to reset? All right, take two. <laughs>